及急雨律令，枪炮也不灵，开枪！
ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
five men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijacking. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. 
Magnum Force, rated R. Opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢、這个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走，后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋一成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手
，这个举发举头。Chuck Norris returns in Missing in Action 2: The Beginning. American MIAs imprisoned and tortured. He's a soldier they couldn't hold. None of you have ever escaped, and none of you will. We're going in. He's breaking out, leading his men, and fighting back. An American hero story continues. Chuck Norris, Missing in Action 2: The Beginning. Opens Friday, March 1st, at a theater near you. First, they took the streets. Then they took it all. But their next target may be their last victim. Charles Bronson, where there is no justice, there can only be vengeance. Charles Bronson, Death Wish Three. Now playing. Consult your listings. Starts Friday at the Sacramento Drive-In. Forty. One of the ten best films of the year. A high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. <laughs> Outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, RoboCop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema.
a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. My instructions, and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. Better tomorrow, too.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style that equals a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a scream fire. Like we can't see who lit it. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these federal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these federal projectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say bastard.
All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard, and uh, we're going to start here with some polling. Donald Trump leads Joe Biden in crucial battleground states. Donald Trump leads Joe Biden in multiple battleground states, according to a recent round of polling that previewed the 2024 presidential election's most likely matchup. Trump is leading Biden in the critical battleground states of Arizona, Georgia, and North Carolina, and the two are tied at 50% each in Michigan and Pennsylvania. Biden leads Trump by a two-point margin in the state of Nevada, according to the polling conducted by Prime Group between uh, June 14th and 28th of this year. While those numbers appear to largely favor Trump, things get even better for the GOP's presumptive nominee when a hypothetical third-party moderate is added to the mix. In that scenario, Joe Biden's numbers plummet, indicating that he and his party have a huge weakness among large swaths of traditionally Democrat voters who have grown weary of the far-left direction of the party that has taken itself and the nation. According to the results of the three-way poll, in Arizona, Trump boasts a 10-point lead over Biden when the third-party moderate is accounted for. In Georgia, Trump holds a 9-point lead in a hypothetical three-way race. In North Carolina, he leads by 8, while in Pennsylvania, he leads by 5. In Democrats, Midwestern, Blue Wall, um, a wall Trump has cracked in the 2016 election and likely in 2020, were it not for unprecedented fraud. See, that's, see, that's, that's, that's very good reporting. Okay, this isn't Daily Wire pretending it was legitimate. That, that is exactly correct. So this is national file, exactly correct. Uh, putting it in the parentheses, 100% on board with that. So good for you. Trump leads Biden. In a three-way race in Wisconsin and Michigan by three points. In Nevada, Trump and Biden are tied. The three-way polling was commissioned by No Labels, a nonpartisan group that's exploring the possible launch of a third-party moderate. Please do it. Please do it. I don't care who it is. Um, draw as many votes from Biden as possible. Make it harder and harder for them to cheat. That would be phenomenal. Now, of course, um, and it was Raw Story. Raw Story has no credibility, but I wouldn't be surprised. But... Um, there was an article about if if Donald Trump is convicted of a felony, that the the RNC would uh, try to remove him from the ballot. Okay, I mean you're going to completely destroy the Republican Party if you do that. And also, people like me are still going to write in Donald Trump. There's nothing you can do to stop that. So good luck with that strategy. Anyway, uh, among those being floated as potential no labels presidential candidates is Joe Manchin. Uh, Manchin has not made any official announcements. Oh, wouldn't that be great if Joe Manchin came in and fucked it up for the Democrats? Oh, that would be pleasing. I'd be very, very satisfied with that. <laughs> that would be great. Um, 35% of Democrats believe RFK Jr. could win the Democratic Party nomination in 2024. They don't like the... F At least according to the citation. Here's the thing. RFK provides a lot of citations. And so when the media claims he's wrong about something, the appropriate thing to do, if you're not bullshitting, is to take the citation and then explain where he's wrong, okay? That's what a normal person would do. That, if this was a normal situation, you, you would take the study. So he is in, he got in, uh, into some trouble for telling the truth about bioweapons. They do not like it when people talk about bioweapons. Now, they took what he said out of context 
uh, first of all. But ultimately, he was talking about bioweapons and a, a type of technology that's going to be able to target people based on race. And from what I've uh, uh, briefly read on it, it does seem like it's a real thing. Um, anyway, so he provides a citation in his response on Twitter today. And so if he is as wrong as they say he is, obviously the correct thing to do is to take that citation and say, hey, you're getting it wrong. This is where you're getting it wrong in the study. He points to a study. Here is where you are wrong in the study. But they don't do that. They don't do that at all, which is fascinating. Anyway, um, I like the amount of damage he's doing and the and the 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 way that he he does seem to melt the faces of the mainstream uh, i would not personally vote for him he's too democrat for me but uh he is right about some things related to at least the, the, the one i've looked into the most the covid 19 vaccine he is correct about that um but uh, whatever it, he's he's pissing people off but he's building momentum which is phenomenal um, roughly half of American voters hold a favorable opinion of Democratic Party presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. According to a Rasmussen poll, over a third of Democratic voters believe that he could receive the Democratic Party nomination in 2024. That is phenomenal. 49% of likely United States voters have favorable views of RFK, which includes 14% who have a very favorable opinion. Um, 38% who have an unfavorable view, which includes 18% with very unfavorable, and an additional 14% uh, are unsure. So 49% favorable, 14 very favorable, and then 38, 18 unfavorable, and then 14 unsure. 31% believe it's likely RFK will receive the Democratic presidential nomination in 2024. However, only 9% believe it's very likely. Well, they're going to screw him no matter what. It, it, it doesn't matter if he has 100% support from the Democratic base. The DNC will not allow this. But I think that could ultimately help Trump. 57% view a Kennedy nomination as an unlikely scenario, which includes 28% who believe it's not at all likely, 11% are unsure. Among Democratic voters, 35% believe it's at least somewhat likely that RFK will receive the nomination, which includes 10% who say it's very likely. 47% uh, of white voters, 46% of black voters, and 54% of non-black minorities hold a favorable opinion of RFK. 29% of white voters, 33% of black voters, and 41% of other non-black minorities believe it's at least somewhat likely Kennedy will be atop of the ticket. As far as income goes, voters making over 200000 annually are more likely to hold an unfavorable view of RFK. Interesting. RFK has views that are antithetical to American first populism. However, he does bring much needed dissident energy to the Democratic Party by challenging them on issues such as foreign policy and big pharma's undue influence in American society. We need more of that in an American political system that has otherwise become a state uniparty. Yeah, uh, let's see what happens, but uh, <clears throat> so far so good. Okay. Now we have uh, the DeSantis campaign is reconsidering its media strategy as donors grow restless with campaign admit mounting failures. This is the sad part for uh, DeSantis people. Um, even if he turned it around, the and granted, I, I'm not saying that they have alienated every Trump voter, 
But the, particularly the social media uh, DeSantis people have, have just completely alienated Trump supporters. It seems like their goal, they were given specific instructions to attack Trump supporters. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard uh, as a strategy, to attack the very people that you have to win over. Um, I guess maybe th the strategy is they believe that it's going to be handed to them so they can give a middle finger to the Trump voters while they're handed what they ultimately don't earn themselves. Um, but, okay, but that's the thing. Then you have to go into the general. And you would need those very same people that you're giving the middle finger to. You're going to need them to vote for you. So it's, it's the dumbest strategy ever. And uh, it's not working. And so he, he didn't bomb at this Tucker Carlson thing. So the Tucker Carlson thing happened yesterday, and it was pretty interesting. Uh, Tucker Carlson uh, did, well, I don't really, Mike Pence had zero chance. So while, you know, you can argue it, it was a campaign ender, like his campaign, he had zero chance. So it doesn't really matter. It's, Tucker Carlson exposed Mike Pence for what he is, a traitor who uh, hates the American citizens and is not at all interested in, in what uh, they want. Um, he exposed Asa Hutchinson for, for being a, a really similar. And it was a funny exchange when uh, Tucker asked Asa Hutchinson how many uh, COVID shots did he have, and Asa shot back, well, how many have you had? And Tucker Carlson said, none. <laughs> that was great. Um, so... Nikki Haley, um, again, she has no chance. Like, does it even matter? Like, she has no chance. A couple of the things she said were good. She, Nikki Haley is the type of politician. She's going to try to uh, appeal to Trump's populist base, and then will portray them at the first opportunity possible. But again, she has no chance either. The three that, I mean, frankly, Vivek and DeSantis are battling for, for the number two, okay, uh, as far as who will finish. The Trump, Trump has this uh, on lock. So they're basically battling for who will come in second place. Um, Vivek had a pretty strong showing. Uh, he said a lot of really good things. I liked what he said about how um, January 6th happened because of a lot of censorship and COVID policies and whatnot. Now, he didn't bring up the stolen election part. That's a key integral part of January 6th. I say September 11th. Sorry, January 6th. Uh, a key part of January 6th was the stolen election. But I do agree with the with the statement that, um, you know, when you censor people, this is the type of shit that happens. Like, I, I think that was good. You know, that's something that's very controversial. That's going to piss off a lot of people. So I like that. Now, he, he has a, um, I don't know, like, I don't trust any of these people. So I have no idea if he's going to deliver, if he's given the opportunity, if he's going to deliver on any of the shit that he says. I have no idea. But he does say good things. So I think he had a pretty strong showing. DeSantis didn't bomb. He didn't bomb. He said some good things. He did say one thing that was total fucking bullshit, which is he would have fired Fauci if it had been him in 2020. Yeah, Trump can't do that. That's not how any of this works. That's fucking retarded. And this is the thing. You can make the point without bullshitting people. You can say... I would have sidelined Fauci by keeping him away from press conferences and I would have marginalized him. That's all fine. Trump might have been able to do that. I think to say Trump should have done that, that's fine. But don't make up bullshit and be like, I would have fired him. No, you wouldn't. That's just not how any of this works. But anyway, that was the big DeSantis camp talking point. That's not good when one of your talking points is bullshit. When there is a, there is a perfectly honest one that you could use. It just, it, it's really ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Anyway, 
he said it's some good stuff. Um, he, you know, he's, he's just not ready. His charisma, he's kind of like, he comes off like a politician. He comes off like a politician. And, uh, you know, but I will say Tucker Carlson did a pretty good job overall. I would have loved uh, more difficult or tougher questions uh, for Ron DeSantis. I think he kind of compared with how he was with uh, Pence and Asa Hutchinson. I think he uh, kid-gloved DeSantis a little bit. I would have loved, now I know this would never happen, I know this would never happen, but I would have loved to have seen Tucker Carlson ask Ron DeSantis about the hate speech bill in Florida that bans the passing out of pamphlets in public to people who uh, whose feelings might get hurt by what's in the pamphlets. That that would have, to me, I, I thought about this while I was watching this. I thought to myself, if Tucker, because I like what Tucker Carlson's doing for the most part. He's saying a lot of good things. I would have, if he would have asked about that, I would have said, okay, I, I'm I'm completely sold. Not not saying that he would deliver in the long term, but at least as far as right now, if you ask me about Tucker Carlson, if he would have asked that question, I would have said, I am sold on Tucker Carlson right now. Um, uh, not that I'm, yeah, I'm not anti-Carlson, but I, again, I don't trust any of these people, and I think they're as good as their, you know, their last show or whatever. But if if that would have shown me that like whoever the fuck, whether it's him or people around him, they are with it, they are fucking with it, they get it. If he would have asked that question, that would have shown me you fucking get it. And we have one guy, one guy that completely gets it, that is basically able to wield at least a little bit of political power, but he's not quite there. Although he is pretty good. I will st still say he's pretty good. Um, so that was the that was the event. And then there was an interview that Glenn Beck had with him um, later after that with Tucker Carlson, but I, I didn't watch it because it was, it was uh, behind a paywall. So I don't know. That probably went okay. Um, and so the DeSantis people were pretending that DeSantis hit a home run. No, I, I'd give DeSantis. DeSantis gets a B minus. Vivit gets a, a B. Um, the rest of them, it doesn't even matter. I mean, who cares? And I would give uh, Tucker Carlson, as far as asking questions, I'd give him about a B. You know, could have been a little better, but, uh, you know, solid. It was, it was an interesting event. Okay. Anyway, back to this. Uh, following the announcement of his plans to take the White House in 2024, less than two months ago, a new report has found that Ron DeSantis' team is weighing overhauling its strategy entirely amid concerns by high-money donors over the direction of the campaign. ABC News noted that some of the longtime Republican donor factions believe that DeSantis may be able to come out on top of former President Trump in the primary. Despite this, um, DeSantis has continuously lagged behind the former president in numerous national polls, running far behind. Uh, a large part of the change in the campaign focus includes an adjustment in how the DeSantis campaign will interact with legacy media. Many GOP candidates have chosen to appear before the mainstream outlets, including former Vice President Pence and big fat gross slob Chris Christie. Uh, DeSantis, on the other hand, has largely appeared on more friendly outlets. Now the Florida governor campaign is likely to have him join mainstream interviews uh, and potentially town halls. Now that I think is a good idea. You need him to be facing off against an adversarial press. He, he does well, not at the level of Trump, obviously, but he does do well. There were a lot of press conference moments during COVID 
where he was really going at the media, and I thought he did great. So, so that you would need. Now, is this going to make a difference at this point? No. <laughs> this is over. But you know what? This is your, like, test run. So you know what? Hopefully you, you know, this is like practice, and you learn how to do it, and you work on your charisma, and hopefully you are able to salvage your political credibility with Trump supporters after this is all over. And I have no idea if he will be able to. There's a lot of turned off Trump supporters. What's the percentage? I don't know. I have no idea. But there, it's just the dumbest. It's the dumbest uh, decision that they ever made. Why would you do that? Why would you go after Trump supporters? It makes no sense. Now, DeSantis himself has not done that. So certainly, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily completely responsible for what his campaign people do. I mean, he's somewhat responsible. They all are. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just terrible. Anyway, uh, Ken Griffin, the hedge fund billionaire, has reportedly said to people in private that his patience with the Santa's campaign is growing thin, with a source uh, claiming Griffin has hit the pause button. Some other donors appear to be less concerned, including former Trump mega donor Hal Lambert, who uh, countered concerns of a DeSantis campaign slump, saying, "People that are concerned about these polls, I would say Trump's poll numbers aren't great, in my opinion." <laughs> what do you, like, based on what though? Based on what? I mean, 50%. You have you have half the party that doesn't want you. His numbers should be much higher. Okay, right. So instead of being up by 40, he should be up by 60. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Lambert said he thinks the polling will come around, adding that DeSantis is not running a campaign to juice polling numbers. Yeah, but here's the problem. Well, wait, 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 wait. He's not running a campaign to juice polling numbers. What the fuck does that mean? You have to win over. You have to win the people. Anyway, whatever. Um. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can make it then. But then also, these indictments just help Trump, and there's probably going to be more indictments in August. So good luck, good luck with all that. All right, and now we got top Democrats reach out to potential Biden replacements. Claims he's not running. There's no way he can run. It's over for him. Top Democrats are reportedly reaching out to rising stars in the party and are telling them that Joe Biden is not running for re-election. CNN reported that the top Democrats and donors have reached out to possible replacements for Biden and had conversations about them getting in the race as Biden struggles in the White House. Numerous polls have shown Biden struggles against the top two Republican Party candidates, former President Trump and uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Those who are placing the calls to the prospective Democrat candidates are telling them, despite what the 80-year-old Biden has said and despite launching his campaign, he actually will not run for president. Um, uh, Biden's team pushed back saying that he was absolutely running and that he was taking the campaign preparation seriously. The Democrats who has seemingly, the Democrats, excuse me, who has seemingly tried to raise their national profile in recent months as Biden stumbles, both literally and figuratively, is Gavin Newsom. Newsom has repeatedly taken shots at DeSantis was recently featured in a Fox News special interview with Sean Hannity, has spent millions, has millions, 
or excuse me, has spent millions left over from his 2022 gubernatorial campaign to boost fellow Democrats in 24 and will visit red states in an attempt to help boost turnout for Democrats. Those who CNN spoke with, who also included numerous senior Democrat advisors, said they're concerned about the slow pace of Biden's campaign. What Democrats who are still behind Democrats are banking on is that voters will be motivated more by their hatred of Trump than their love of Biden, according to well-known Democrat strategist Liz Smith. A lot of enthusiasm will come for voting against Republicans. Yeah, good luck with that, with the economy, the way it's going to be. Exit polling from Morning Consult, an organization the Trump campaign touts, found that in the 2020 presidential election of those that voted Biden, 44% did so as a vote against Trump. Of those who voted Trump, only 22% did so as a vote against Biden. So uh, we have uh, Matt Gates calls out Christopher Ray during a hearing, and now the feds revive the bogus probe into Matt Gates after he called out the AIDS commie FBI director for protecting the Bidens. Matt Gates is reportedly under federal investigation once again after calling out FBI Director Christopher Wray for protecting the Biden family. Again, we are in clown world. The Biden administration gives zero fucks. They will investigate and prosecute and persecute whoever they want. They give zero shits about appearances because they know the media is going to pretend that none of it's happening. Gates brutalized Ray during a congressional hearing in which Gates read Hunter Biden's private messages that were sent to a Chinese associate where the crack-addled hooker fiend boasted, see, there we go, that's that's a nice phrasing, this is big league politics. Yeah, a crack-addled hooker fiend boasted of his connections to his father in an attempt to strong-arm money from the Chinese individual. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? Gates asked. After Ray refused to answer, Gates pressed further. He said... You seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting are you protecting the Bidens? Ray retorted, absolutely not. Gates said you won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown and everyone knows why you won't answer it. Because to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is, and your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. The answer is the FBI is broken so bad that people can go and engage inquiries that when you come before Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful inquiries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. In the immediate aftermath of Gates' public flagellation of Ray, CNN reported that the bogus sexual assault investigation against Gates would be renewed by federal investigators. Investigators from the House Ethics Committee are alleging that Gates may have been involved in sexual misconduct, illegal drug use, and committed lobbying violations. These allegations are resurfacing despite the fact that the DOJ investigated Gates for years and found no evidence to charge him with any crimes. In response to the news of the investigation being reopened, Gates said it's not something he's worried about and remains focused on the work. Quote, the Ethics Committee typically operates through leaks, and so this is no surprise, but the Ethics Committee has never found me to be in violation of House rules, though they've been investigating me during my entire seven years in Congress. It's also funny that the one guy who doesn't take the corrupt lobbyists and pack money seems to be under the most ethics investigations. Gates is fearless while staring down the barrel of the deep state. He ought to be President Trump's successor after Trump gets finished with his second uh, second uh, term. All right. Well, I would say slow down there. Uh, I'm not necessarily sold on Matt Gates. I think it's possible, like Matt Gates, all these guys, right? They'll say really good stuff, but 
I, in order for me to go all in with you, you've got to demonstrate. You have to you have to prove that you are going to actually do something. Because 99.999% of politicians disappoint. So I'm not just going to be like, oh yeah, Matt Gates is the one. No, no. The person who's the one, if it ever happens, is going to be the guy knocking our socks off with these just savage moves. Like, oh my God, did you see? All these people got arrested and they're being charged. I can't believe it. That's when you'll get my attention. As a person, you know, when if you because they're talking about the White House, if you get into office, like if Trump gets into office and there's a fucking cleaning of the house, then okay, now we got something. Now we got something. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, interesting. Um, so this was inevitable. Uh, the Biden admin judge shopped until they got a homo trader judge to uh, do their bidding. So now uh, the Biden administration can censor again. The Biden administration received a reprieve on Friday from a judge's order blocking several government agencies and officials from contacting social media companies. A three-judge, or judge, this is judges then, a three-judge panel of the New Orleans-based U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit granted a temporary stay until further orders are given and called for the expediting of oral arguments in the case, which now appear to be set for August 10th. The ruling is part of a lawsuit brought in 2022 by the GOP's Attorneys General of Louisiana and Missouri over alleged collusion between the federal government and social media companies such as Twitter and YouTube to censor disfavored speech in violation of the First Amendment. And then it just relitigates the whole thing with Terry Doughty, who was the good judge. And so there we go. That's going to be... Um, I mean, the case, it's not over, but th this is generally what they do. They just find a judge that's going to rule in their favor. Um, this is uh, not surprising. Joe Biden's FTC pressured independent auditor to punish Twitter. Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee are calling out the FTC over what appears to be an attempt to bully an independent auditor into condemning Twitter for privacy violations. The allegation emerged in a motion filed by XCorp, the holding company established by Elon Musk to manage Twitter, asking the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California to terminate a privacy settlement Twitter made with the FTC, which allows the latter to monitor and enforce Twitter compliance. Although the settlement was made before Twitter's change in ownership, XCorp filing alleges the FTC became increasingly aggressive after the takeover by Musk, a self-declared Republican and free speech absolutist, which he really isn't, but he is better on free speech than most of the globo-homo-type people that he, whatever, you know, however you want to designate him, a billionaire, whatever. He is better than most of them, but still, it's, we got a long way to go before I'm sold on Elon Musk. In a tweet, ex-core owner Musk said the FTC's actions constituted insanely uh, illegal overreach. Since Musk's takeover of the company, Twitter has come under increased pressure from governments that are angry at the company's new emphasis on free speech. Last month, the government of Australia threatened Musk with massive fines if his platforms did not remove hate speech within 28 days, which is a completely made-up concept. Uh, used by AIDS commies to censor speech that they don't like. The EU, meanwhile, is simultaneously pressuring Twitter over its alleged failure to remove hate speech, while also threatening the platform with sanctions for suspending mainstream legacy media journalists who breach the terms of service. <clears throat> None of that's surprising. I expect to see something really fucked up from the Biden regime related to Twitter at some point, but uh, I could be wrong. 
Um, Regime Media debuts a new tactical move in their January 6 coverage after the Ray Epps lawsuit is filed. The media hasn't shown a shred of empathy for any Americans caught up in the politicized sideshow of January 6th, even the nonviolent folks who thought they were on an approved tour of the Capitol with friendly police escorts. The typical January 6th defendant has received zero sympathy from the mainstream media. It appears that our esteemed journalists believe that anyone who attended the January 6th event is a bona fide insurrectionist who should rot in the depths of the DOJ dungeon, except for one peculiar person, Mr. Ray Epps. It's peculiar how Ray has turned into a media darling and regime favorite, considering he was front and center during the whole Capitol breach. He was literally calling the shots, leading the charge early on, and pretty much involved every step of the way. Uh, this guy wrote, as the New York Times correctly, this was from May, pointed out Ray Epps and Megan Paradise called for the storming of the Capitol even before Trump spoke on January 6th. Um, both were on the FBI's uh, 20, top 20 J6 wanted list. Both have been identified since the week of J6. Neither have been arrested video even appears to depict Epps assaulting police officers by pushing a giant sign at them. Um, yet, for some unknown reason, Mr. Epps is neither chastised, belittled, nor labeled an insurrectionist by the media or anti-Trump figures like Liz Cheney, Nancy Pelosi, or Adam Kinzinger. Some people speculate that this might be due to a possible connection between Mr. Epps and the government, but we still don't have firm answers on that. At first, Ray's actions were completely ignored. However, uh, once revolver, uh, in, once Revolver's investigative reporting put him in the spotlight, Mr. Epps was strangely turned into a kind of a hero. Shielded, cherished, and even held up as a figure of admiration in certain circles, a number of anti-Trump politicians came to Mr. Epps' defense uh, at the time, Adam Kinzinger was one of the most steadfast defenders. Now we're learning that Ray is suing Fox News for Tucker Carlson's coverage of his actions on January 6th. Interestingly, just one day after that announcement, the legacy media has made a sudden and dramatic shift in their reporting on the events of January 6th. It's no longer labeled a riot or an insurrection. Now that Mr. Epps is suing Fox News and Tucker, the January 6th chaos is referred to as rallies and a protest and a demonstration. This shift by the media certainly fits a distinct regime pattern of going easy on Mr. Epps. And they just cite all the examples. You can see the Washington Post article for yourself. The Post uses the word riot only once in the entire piece besides a separate direct quote citing Fox News. The word rioter is nowhere to be found in the piece. Epps is referred to as a protester and said to have protested. It's certainly a striking shift in narrative from these publications. However, to be fair to Fox, they've been relatively cautious in their reporting on the J6 incident, mostly referring to it as a protest. On the other hand, the Washington Post and New York Times have regularly referred to it as a riot and an insurrection, calling those involved rioters. The New York Times and Washington Post have dramatically shifted their portrayal of the January 6th from an alleged assassination attempt on Mike Pence to a minor demonstration by some disgruntled folks. If it weren't so dangerously misleading, this type of blatant propaganda could almost be funny. Is it just a coincidence that this 
sudden shifted narrative comes right as Ray Epps files a lawsuit against Fox and Tucker and direct attacks at Revolver for our coverage of his prominent role during the disturbance. Perhaps, but it's doubtful. After all, if there's one thing we should all know by now, there are no coincidences in politics. For his part, Ray Epps' position, according to his complaint against Fox, is that he never worked for the federal government or served as an informant or confidential human source and that he only tried to rile up the crowd on January 5th to go to the Capitol because he thought the rotunda was going to be open for tourists on January... And, and see, here's the thing. This could be as simple as the person giving him instruction could technically not work for the FBI. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's the same... They can use the same tactic that they use with all these groups. Like, okay, remember BreadTube? So you got BreadTube, and BreadTube's getting paid by the... Uh, government of UK, but the, 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 the UK equivalent of the CIA, right? Okay. But the CIA, what the regime propagandists do to defend themselves from these things, they say, that's not true. They're not getting paid from the UK government or MI6, which technically is true because they're not getting a check from MI6. They're not getting a check from the UK government. They use cutouts. This is the same tactic that they use with the censorship. So they can lie and say the government is not censoring US citizens. Okay? Because technically, actually, actually, the government with the censorship is more blatant than the bread tube shit, frankly. Um, you do have almost direct government involvement in that. Whereas the bread tube thing, they keep their distance. So what do they do? They use these cutouts. Sometimes they use cutouts from cutouts. This is the same shit they did with the with the um, regime change in Ukraine, with the color revolution. It's the same thing. So the regime propagandists like Adam and Sitch can say, They're, the government, no, they didn't do anything because they have a cutout and then there might be a cutout from a cutout and then, and then they do the dirty work and then they go, oh wait, these are private organizations. These are civil rights groups. These are, ju these are just totally unbiased people trying to help a flourishing democracy. So it's the same tactic. Uh, so, so with this, with Ray Epps, he might not have been an official informant, okay? But, and, and the person, give, he, look, he obviously had an agenda. He didn't bring, he didn't just on his own decide to do, and, and I, I've said this before, if you haven't gone over it, I highly recommend Revolver's coverage of this. They break it down video by video, okay? It's indisputable that it was a gay op. Okay, so what the exact details are of the FBI's involvement, you know, as far as specifics, you, you can probably debate that. But there is no question that it was an FBI gay op. And it doesn't mean, like, they use this tactic where um, they will not accept, well, of course, they're deliberate liars, so, um, but the, they will pretend that in order for, like, an FBI gay op to be real, the FBI has to like come out in a press conference and say, citizens, we are engaged in a gay op right now and we are doing this in general. Like, that would never happen. They would never admit it. They use all of these different tactics to, to be three, five steps away from it so they can have plausible deniability. They're very good at that. And they can say things like, they love legalese. They can say things like, well, the FBI had no direct involvement with Ray Epps, which could technically be true. 
you can have an FBI guy telling this other guy, who technically doesn't work for the FBI, who then tells Ray Epps what to do. Or all those other motherfuckers, because this is the thing about this. Ray Epps is the most prominent gay operator, but wasn't the only gay operator. There's a bunch of gay operators. There are a bunch of them. You got that AIDS guy from the AIDS bus. Remember the AIDS bus? Bus? You got this fucking, this bus of AIDS. I mean, this thing, when you see it, you're like, wow, that's, I never thought that I would see AIDS in the form of a bus, but that's, that's what it was. And this leftist-looking AIDS commie, and he's arrested on the 5th, and then magically on the 6th, he's going around to the gates and removing them. In, in a very specific, orderly way. Not like because he was angry and he went, no, 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 they're like running. They're running from one gate to the other. They obviously were on a mission to complete a task. So then the question is, who gave them that task? Uh, and these are all things that were covered by Revolver. Uh, you got the guy, the scaffolding guy, all of it. I mean, it's unbelievable. So the idea, it is not organic. It is laughable to argue that January 6th was organic. It was an obvious gay op, but they're very good at plausible deniability. So that's why Ray Epps can argue in a lawsuit, I never worked for the government. Fascinating. Anyway, um, on January 6th, Epps alleges he did a 180 and was only trying to calm the crowd and de-escalate the situation. No, he wasn't. That's totally made up. This position is, of course, contrary to the text message he sent to his nephew. I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. We encourage you to read our entire library of work on the January 6th Fed Surrection. We've placed it all in one very easily accessible location. So, yeah. Very fascinating what's going on there. So, Asa Hutchinson just had a bad time. Uh, the whole thing with the vaccine. So, apparently, Tucker Carlson didn't take any shots. Good for him. That blows out of the water the TYT narrative that he took it and just wouldn't uh, admit it. Their narrative didn't make sense because they said it because he had to take it in order to go to the building. Yeah, I, I, he, he broadcasted from his house. What are you talking about? I, as far as I'm aware, maybe he did broadcast from the building, but I thought there was a whole big thing because they would be like, he has this cabin and he's, he, he broadcasts from it, which is like, okay, so what? Um, anyway, Tucker Carlson shreds Asa Hutchinson over transgender treatments for kids. Tucker Carlson grilled Republican presidential candidate and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson on Friday over his past veto of a bill banning transgender procedures to, for minors. The exchange, which happened at the Family Leadership Summit in Iowa, comes after Hutchinson repeatedly defended his veto back in 2021, calling the bill extreme. I believe in a limited role of government, he said, and so, you know, I don't think that California ought to be able to tell parents you need to have gender-affirming care for the children. The government should not do that. And in the same way, let's keep the government out of it unless it's an extreme case. Asshole, it's an extreme case. Okay? You can't get more extreme than this shit. Frankly, cutting off the genitals and breasts to children, how do you get more extreme than that, really? Other than, like, just murdering them, okay? But then, you know, then there's the whole thing about abortion, but whatever. And let's, and let's let parents guide the children. I stand with the parents. No, you don't. That's ridiculous. Carlson said he agreed with standing with the parents before he started to bring up the veto. He says, the reason I asked the question was not to bring up a sore subject, which I know that it is, but to ask if in a subsequent two years you've had said you drew the line at castration of physical alter alteration of a child's body because it's permanent. But in the subsequent two years, I think we've learned that hormone therapy for prepubescent children is permanent. It changes the bone structure. It changes the brain of the child. 
that a lot of people believe, including me, it destroys the child's life. But it's permanent. It's not reversible. So given that and the standard you just articulated, do you have different feelings? I mean, this is a permanent change we're making to a child. Why would we allow that if we don't allow surgery? So that's phenomenal questioning by Tucker Carlson. Phenomenal questioning. That this is why I wanted to see this exact type of questioning with Ron DeSantis on the hate speech bill, which would be an initial question about it. And then when you get the bullshit answer about how the bullshit answer from the DeSantis people is it only applies to like um, they make it seem like it applies to like if you were physically assaulting someone or breaking into their house. But but it's a lie. Obviously, that should be illegal. No one is arguing that you should be able to break into someone's house, okay? Or you should be able to vandalize their house. But that, that's a bullshit argument. In the bill, it specifically uh, uh, targets um, pamphlets being given out. And if the pamphlets hurt someone's feelings, it's way too broad. Leftists could absolutely use it if they wanted to. If it, like, hurts someone's feelings, you, you cannot have that. Uh, that's ridiculous. You cannot... Allow, you cannot develop weapons for your political opponents to use against you, that's crazy. Even if you think it's going to please the fucking Zionist, it's still retarded. Anyway, so um, Hutchinson responded, well, permanent change is one issue, but also hormonal treatment is a different issue and can be a different issue. And whenever you look at the bill I vetoed, there was not any grandfather clause in there. Again, I respect legislators that have a different view, but I think independently. I think of the parents, I think of the Constitution, and actually the court... If you read the decision of the federal judges who struck it down as unconstitutional, it really sided with the parents as well. Carlson pressed Hutchinson over why he thinks that altering a person's natural hormones is treatment. Quote, if you have a child who says he was born a boy, I want to become a girl, he hasn't gone through puberty yet, he's say 10, is it treatment to prevent him from going through the natural process of adolescence? How is that treatment? It seems not like treatment, it seems like something else. Hutchinson snaps, Tucker, I hope that we'll be able to talk about some issues. <laughs> this is like the Mike Pence answer. Well, this is one of the biggest in issues in the country, Carlson responded. And I think every person in this room would agree that it is a central issue because these are children who are being altered permanently. And you can defend the altered alteration, that change, if you like. But there's really no debate about whether or not it's permanent. And also, I think it's fair to ask you in a calm, rational and I very much hope, polite way, why you su would support that. Very, yeah, phenomenal. So that was a public execution. Well done. Um, but again, Hus Hutchinson had zero chance. Then you had Mike Pence. Might as well as the video here. We'll just play the video for the Pence thing. But uh, it, still, it, it it didn't matter. He he has no chance. Uh, Mike Pence has no chance. And uh, actually, am I? Make sure that we're. Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Let's uh, have a look at this exchange between Tucker Carlson and Mike Pence that went viral over the weekend. We're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? For president. You are, distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. Right. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. Right. And yet, 
your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. So, even if I am charitable with the pro-Pence people who say that he misspoke or blah, 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 the fact that he called that a routine, that's it. So even if I give you both of the it's not my concerns, if I give those to you, if I am a charitable ass motherfucker, and I give those to you, and I say I will, no problem. He didn't mean it. <clears throat> when he says uh, uh, that routine, fuck you bitch that routine. What a piece of shit. This is the thing that I love about this clip so much. It just exposes, and it's not like breaking news. It's not new that Mike Pence hates us and wants us dead, but it just really, and you could say that's harsh, and, but I think that is the general view of the global homo uniparty motherfuckers. They have total disdain for us. They hate us, and they want us dead. Now, I hope I'm wrong about that, but that's my position. Anyway. Uh, this was very exposing, so I, I credit to Tucker Carlson for this. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom under my administration. So, yeah, good on Tucker. Um, the, the answer from DeSantis about Ukraine wasn't great either because, like, on the one hand, it was good that, like, he, he said that there needs to be an end point and there needs to be, like, a goal, which is true. He did seem open to continuing. He, I would have loved Tucker's question to be, do we give Ukraine any more money? How do you stand on giving Ukraine any more money? That would have been a good question, but we didn't get that. Anyway. Um, so this isn't surprising. So the Supreme Court rules against Biden and then he just pretends that it doesn't matter and he's going to do it anyway. Biden administration forgives $39 billion in student debt. So they give zero fucks. Zero fucks. The Biden administration on Friday announced it will forgive $39 billion in student debt for about 804,000 borrowers. The debt relief is the result of changes to the student loan system income driven repayment program. The program was built to forgive student debt after borrowers have been making payments for at least 20 or 25 years, depending on their loan. However, few borrowers have actually gotten their loans forgiven under that system. Uh, leftist lawmakers and activists have long called for broad student loan relief and have urged the Biden administration for years to grant it. Critics argue that granting student debt relief is unfair to those who sacrifice to pay off their loans, especially since taxpayers ultimately pay for any government-funded debt relief. Uh, the, in total, the Biden administration has now forgiven more than $116.6 billion in student loans. So <clears throat> there we go. Um, 
I expect them to do this with any ruling that they lose uh, via the Supreme Court. They're just going to go around it. All right, this is interesting. House GOP accidentally releases a heap of hidden messages on conspiracy to suppress the lab leak theory. Republican lawmakers accidentally disclosed numerous messages revealing more about a conspiracy to cover up the likely origins of the Ching Chong AIDS because of faulty image cropping. The, me whoops, the message was released in a report on the origins of Ching Chong AIDS published this week by the House Select Subcommittee on the Ching Chong AIDS. Congressional investigators probed the creation of a research paper published in March 2020 in the scientific journal Nature Medicine that concluded that the Ching Chong AIDS is not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus. Messages sent by scientists who contributed to the paper revealed that the report's conclusion was a product of politics and deception rather than honest scientific rigor, however. The report was prepared using acrobatic PDF Maker 23 for Word, and it included cropped screenshots of emails and messages exchanged by scientists and researchers who worked on or were consulted about the paper, according to The Intercept. Before publishing the report, committee staff apparently failed to remove the cropped parts of the images from the file, unintentionally making the full images accessible to a couple of internet sleuths who later posted the full images. Microsoft warns users of its Acrobat PDF maker that cropped images are potentially viewable unless extra steps are taken to delete cropped parts of images. Cropped parts of the picture are not removed from the file and can potentially be seen by others, they know. If there is sensitive information in the area you're cropping out, make sure you delete the cropped areas. The committee has since pulled the original edition of the report and posted a different one. The original report included the screenshots with the full images accessible, was preserved, however, because the internet is forever. Some online have speculated about the cropped images and suggested some attempt at softening the blow to the scientists. The report released as intended is a harsh rebuke of the researchers' actions and included damning messages showing the duplicitous work of researchers, including Dr. Anthony Fucker, former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The SSCP has released hundreds of pages of investigatory material and is committed to a transparent investigation into the origins of the Ching Chong AIDS. Messages related to the report are consistent with its conclusions and facts of the investigation, highlighting specific excerpts to emphasize statements and details as a common investigatory practice. The messages revealed in the report show that while the March 2020 research paper concluded that the Ching Chong AIDS could not have come from a lab, the scientists who worked on the report appeared to intentionally mislead people over the plausibility of the lab leak hypothesis. The researchers wanted to avoid even the appearance that a Chinese lab may be implicated in the release of COVID-19. Quote, Given the shit show that would happen if anyone serious accused the Chinese of even accidental release, my feeling is we should say that given that there's no evidence of a specifically engineered virus, we cannot possibly distinguish between national evolution and escape, so we are content with ascribing to the natural process. That was from Dr. Andrew Rambo. Uh, wrote in February in 2020. Uh, Dr. Kristen Anderson replied, Yep, I totally agree. That's a very reasonable conclusion, although I hate when politics is injected into science, but it's impossible not to, especially given the circumstances. Some U.S. investigators who were part of the team assigned to uncover the origins believe that the virus is the result of Chinese military research into bioweapons, according to a report last month 
in the UK Times. <clears throat> fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. Let's see what we've got next here. Uh, this is good. Uh, GOP attorneys general tell Fortune 500 CEOs to end racist DEI initiatives. In a letter to Fortune 100 CEOs in America, 13 state attorneys general expressed their criticism of DEI quotas and racial discrimination in corporate America. The letter states, if action is not taken by the companies, they will be held accountable. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. Republican attorneys general from 13 states, including from Iowa, South Carolina, and Tennessee, wrote in a letter to corporate giants there would be serious legal consequences for companies that engage in racial discrimination. Companies named in the letter specifically included tech giants such as Facebook, Google, and Microsoft. The letter said Microsoft engaged with racial quotas when the company made the promise to double the number of black and African-American people managers, senior individual contributors, and senior leaders in the U.S. by 2025. Microsoft also planned to make similar standards for its suppliers and to double the percentage of our transaction volumes through these black and African-American-owned banks. Facebook's parent company, Meta, made similar commitments back in 2021 when it pledged to increase the number of U.S.-based leaders who are people of color by 30% and double the number of black and Hispanic employees in the U.S. Commitments such as these are overt and pervasive racial discrimination and are immoral and illegal, the letter states. I'm blown away. I'm blown away. The, the attorneys general, this is like, it. 10 years ago, if this was uttered, they would be like, oh, these people are from the alt-right. Oh my God, they're skinheads. How dare you? They, and this isn't like, you know, some common, this is multiple red attorneys general. This is unbelievable. Now, now, key part here. I don't want to overhype it. Key part. Commies never listen. They never follow the rules. So a, a key part of this is you got to make good on your threat if they don't obey. And they probably won't. So you're going to have to fucking do something. I don't know what it would be. Do the most savage thing you can do legally. Okay? I don't know what that would be, but do it. Make an example of the company that doesn't listen. Make a fucking example to make everyone else go, oh my God. Well, we don't want that to happen to us, okay? Now, I'm not, I don't think they're going to do that, but that's what should be done. Um, but man, I mean, again, they called, they called it overt and pervasive racial discrimination. Racial discrimination against who? White people. I'm blown away that attorneys general in America are kind of, I don't want to get like out of control with this, but they're kind of standing up for white people. What the fuck is going on? What is happening? Man, there is a change. There is a change. Uh, it's not enough, but something is happening. We are going it finally in the opposite direction against this shit. It's finally happening, and there is solid momentum. Will we get where we need to get? I have no idea. Probably not. But man, that's unbelievable. I bet you there's probably going to be a coordinated media narrative against this. And then they said that it was immoral and illegal, which is true. Blown away, blown away, okay? The Supreme Court of the U.S. also just struck down affirmative action. 
the use of race as a factor in college admissions itself, comparing the decision to DEI policies in corporate America, the state attorneys wrote, quoting from the SCOTUS opinion, that hiring on the basis of race engages in the offensive and demeaning assumption that applicants of a particular race, because of their race, think alike. In, in ending the letter, the attorneys general urged the companies to immediately cease any unlawful race-based quotas or preferences in hiring. The attorneys general then warned, if the companies choose not to do so, they will be held accountable. The letter suggests that Fortune 100 companies will soon face legal action if they do not cease the discriminatory practices. So again, it is crucial to follow up. It is crucial to make good on your word. Um, but you know, a lot of times companies, when you get a strongly worded letter from the government, sometimes they will go, they'll be like, okay, it's like a lot of times they're waiting for that. That's why, and that's why leftists were so um, uh, successful in getting people to do what they wanted because they would, they would just. I mean, this is this is not filled with AIDS, but they would do something similar, but but you know, filled with AIDS. And maybe it was an attorney's general it would be like activists. You know, again, again, the same tactic I was talking about before. You get these organizations; they call them civil rights organizations, like the ADL. And what they would do is they would send letters and basically tell them you have to obey us and do all the fucking bullshit we want you to do. And then they would. Now, fucking conservatives are doing that. And uh, now look, should there be conservative groups like the leftists have? Well, there are some like Moms for Liberty, and I think that's good. I don't think that's a bad thing. My only thing is reward compliance. Don't be like leftists. Uh, leftists, one of their key strategical mistakes is that when people do what they want, they punish them. That's so stupid. Because all that does is make people then, they're going to they're, they're gonna do what you want them to do, uh, and then when you punish them, they're just going to wait for an opportunity to turn on you once it becomes safe. Okay, and now I'm glad leftists do that because it it it, it leaves a an opening. So if the company, like for example, if a company says we're not doing this anymore, we're getting rid of all of our DEI, I I would be totally on board with fully supporting the company. Um, but as long as it's real, it has to be real, no bullshit, no commie gay ops. It has to be. For real, but uh, yeah, this is uh, now. Like I said, it is a. Here's the here's the problem. Because uh, I I don't want to oversell this. It is just a strongly worded letter. As of now, it is a strongly worded letter. Republicans thrive and do the best with strongly worded letters, and then usually there's no follow up. Now there are exceptions to this. Um, you know, and that you can go state by state. There are some governors and some some um, municipalities uh, that follow up. Uh, Yunkin's administration has done a decent job so far of following up with the schools. You know, making sure they're going along with 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 the agenda. DeSantis in Florida. Um, you know, with like the drag show. Granted, it's not what I want to see. I want to see arrests, okay? But they are, you know, suspending the liquor licenses of businesses that host these pedophile grooming events. And uh, like I said, I'd prefer arrests. I think arrests are completely warranted. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. So we'll see if that has a chilling effect. It has had some of a chilling effect. Because, you know, they pass all this legislation in Florida, and all of a sudden there's all these articles about this, you know, organization, that organization going to a different state to have their bullshit um, 
conventions or uh, people who are going to have conventions in Florida make it 18 and over, you know, if it's related to anything that a, a drag bullshit thing, you know, would be at. So pretty good, pretty good. So nice to see, very pleased to see that. All right, so, so now here's an example of what we don't want to see and how this does, this, all this does is help them. Okay, now this is an Oregon mayor. An Oregon mayor resigns after sharing a meme that called Bud Light tranny fluid. When you give in to them, you help them. Okay, so look, it would be better if you just didn't share it at all. But if you're going to engage, if you're going to criticize these fucking retards, then when they re, you've got to tell them the fuck off. Don't resign. Are you kidding me? What the hell? What the hell? The mayor of Newport, Oregon, has been forced to step... No, he hasn't. Just fucking say, remove me, motherfucker. Has been forced to step down after sharing a meme on Facebook which referred to Bud Light as tranny fluid. Dean Sawyer, a former law enforcement officer, resigned from his position Monday after Oregon Public Radio revealed he shared a number of memes that had been considered offensive in private Facebook groups. He should have been like, these. I'm in private Facebook groups. We're going to post in private, and I'm allowed to share memes. That's what he should have said. The memes, which are shared in a group for current and former law enforcement officers called Leo Only, poked fun at trannies. Immigration and other hot topics. One such meme directly referenced the recent controversy with Bud Light and tranny influencer Dylan Mulvaney, showing a picture of a box of Bud Light captioned with the phrase, I called AutoZone to order a case of tranny fluid, and this is what I got. Not bad. That's not a bad meme. Since experiencing widespread controversy for parenting... With influencer Dylan Mulvaney in April, Bud Light has suffered a significant drop in sales, with some weeks seeing a decline of 31% over the previous year. Another meme shared by Sawyer showed tranny swimmer Leah Thomas speaking in a post-race interview, with the meme implying that Thomas had said, I won that woman's swim race fair and square. If they don't like that, they can suck my dick. That's a good one. I like that one. That's pretty funny. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised. These lunatic... Uh, uh, belligerent um, trannies, they are always telling particularly women to suck their dicks. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was an actual quote. C.M. Hall, a city councilor and LGBTQ activist, said the memes were punching down. That's not a real concept. Punching down is a made-up commie concept to try to control people and to try, try to censor and to also try to control jokes. I don't believe in the concept. There's a lot of there's a lot of concepts I don't believe in anymore. Racism, I don't believe in that anymore. Uh, punching down, uh, I, I don't believe in um, it, punching. Like you, you have to view yourself above someone to to even accept the concept of punching down. Now, liberals view themselves above minorities all the time. That's why they love the idea of punching down. Oh, you have to treat in this case trannies like children, and they can't. You can't possibly joke about them. They can't uh, handle jokes. Ridiculous. Now, some of them can handle jokes, and good. That makes it even better. I love it when these lunatics can't handle a joke. That's like my favorite part of the whole thing, when they freak out because you're joking. It's fucking fantastic. Anyway, and the lunatic tranny said that it was further marginalizing the marginalized community. It's contributing to harm and division. Boo-hoo. Adding that, I mean, they're saying it's a she. It's probably a he. He was embarrassed by the mayor's hurtful online comments and mockery. Good, that's the goal. 
Following the news of Sawyer's social media history, Newport, Oregon Pride organized a protest against him and demanded his resignation, with five or six colleagues on council attending the protest. After Councilor Detmer Goebel and City Council President Jan Kaplan urged him to resign at the weekend, he finally stepped down. Horrible decision. You should have told them all to go fuck themselves. So this absolute cuck said, quote, I'm sorry in its simplest and sincerest form, adding that his online persona was too polarizing to allow him to continue in the position of mayor. I now realize some of my actions and my words have hurt people I love and care about. This is something I take full responsibility for. You should take full responsibility for being a fucking faggot. That's what you should take responsibility for. You're helping them. Why are you helping them? What the hell? Unbelievable. So this is, yeah, this is the complete opposite of what you should do in the face of a bunch of trainees reeing. Matt Diaz, the mayor of Baker City, Oregon, also announced his resignation this week, claiming he can no longer afford to work in the position and support his family. However, his resignation followed weeks of pressure after he shared a meme that positioned four LGBT pride flags in the shape of a swastika. So another bitch. We got another bitch resigning. Diaz claimed last month the meme was meant to illustrate how DEI or woke ideology is being propagandized and militantly forced on American society, clarifying he was not a Nazi or a Nazi sympathizer. Pathetic, weak and pathetic. Absolute weak and pathetic. No good. That is not what we need. Disgraceful. There was so much outrage over the California Democrats basically stamping uh, approval on child trafficking, that they are now bringing back the bill, which is surprising. After pressure from the public and, this is surprising, Governor Newsom, a bill that would classify the trafficking of a minor as a serious felony in the state of California was revived by the state legislature after first being held up earlier this week. The bill SB 14 was introduced by California Republican State Senator Shannon Grove and other Republicans in December of 2022. The law would classify the trafficking of a minor as a serious felony. In the state of California, under the three strikes, strikes law, if an individual is convicted of three serious or violent felonies, they're sentenced to a minimum of 25 to life in prison. The bill was held up on Tuesday in the Assembly Public Safety Committee, where six Democrats abstained and only two Republicans voted to move the bill forward. Several Democrat senators, including Liz Ortega and Brian Isaac, gave comments in opposition to the bill. Ortega insisted on a holistic approach to the issue instead. <laughs> Oh, my God. I have a Russian woods approach to the situation. That's what I think we should do. Or a sun-eating approach. She once said, sending someone to prison for the rest of their lives is not going to fix the harm moving forward. Now, I agree with that. That's why sun-eating is a much better option. Or you can go the hardcore uh, Russian woods. I'm telling you, man, they need to make a movie out of that one. That is a savage. That's a savage. If you you got good actors to pull that scene off, where this guy's best friend, you'd also have to do it tastefully. <clears throat> this guy's best friend, he has evidence, direct evidence of him doing unspeakable evil. And he's so righteously enraged that he, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, there's so many details we don't have. Was he yelling at him? They were in the middle of the Russian woods. He yelled at him and berated him to such a degree that he had the guy stab. He stabbed himself. That's like last ha- last house on the left. 
That's unbelievable. But it's real life. It's real life. We need... There has to be some. That is unbelievable. You know, maybe for the movie... I don't know, like, should you... Should you uh, change the story a little for the movie? You know, you got to be tasteful about the crime because, you know, it's a fucking horrible crime. But on the other hand, you know, it's like, this is what happens. It should be like a lesson. This is what happens to you if you do that kind of shit. You're going to go to the Russian woods. Anyway, whatever. Since the bill didn't pass Tuesday, Newsom, siding with the Republican lawmaker, says he cares deeply about the topic of trafficking. <laughs> I want to understand exactly what happened yesterday. I take it very seriously. He moved to get the bill back to the floor in the committee. I think this was such a black guy that he was like, come on, guys, we're the party of trafficking, okay, us Democrats, but we have to, uh, we, we, we can't be this obvious about it. After pushback from the public, the California Assembly Democrats' Twitter account posted a thread attempting to explain their decision. It stated, preventing a crime in the first place is our goal. Our priority is protecting sex trafficking visions, uh, victims, especially children. Well, I think one of the ways you do, do, you do that is deterrence. And a harsh punishment is a lot of times a deterrent. The threat also attacked the three-strike model, saying it disproportionately affects black, indigenous, and people of color communities. So any bill that builds on this system needs to ensure equity that and that unforeseen consequences don't lead to trafficked children being punished. The thread was deleted after posting. A last-minute hearing to bring the bill back is scheduled for Thursday. All right. Well, very interesting. So then we got this. Just That's a hell of a freeze frame right there. Yeah, that is... Uh, mm -hmm. Looks like a barking hound dog. Anyway, we'll just go right to the video. This is the... Uh, NEA. This is the National Education Association. This is one of the people uh, involved in the public school curriculum. This is insane. I can hear Chief Seattle crying out to us, urging us to remember when you know who you are. When your mission is clear and you burn with the inner fire of an unbreakable will, no cold can touch your heart. No deluge can dampen your purpose. And yay, you are those stars in the darkness. Your light will not be dimmed. Your purpose will drive you in a righteous fight for freedom because you know who you are. You know who you are. You are the NEA. Our mission is clear. We will advocate for the rights of education professionals and we will change this world for our students with that inner fire burning. We will never bend. We will never be broken because we are the NEA and we will always, always do what we must to be worthy of our students. Thank you, NEA, for all you do every day for our babies and for our colleagues and for your states and for this country. Onward! 
Onward! NEA! Onward! So what should, ha what should happen here? Uh, what should happen here is people should say, uh, excuse me, you've, you've got to go. You've, you've escort them out. Now you would have a big task on your hand because it looks like you'd have to escort a lot of these motherfuckers out of the room. Because there's a lot of aides in that room. You're going to have to do a lot of escorting. But uh, yeah, excuse me, madam, you, you got to go. This is too much. You got to go. Escort them out. Escort them out. Escort them out of the NEA. Of course, dismantle the NEA. All of these organizations, they have to go. Escort them out of the classroom. Escort them out of everywhere. Everywhere in society, escort them out. That's all. Hey, it's time for you to go. You're at a city council meeting and some lunatic tranny shows up dressed like a fucking clown. Excuse me. Zizim, Zer, you've got to go. We're going to escort you out now. <clears throat> well, I, I haven't talked about my feminine penis yet. Well, we, you have to go, okay? We're not. We're normal people, okay? And we're enforcing normalcy, uh, and you have to go, okay? So if you want to act normal and be part of society, you're free to do that. But if you're going to act like an AIDS-infested tranny commie, then you've got to go. Okay, same with this fucking dumb black bitch uh, who in the freeze frame looked like a barking hound dog, okay? Uh, you you got to go. Act normal. Could you stop it? You need to stop. Get some help. So one of the tactics that the Democrats use frequently is to freak out over bullshit. So they have this very large book of rules. They never tell people what the rules are. And then they split hairs over, you know, oh, you can't, you can't say... Uh, colored people, but you can say people of color. But then on the other hand, you have the NAACP, which is the national something something of colored people. So it's total bullshit. Anyway, this guy says colored people, and the liberals melt down. Republican Arizona Representative Eli Crane sparked major backlash from lunatic liberals for referring to black people as colored people. Crane made the remarks on the House floor Thursday while debating a National Defense Authorization Act amendment that would prohibit the Defense Department from considering race, sex, religion, or political ideology in its recruiting and promotional choices. The bill passed by a narrow majority Friday. Quote, my amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anyone can serve. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. You can keep playing around these games with diversity, equity, and inclusion. But there are some real threats out there. And if we keep messing around and we keep lowering our standards, it's not going to be good. Lunatic Democrat Ohio Representative Joyce Beatty, who formerly served as the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, shot back at Crane and said, I find it offensive and very inappropriate. They sh he should have been like, who cares? Who cares what you think? I'm asking for unanimous consent to take down the words referring to me or any of my colleagues as colored people. Crane then asked that his comments be amended for the record to people of color. Don't cuck. Don't cuck. Just say, I said what I said. Beatty insisted they be stricken from the record entirely, a motion that passed with unanimous consent. In a heated floor debate on my amendment that would prohibit discrimination of the color of one's skin in the armed forces, I misspoke, Crane letter said. In a statement, every one of us is made in the image of God and created equal. The Black Caucus wrote, this is a shameful moment on the House floor. Uh, Democrat Virginia Representative Don Bayer says, this just happened on the floor of the United States House of Representatives. A House Republican just referred to black Americans serving in our, in our military as colored people in 2023. Bitch, shut the fuck up. No one cares about your word rules. 
okay? So suck a dick. Uh, people should ignore all of this. Now, granted, I'm not saying they should be, like, spouting off, you know, racial epithets on the floor of Congress. It would be funny. I mean, I would laugh. But I understand. I understand. But don't let them... This is not even that. This is not a racial epithet. This is ridiculous. In three months, you'll probably be allowed to... No, not allowed. You'll be forced to say colored person. Uh, and they'll be like, people of color is no longer acceptable. So tell these people to fuck off. It's ridiculous. Anyway. <clears throat> um... Lunatic Representative Beatty also doubled down on her criticism, saying she will not tolerate such racist and repugnant words in the House chamber or anywhere in the Congress. If you think that's repugnant, you should uh, repugnant. You should go on the internet. You'll see some shit. So that happened in the year of our Lord, 2023. She said, "Balding Joy Reid" on Thursday night. So just absolute fucking retardation. Man, we uh, better not tell... What was that bitch's name, Beatty? Better not tell Beatty about this. Oh! Oh! I don't think she would like that at all. I don't think she would like that at all. But you gotta get one. You gotta get an alarm. It's, it's for safety. This is, you know, this is, uh, it's, this is a small anecdote, you know. Uh, we are not anywhere near where we need to be, but it's something, and it's happening. Cycling officials boot men from competing in women's division. Good. The International Cycling Union, the world cycling governing body, announced Friday that it will bar biological males who transition after puberty from competing in the women's division. You should just ban them completely, but it's something. Recent public outcry over tranny athlete Austin Killips, the first openly tranny athlete to win a U.S. race in the female division, prompted the cycling officials to review their tranny athlete policy and ban males from the women's division. Quote, from now on, female tranny athletes who have transitioned after male puberty will be prohibited from participating in women's events on the UCI international calendar in all categories in the various disciplines. Now, I think that's probably going to be most of them. So, I, I you know, I, I want a more full-throated 100% ban. But, hey, you know, it's, it's small incremental progress. And so, obviously, the trannies are very unhappy about this, which makes me laugh. Okay, so here's one of the stories. Now, I was a little bit, uh, I was a little bit conflicted about this story. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't have a problem with it. Frankly, if, if you're based and you're legal, I don't have a problem with you. Now, there's some people that do, but you're going to have to take that up with them. Okay, I don't give a shit. Um, but I do have a problem with people, uh, in this instance, you have um, um, portions of Michigan have been completely taken over by Muslims. And the problem with that is when, when, when that happens, you get things like, uh, you know, the call to prayer being played over the fucking entire neighborhood. That's ridiculous, okay. Um, and some of these Muslims, not all of them, but some of them, if you ask them, they want to have as many Muslims in the country as possible so they can turn the country into an Islamic country. That's insane to have people like that in your country. So those are people that I take issue with. 
uh, those people belong in their own country because there's plenty of Islamic countries. Don't you have enough Islamic countries? How many Islamic countries are there? There's a bunch of them. Go move to one of those. This is not an Islamic country. This is America. So if you're not going to assimilate, you need to get the fuck out, okay? If you're going to assimilate and you're assimilating, I have no beef. But I mean, but no gay ops. None of this fucking pretending, okay? Now how do you figure that out? That, you know, now we're getting in a complicated but necessary conversation. But I don't have the answers, okay? Anyway, so there was this story about these Muslims who were like, we're not doing the, f the pride flag shit, which was good. This is good. I have no problem where, it, look, if conservatives are going to unite with conquering Muslims to go up against the LGBT, I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but just know the score. Know what the score is, okay? Just know what the score is. Anyway, well, the question was, what will they do? You know, are they going to enforce it? Because the key part about removing communist uh, infestation from all aspects of society uh, probably the most important um, part of it is enforcement because commies rarely ever follow the rules. So you could set up the most base fucking anti-commie rules possible. But if you don't have enforcement, it's worthless. So the question when we covered this story is, all right, let's see, what are they going to do in practice? Well, now we're getting an idea. Michigan city officials fired over pride flag violation. Two officials on the Hamatrack Human Relations Commission have been removed around the city council. They, uh, uh, excuse me, they have been removed after the city council said that they violated a city ordinance banning the display of pride flags on city property. The removal came after the all-Muslim city council voted last month to ban the display of LGBT pride flags on all city properties. In a unanimous vote this week, Russ Gordon and Kathy Stackpole were kicked off of the Human Relations Commission after the council said the pair were responsible for flying a pride flag on government property. Quote, this council believes in fairness, neutrality towards our residents, and the rule of law, amongst other things for this community. We passed a resolution recently to do just that, and two of our sworn commissioners outright defied it, and they did what they wanted. Okay, good. So you fucking fired them? Fantastic. Rafai added the council considered the flying of the LGBT flag a violation of the city's trust. Quote, uh, we were elected by the people of the community to make these decisions, and they not only violated the resolution, but the trust of the whole community by doing this. For this reason, council felt the appropriate response was to remove them from their public positions of trust. Not suspend them, remove them. They escorted them out. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's what you got to do. You got to go. Oh, you're going to be a commie? You have to go. Bye-bye. I don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. <clears throat> Why don't you go to a communist country? There's plenty of those. You just go to one of those. The Human Relations Commission is supposed to encourage tolerance, multiculturalism, and constructive communication. Uh, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. But anyway, the city of about 28,000 near Detroit has a history of conflicts over LGBT ideology. As far back as 2008, conservative Christians in the community joined with the local Muslim community to oppose a city ordinance that would include the LGBT community as a protected group. The resolution to ban ideological flags from the Michigan city property was introduced in June by Councilman Muhammad Hassan. 
the city of Hamtrak does not allow any religious, ethnic, racial, political, or sexual orientation group flags to be flown on the city's public properties, and that only the American flag, the flag of the state of Michigan, the Hamtrak flag, the prisoner of war flag on city property, the resolution said. Now, I will say this. In that list of acceptable flags, there's no muzzy flags. So that's good. That's a positive. I've never been to this place, so I have no idea what Hamtrak is like. If they're playing the if they're playing the call to prayer over the entire neighborhood, that's a conquered area, and I have no interest in that. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, if if this is more of like um, you know not that, then great. You would think if it's an area where they're playing the call to prayer um, five times a day or however many, they they would at least they would probably allow a Muslim flag to be flown on on, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too familiar. But anyway. But I did notice that. The issue of the pride flag has divided communities across the country, especially in some school districts where teachers have been found to be promoting gender ideology and encouraging students to transition. A county board of education in Maryland narrowly rejected a proposal this week that would have banned the display of all non-governmental flags, which would have included pride and BLM. On Wednesday, the Ann Andrell County Board of Education voted 4-3 to reject the policy banning the display of non-governmental flags. Okay, so now what you have to do in response to this is you have to come up with a flag. Have like this super straight flag. So you're going to go, okay, so uh, non-government flags are allowed. So you're flying the pride flag. We're going to fly the whatever. It doesn't have to be the super straight flag. It can be the Christian flag. It can be whatever flag will piss them off. Put that up there. Put that up there as a response to the pride flag. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. So that's an update on that story. Um, Kamala Harris roasted after suggesting population reduction to help the environment. I mean, this is what they believe. This is what they believe. They're just trying to get you used to the idea. We'll just go to the video for this one. See what this uh, dumb whore has to say. Kamala Harris. Think about the impact on something like public health. When we invest in clean electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. And they cheer. I mean, look, it's clearly part of the uh, agenda, reducing the population through various things. And, they, and it's, not, it's not fast enough. The population is not being reduced fast enough, so we're going to be seeing the introduction of made medically-assisted suicide, and people are going to be coerced into it like they already are in Canada. And the vaccine is obviously uh, another way. you got this multi-pronged vaccine that they're going to try to push on people in the, in the winter. So they're not done. They're not done killing people. So I I like this answer. And like I said, I I don't trust Vivek or any of these motherfuckers. But Vivek says good stuff. And so will he deliver? I have no idea. He might not be given an opportunity to deliver. And and I have the same position about Carrie Lake. Now, I like Carrie Lake. I think Carrie Lake is an extremely talented politician. I, I want Carrie Lake as VP. Um, if, if it's Vivek, that's fine. I mean, I would prefer Lake, but it, okay, if he wants to go Vivek, that's fine. Um, but I have the same thing with Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake has not governed. We have no idea if she'll deliver. Um, 
but uh, you know, so far so good with her. I, I and I like I like uh, I liked her commentary at um, the the event. Uh, she was there with you know the Blaze people. I thought she did pretty good, and uh, she she's continuing the fight about the absolute robbery uh, of the election by uh, Governor Catpiss and uh, her people. So, uh, and I wish her the best. Um, but yeah, I, I just think my issue is, it's not just, I, I do like her, and I, and, and I want to see her um, go up against the media. Now, I saw it suggested that she be the press secretary and Vivek be the VP. Now, that's tempting because her as press secretary, that would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. My only issue is, I just, I just don't think strategically you can allow them to sideline her. Uh, she is possibly a once-in-a-generation political talent. We don't know yet, but possibly. And they screwed her out of the governorship uh, in Arizona. I think you got to give her. You, you got to have her be the VP. Otherwise, you. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's something to be the press secretary, but I don't know. I think VP. I, I would prefer VP. With that said, if she did become the press secretary, that would be must cover press conferences and I hope they would have press conferences every day that would be insane anyway Vivek Ramaswamy says online censorship is partly responsible for January 6th I like that I like that answer certainly now you have to add in of course election theft that is another one of the major factors but no I do think there is something to this argument related to censorship absolutely um uh, let's we'll just go to the video here I thought this was a decent answer. So let me, let me talk about, I've, I, haven't, I haven't talked about this much in the campaign. I'll be very honest with you. You want to know what caused January 6th? There's such a temptation to say that there's one man whose name is unspeakable. We well, can't. No, first of all, it's QAnon. It's QAnon. It's QAnon. It's QAnon. <laughs> you want to know what caused January 6th? Is pervasive censorship in this country in the lead up to January 6th. You tell people in this country they cannot speak. That is when they scream. You tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And so the reality is, we were told that you could not question where the virus came from when we all knew it came from a lab in Wuhan, which now they admit. We were told that you could not send a private message to someone on the eve of an election that Hunter Biden's laptop story was actually a true story worth considering before an election. You were systematically suppressed. So this is, think about this. You told you had to be locked down, had to take a vaccine that was mandated and forced down your throat, stay locked down in your home while Antifa and BLM roam and burn the streets of this country. So that's the lead up of one full year of telling people you have to shut up, sit down and do as you're told. And then you tell them, okay, there's an election where you didn't get the information that you needed, such as the Hunter Biden laptop story being real and suppressed. That's what caused January 6th, is a cycle of censorship in this country. And until we look ourselves in the mirror and admit truth on that, we will not move forward as a country. And I think that's the real cause. And, we're not, and I'm sorry to say this, Tucker, but I think until we reckon with that reality, I worry that that is the beginning of, it's a friendly parley compared to what's to come, unless we step up and speak truth, restore integrity, and actually lead us to who we are as a people, rather than sweeping the truth under the rug. Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good answer. Um, now, is it possible, like, okay, because for example, um, Nikki Haley gave a halfway, I try to be fair, and I don't like Nikki Haley at all, okay? 
Her answer about the election was not bad. It wasn't excellent, but it was, I thought she was going to go full-blown, there's no problem. Now, the problem is, Nikki Haley's answer, she was obviously pandering to Trump supporters. Although, strategically, that makes sense, because you have to win over Trump supporters. At least Nikki Haley understands who she has to win over. But the DeSantis people don't seem to understand that. Her answer... For, for what she is, right? For what she is, her answer wasn't bad. Now, it was total pandering. And do I believe for a second that she would do anything related to election security? Fuck no. I don't believe that for a second. So now, Vivek, I have no idea. There's no track record with Vivek, just like there's no track record with Carrie Lake. So I have no idea. But the answers are good. The answers are good. So you know, we'll see. I, I have no idea, you know, w what his aspirations are beyond, like if he, you know, he's not going to win the primary. So um, we'll see. I don't know who Trump's going to pick. Um, I would rather him, obviously. So uh, Lake and Vivek are the ones that I, um, I, I would be fine with. Um, I would be very bummed if it was like a, a Nikki Haley uh, or or a or a Scott. Uh, oh, also Byron Donalds is good. I I wouldn't, but it's, you know Donalds is the same thing. Like we have no idea, but but they're not tarnished. Byron Donalds would be fine too. That's been floated. I, I'd be cool with that. Whereas if it's like a Nikki Haley or like basically Mike Pence part two, I would be very bummed about that. I'd still vote for Trump, but I would not be like. I'd be like, fuck, this is, even if this goes the best way possible and he wins, this is probably not going to be great. I, I don't think it would be a good sign if he chose a Nikki Haley. Um, I think it'd be a, a better sign if he took uh, a, a Carrie Lake or, or, or a Vivek. And uh, I'm not really, I, I understand the face-melting, um, um, just total meltdown the media would have if, Trump chose RFK. I get that. There is an entertainment uh, uh, factor in that that would at least make it super entertaining. G granted, like I would have a more positive view of that than I would if he chose Nikki Haley, but I would be very concerned that he would pull Trump to the left on some issues. Uh, now, that might not happen, and it might turn out to be a great thing, but I, I'm not really... From an entertainment standpoint, that would be a phenomenal thing to watch but yeah i'm not really for it i'm not really for it um but uh you know i, I don't th i think it's unlikely but it is interesting it's an interesting uh it's an interesting idea that he would have rfk um and if rfk builds enough here's the thing if rfk builds enough of a following of, uh, enough of a coalition on the democrat side and then the dnc screws him while I would not personally choose that, I at least will concede the strategical argument of why Trump would do that, um, because then you're gonna ha you're just you're gonna have a better chance. Because then now you're gonna get all those Democrat people who are pissed off that their boy got screwed. Well, your boy is VP. Trump's almost eighty. He's got a shot getting in there. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm not RFK is not my guy. Um, but uh, I could at least see why they would do it. You know, like I said, I, I prefer Carrie Lake. So anyway, let's get into some breaking news here. Uh, oh yeah, let's see. Here we go. All right, 
news from the internet from Mojack420. He says this is uh, breaking faggot pushback news. All right, what's going on today in faggot pushback news? Appeals court rules Catholic school can fire a counselor over her same-sex marriage. Oh, wow. What is it? You know, look, look, here's the thing. Um, I don't want um, unnecessary collateral damage to happen to normal people with all this. I would prefer that not to happen. Um this is this is what the activists wrought upon themselves and if this does go too far in the other direction the the leftists are at fault and they have all the blood on their hands uh let's get the details of the story here appeals court rules oh, i read that part a federal appeals court ruled thursday that an indianapolis catholic high school was allowed to fire its guidance counselor because she's in a same-sex marriage Shelley Fitzgerald was fired from the Ronick Cali High School in Indianapolis in 2018 after working there for 14 years after the school discovered that she's married to a woman. Fitzgerald sued the school over her firing. The school argued that Fitzgerald fell into the ministerial exception, which allows religious institutions to fire employees for their personal beliefs. Oh, I didn't know about that. The ministerial exception. Interesting. Now, what's, what is this woman like? Is she a normal person? Is she an AIDS commie? Like, what are we dealing with here? Was she qu being quiet or was she trying to influence the kids? See, these are details I'd like to know. Anyway, the exception generally applied to those whose work was directly involved in religious practice. But the Supreme Court expanded the rule to include teachers at religious schools in 2020. The appellate court decision Thursday expands the exception again to also include school guidance counselors. A second guidance counselor at the school was also fired due to her same-sex marriage in 2018. She also sued the school, but the courts came to the same decision. Quote, the defendants contend that certain exemptions, exemptions and protections guard their actions from statutory liability. The district court granted some summary judgment on the ministerial, ministerial exception. Our analysis begins and ends there, said Judge Richard Young. Fitzgerald disputed that she would be covered by ministerial exception, claiming to have no role in religious practice or oversight. The court sided with the school, saying she was part of the school's administrative council and did counsel students considering religion. Fitzgerald's membership in this group made her one of a handful of key visible leaders of the school, and despite Fitzgerald's attempt to undermine her contributions, there is no genuine dispute that Fitzgerald participated in some of the religious aspects of the administrative council. The appellate decision comes after the Supreme Court ruled last month that businesses can turn away LGBTQ customers. Advocates have warned the Supreme Court decisions can open the door to legalizing discrimination against LGBTQ people writ large so yeah what i i'm not clear on i will have to find out more about this uh if this was an aids commie this is a phenomenal ruling if this was a normal person minding their own business then uh i i think you can take issue with it however i do think it can be argued that like if it's a catholic school they should be able to have who they want there um so now, what's the percentage chance that in 2023 that the people fired were minding their own business? I don't know, 
it is highly likely, like if you, if you asked me to guess what was going on, I'm guessing that these guidance counselors were promoting the LGBT bullshit to the kids and the people running the school were like, not, we're not doing that. And they escorted them out. And then the, uh, the people sued the school and they ruled in favor of the school. That's my guess, but I don't know that for sure. It didn't go into detail. So, um, but yeah, like, actually, this, this is a pretty good comment here by the first guy in the comment section. He says, uh, good decision. Of course, religious schools should be able to set conditions for employment that follow their beliefs. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and, uh, and, and, and this is also a good one. These are some pretty good comments here. This, this uh, woman said, how about this? Don't apply, interview, or accept a job at a religious institution that doesn't agree with your lifestyle. Then you won't have to worry about getting fired. Easy peasy. Yeah, that's a valid point. Uh, why would you want to work at a place that supposedly hates you? Not true, but whatever. Why not work somewhere where you'll be accepted? Yeah, good point. That's a good point. So anyway... But yeah, I, like I said, I don't know the uh, details of that story, but uh, I, I guess the, the closing comment I'll make about it is that it does seem to be happening. This it, It's happening, like, slowly but surely. Uh, you, I, there are a whole bunch of people. There was a story about, um, was this, what was, oh, a judge in Texas? A judge in Texas was like, okay, because of the Supreme Court ruling, I don't want to officiate same-sex weddings. And, you know, my, my view on that is, is similar with, like, the Kim Reynolds thing, okay? If there's someone that will accommodate, if there's someone that will accommodate the same-sex couple, then that's the acceptable answer. Why there's this hard-on to force religious people, mostly only Christians, to violate their religious beliefs, which is, that's ridiculous. If there are judges that will do it then uh what they leave this woman alone she's not hurting anybody same with kim reynolds the thing with kim reynolds that was many years ago uh this was related to marriage licenses i think and and the whole thing about the kim reynolds story is there were other employees that would give the same-sex couples the license so then it's that's literally a non-issue in my opinion um, what you're doing there, if there's accommodation, is that you're fucking with people then. You're trying to force Kim Reynolds and others to violate their religious beliefs. And that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Uh, unless you want that you know, to happen to you. Of course, you know, uh, the LGBT, they would, be, uh, they would say it's bigotry. But, you know, wh wh what if we walked into your homosexual bakery and, uh, and, and you said, Hey, excuse me, uh, I'd like you to make a cake that says I am a flaming faggot. Uh, and uh, can you put Richard Simmons on it? I'd like fire, you know, uh, I'd like to. Or how about, can, how about, uh, yeah, l uh, why don't you make a, uh, a hang the gays from cranes like Iran cake? How about that one? Can you do a uh, do the gays like the Ayatollah cake? How about that? I'd like the Ayatollah Khomeini to be on the, on the cake pointing at uh, hanging homosexuals from cranes. They would freak out. See, so... Look, we're either all going to have the same rights or we're not, okay? But we should not... The, what has to stop is this... Um, this... Uh, what would you call it? This bullying? This violating of people's rights in the name of uh, tolerance. That jig is up. That jig is up. People know what you're doing. Stop fucking with people, homos, okay? Stop fucking with people. 
uh, let, let people, if they want to have a Christian bakery, I would never walk into a Christian bakery and demand they make a stripper cake. Okay, that's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, very interesting. All right, let me read some of these uh, super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs. Link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy. Link in the description, and we're also taking uh, Rumble Rants. Also, I believe we're at 102 total. We're trying to get to 125 between Subscribestar subscribers, Rumble subscribers, and subscribers to the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, which is the, the Soft Gentleman's YouTube channel membership program. So we're at 102, which if the Watt math is correct, that uh, puts us at 23 away. Is that correct? That sounds about right. We're 23 away from 125. So at 125, if we hit that, within two weeks of hitting that, the soft gentleman, my twin, rapidly homosexual brother, that's a completely real person, uh, he will write a book called What a Bigot Would Say. He's a leftist, of course. And uh, he is going to write a, a book called What a Bigot Would Say, and he's going to list all of the things that bigots would say. He's also going to write about what racial epithets you should never say and what racial jokes you should never tell. Also, what racial epithet combos you should never use. He's definitely going to have a racial epithet combo section. Uh, and so, anyway, that will be uh, released to the audience for free via PDF. It'll be a 24-page book. And then we will try to get it uh, published on Amazon in the diversity, equity, and inclusion section. And uh, so uh, it, I, I don't really know if that's going to be possible. I know some things have been published by Amazon that have slipped through the cracks. So I know the George Floyd creepypastas were on there for a while. So, you know, maybe for a little bit of time, the soft gentleman's book about how you should never say nigger faggot. Uh, hopefully that'll be somehow included next to uh, Ibram X. Kendi in the diversity, ex equity, and inclusion section. Even for a day, I think it would be funny. Anyway, if you're interested in that, you can sign up via Subscribestar. Link in the description. You can uh, subscribe on Rumble. It's the red subscribe button at the bottom of the chat. Or uh, usually during the Soft Gentleman streams, people sign up. Those are uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, usually around noon. And you can uh, join the bathhouse uh, over there as well. That's the Soft Gentleman YouTube channel. All right, let me read these Streamlabs. This is the 15th. All right, where are we? This is the uh, 15th of um, July. Okay. AIDS horrific Eisenstein. Any hard questions from Tucker to DeSantis would be seen as, as anti-Italian bigotry. The Italians are a marginalized community. The Olive Riots... The olive oil riots and the New Orleans lynchings were horrific. I, for one, will not stand for any anti-Italian anti bigotry. UHB? Oh, that, that would be hilarious if somehow that was argued. Yeah, DeSantis is Italian, is he? Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, got to watch out for those olive oil riots. That's a hell of a thing. What an atrocity. All right. We'll do those breaking news in a moment. The Trump system says T... Trigger leftist commie pedo Twitter faggots are run again, you undress Melania, M make America pedophile free, P put traitorous commie pedo faggot filth into the sun eating cabin and pull the switch. Now that sounds like a campaign to me. <clears throat> T R U M P. All right, that sounds good. That's the Trump system. That sounds great. 
a terrific Eisenstein says, oh yeah, HB, what if I put a giant sign outside of your apartment with an arrow pointing at your door saying Italians eat too much spaghetti and they're way too handsy? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Can you imagine? Uh, that would be an, a hilarious meme. Giant neon arrow signs with like racial stereotypes pointing at people. That would be hilarious. Oh my God, that would be pretty funny. <clears throat> What a product. What a product. Or billboards. That would be funny. I would laugh at that. I would fucking laugh at that. I wouldn't take that serious. Now, you know people would take that shit serious. Uh, would Italians take it serious? I guess some would. I don't know. Italians don't seem to... They don't really seem to say anything unless you fuck with their Christopher Columbus statues. Then they're going to have a problem. Um, or if you don't give them olive oil, you know, if they're in a camp or something. When they rounded up the Italians and put them in camps with the Japanese, they didn't give them olive oil and they rioted. <clears throat> I mean, that is a war crime. How that's, that's a crime against humanity. What do you expect them to cook with? All right. A terrific Eisenstein says, I contend it's none of my concern line was as bad as the basket of deplorables line. Yeah, it was one of the worst of all time. That was definitely one of that. It was up there with baskets of deplorables and the uh, the guy that yelled. Uh, absolutely, it was terrible. It was terrible. A terrific Eisenstein says lefties were against ending discrimination in the '60s and '70s, and they're against it now. I wonder if lefty thinking is inherently pro-discrimination on certain issues. Nah, couldn't be. No, yeah, I mean they they definitely view themselves as above minorities. Uh, and I, I don't care. You can view yourself however the fuck you want. I don't give a shit if you view yourself above minorities. There's a, there's a bunch of people out there of different races that view their races as superior. It's a very common thing among human beings. The issue with Democrats is they pretend they're not doing that and they yell at you constantly. And, and they cl claim that they're better than you, even though they're doing it. They pretend they're not doing it. And then when you're not doing it, they tell you you're explicitly doing it. Ridiculous. They need to shut the fuck up. Um, let's see. We have uh, Fraser Danger says Ron DeSantis may have taken money from Dominion, driving for UPS. Can chat look into it? All right, yeah. So have a look if DeSantis took money from Dominion. Shit like that doesn't surprise me, um, but we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, I, we're not we're not going to know. Like if he somehow gets the nomination, uh, I've said I th I bet you like they let him win Georgia. Whereas, like, I don't think they're going to... I think they're going to do as many gay ops as possible in Georgia to try to stop Trump. I mean, I could be wrong about that, though. A terrific Eisenstein says, Man, what's going on with Loomer? She's looking pretty smashy lately. There's a pic at her at the TPUSA with Roger Stone where she's looking pretty good. It really, that's interesting. Yeah, she strikes me as a lot of trouble. I could be wrong about that. She could be very nice. But, man, I... I, I, I have a feeling that there is a very high price to pay. Uh, I, she strikes me as the type of girl that can really jam you up. Uh, I could be wrong about that, though. But <laughs> And now, granted, you know, you could, you could retort, well, what, what girl doesn't jam you up? Well, I mean, there are girls out there that don't jam you up. I, I have ex I've actually, I'm not saying they're the majority. But there are a few, and by the way, I fucking tip my hat to them. Women who are adults and not difficult when you break up, that's fucking, that's a great quality. That's a really, like, I, I fucking respect that. Um, 
a lot of it though, as far as the jam up factor, it just really all look all of it with women comes down to how attractive you are. Okay, if you're smoking hot, you know they even did you see this picture? Who is that chick with the huge yammers? She's an all timer. All, oh, Sophie Vergara. She's like fifty two. Have you seen the pictures of her at fifty two? Just the wall is like not even a factor. Same with uh, the other one. Same description. Latina, big titties. She was in the the movie Desperado. She's like fifty something. Just doesn't even matter. Anyway, if you're Sophia Vergara, like the jam up, it's like, well, what are you gonna do? Like, it's just yeah. Oh well. But uh, yeah, I don't think you know. But to each his own, to each his own. But yeah, like you're going to risk a jam up for someone highly attractive. Um, you know, but anyway, but to each his own. Everyone's scale is different. All right, let's see here. Okay, where did we, what were we doing? Oh, yeah, there was, okay, so this was breaking news. One moment. <clears throat> this was breaking news. So yeah, I, I mentioned it before, especially if you're a part-time viewer, you can submit um, breaking news to the link at, during the off time, and then we will do it uh, once it's seen in the uh, archive here. <clears throat> All right, so we have breaking news, breaking serious news from the internet, from GunFox. <clears throat> Let me uh, bring up this. Oh, that's the, so oh, holy crap, one moment. I don't have the uh, right screen brought up. Give me one moment here. Okay. So this is uh, breaking news. I think this is related to uh, a possible escalation uh, in the war. Salma Hayek, correct. Salma Hayek. Sophia Vergara and uh, Salma Hayek. <clears throat> I'll take Vergara. I have Vergara as an all-timer. Just uh, as close to a 10 as possible. There is a image of her. It's a video of her burned into my brain. It's from many years ago where uh, there was the show. Ashton Kusher did a show called Punked. Now, this was when I was a total retarded normie and I watched TV. Like, imagine, like, watching TV. Anyway, I mean, to each his own. If you watch TV, I don't care. Um, but uh, I would like watch that show and they did a prank this was like this was a, a lifetime ago and they did a prank on her she must have been in her 20s and there is a slow and they, this is the thing back then you could joke about stuff right so they deliberately she was wearing this shirt no bra okay no bra she's got huge what seemed to be huge real titties okay and she's running up these steps and it is one of the most like vivid titty bouncing burning images of all time in my brain i will i it's just it, it burned and they slowed the video down and it was extraordinary and i was like sofia vergara is like all time all time all time hot holy shit <clears throat> no nudity as far as i'm aware so you really can't say for sure but uh, i i have her up in you know maybe top 10 all time unbelievable course i'm always a sucker for big ones it's just it's what, what are you gonna do but uh anyway i forget what joke what prank they played on her uh, I, I don't even remember if she took it uh you know some of them don't take it very well she strikes me as a very high maintenance person 
but uh, you know you're you're gonna yeah you're gonna put up with a lot. You're gonna have a lot of leadway if you're Sophia Vergara. You know, not so much if you're Laura Loomer. No offense to anyone personally, but like I said, to each his own. Some people might not even like uh, fucking Sophia Vergara. So it's just it's like art. You know, you just uh, it's all in in the eye of the beholder. Okay, so breaking news from the internet from Gunfox: Biden approves mobilization of reserves to support UCOM. Uh, President Biden today issued an executive order approving the mobilization of select reserve forces with up to 3,000 personnel augmenting the armed forces in support of Operation Atlantic Resolve. Ah, that's what that was. Someone, I guess when it broke, uh, someone had super chatted on, what is this, Saturday? That must have been Thursday. He said Operation Atlantic Resolve was asshole. So the viewer was absolutely on top of the breaking news. Okay. Uh, this operation will be designated as a contingency operation, said Army Lieutenant uh, General Douglas A. Sims II, Joint Staff Director of uh, Operations. Quote, this new designation benefits troops and families with increases in authorities, entitlements, and access to the reserve component of forces of uh, personnel. This executive order reaffirms the unwavering support and commitment to defend NATO's eastern flank in the wake of Russia's illegal and unprovoked war on Ukraine. Yes, unprovoked, totally unprovoked. Just like the vaccine is safe and effective, U.S.-European command is preparing to use this new authority in continuation of U.S. commitment to NATO's collective security, stated UCOM spokesman Navy Captain Bill Speaks in a news release today. These authorities will ensure long-term resilience in UCOM's continued heightened level of uh, presence and operations. This will not change current force posture uh, levels in Europe. These new authorities are an important demonstration of the U.S. commitment to allies and partners and provides UCOM with greater flexibility to provide key entitlements to the forces who support those commitments, Speak said in the release, providing current assessment of the uh, fighting in Ukraine, Sims said, uh, the fighting is severe. Yeah, how's it going there for Ukraine? Doesn't seem to be very good. You got Even the media is admitting they're taking lots of casualties. Despite being shot at, bombed, and facing well-dug-in Russian defenses in tough terrain, Ukrainian forces are doing a remarkable job with their new equipment and techniques, he said. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Yes. Okay. So that's not good. This is not good. Oh, this was right from the Department of Defense. So yeah, they got tons of propaganda in here. Yeah, not good if you want to see an end of the war. So there we go. All right. Thank you, Gunfox. Appreciate that. Now we got some more breaking news here. Breaking news about white supremacists. Come here, don't disrespect my child. This is my child. I don't feel crap. I'm I think this is related. What was there, a lawsuit? Let's have a look. One moment. Let me get this over here. Okay, this is breaking news from the internet from YGGS Gallows. He says, uh, Black Hispanic New Yorkers who failed teachers' test strike 1.8 billion dollar in NYC settlement. You can hear a smoke detector beeping. 
19 seconds into the video, I shit you not. What's with the smoke detectors? By the way, GTA. Uh, it's been a while since I've played GTA Online. Uh, but man, every time you enter a lobby, you gotta mute everybody, because inevitably, you got one fucking guy playing music. I'm not gonna get into the rest of them, but then there's the guy who's, or multiple guys, that the fucking smoke alarm. Why don't you do what every responsible person does when the battery dies? Pull the battery out of the fucking alarm! Then it's not gonna go off! <laughs> Now, what you really should do is put a new battery in there, but whatever. Well, one or the other. I don't care what you do. I would rather you not burn to death and put... Not that, you know, I don't know what the effectiveness of the alarms are. They say they're very important. Whatever, I have them, you know. And you put a battery in. You get a battery. It's not that big of a deal, you know. Uh, I imagine if there was... You know, if you had to run through some sort of gauntlet, some sort of adventure gauntlet to change the battery, then I could see people not doing it. But, you know, it's, but frankly, it's your decision, you know, it's your risk to take. If your shit gets fucked up, then, you know, don't complain. But uh, leaving it beeping over and over again, and it's so common. It's so common. And wait, you're telling me in this video, this guy, let me read this and then we'll, you're telling me even when you're sitting down with an interview with the New York Post, you don't at least pull the battery plug? Do you not understand what that means? Anyway, that's a hell of a thing right there. Oh, my God. Do, do they think that's what it's supposed to do? <laughs> I have no idea. All right, let's have a look at this. Failing the New York State teacher's exam really paid off, especially for a Queens man who learned this month he's getting a $2 million windfall. Did I say billion? Excuse me. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. It is billion. Hold on, hold on. Roughly 5,200 black and Hispanic ex-Big Apple teachers and once-aspiring educators are expected to collect more than $1.8 billion in judgments after the city stopped fighting a nearly three-decade federal discrimination lawsuit that found a certification exam was biased and the largest legal payout in the city history. As of Friday, 225 people who failed the liberal arts and sciences test used for teachers licensing from 94 to 2014 had already been notified they're getting settlements of at least one million, according to an analysis of Manhattan federal court records. Court rulings found the exam violated civil rights laws, allowing far more white candidates to pass. The case is expected to generate hundreds of other future million-dollar awards. Herman Grimm of Queens, on July 5th, awarded the biggest ju judgment to date a jaw-dropping two million. It includes 1.5 million in back pay, for time never clocked, lost interest accrued, and other compensation. Other top winners include Andrea Durant, uh, who scored 1.9 million, and Kathy Faye Bailey, who was awarded 1.8. The judgments are based on what teachers and teachers candidates would have earned had they passed the test and kept working in the city's public school system. Typically, the further back they failed the test, the more money plaintiffs are entitled to under the agreement ironed out on November 2021 during then commie mayor Bill de Blasio's final weeks in office the city agreed to set aside more than 1.8 billion in funds but the cost to taxpayers is expected to be significantly higher because they'll be footing the bill for many of the plaintiffs to uh, collect pension checks based on time never worked after they reached recruitment age so far, more than 750 million uh, 
in judgments have been awarded to almost 3,000 of the 5,200 plaintiffs. Some judgments were as low as several hundred dollars. The remaining plaintiffs' claims are being reassessed by a court-appointed special master who already racked up more than $8 million in fees uh, of taxpayer money. Or excuse me, yeah, at the taxpayer expense. The city is also on the hook for the plaintiff's lawyer fees, a sum that totaled more than $43 million last year. The payouts have many critics flabbergasted. Quote, it's a struggle to explain how New York City could spend 38000 a year per kid with such a poor return, but decisions like this really help people understand where all the money's going. When contacted Thursday, Grimm said he was unaware he struck gold, but confirmed the award the following day with his lawyer. Grimm said he's in disbelief, but the money can't come fast enough because he's racked up serious debt on his queen's home and credit cards. He could... He couldn't recite examples of why the test was biased. <laughs> but he recalled hiring private tutors and studying for it during the early 90s before failing many times. I can't tell you how many times I took it. A lot. He said he opened a preschool business in the mid-90s but closed in 2015. After that, he, prom- he predominantly made a living as a substitute teacher until uh, passing the current certification test last year and going to work as a special education teacher for the city in Harlem. I want to stay as normal as possible. I'm not going to be a millionaire. Oh, first of all, the amount of taxes, they're going to fuck you in the ass. You'll be lucky if you walk away with 700000 And then after the house and the credit cards, bro, you're, yeah. I, I cannot imagine what the not only the federal taxes are on something like that, but the state taxes in New York. Pfft, holy shit. Yeah, they're going to fucking rape you. I mean, you're raping them, so it's a big rape fest. Author Goldstein, a recently retired veteran teacher at Francis Lewis High School in Queens, said the former test wasn't a good indicator of how well candidates would perform in the classroom in the city would have been better off resolving the issue decades ago by hiring many of those who sued. All this money for nothing, he fumed. I've been teaching in overcrowded classrooms in miserable conditions when we could have had more teachers working. Instead, we just have the city paying money for no reason at all. It's ridiculous. One Brooklyn principal said the city was crazy to settle the case. The standards are the standards. It shouldn't be based on what would be easy for blacks or whites. The hire people who are not qualified and change the requirements because a certain group didn't pass the test is bullshit. You're right. Based principle. That's correct. This is fucking retarded. The class action suit dates back to 96 when it was filed on behalf of Elsa Gulino and three other teachers against the former Board of Education. It once ran the city's public schools before it was disbanded by the state legislature to give the power of the mayoral controlled Department of Education. The plaintiffs targeted both the state and city. But an appeals court ultimately let Albany off the hook since the city is the teacher's employer, even though the city argued it had no control over the testing. The case had a winding road through the court system, including repeated trips to appellate courts in 03. A trial in 03 ended in the city's favor, but the tests were ruled discriminatory in 2012 by the third Manhattan federal judge to handle the case. The city law department insisted it pursued all legal avenues before finally deciding to bring the long-standing case to a close. Quote, Over decades, we challenged court rulings holding the city liable for a teacher certification test created and mandated by the, the state. Unfortunately, the city did not prevail against these mistaken court decisions that unfairly burdened city taxpayers with costly judgments. John Shawn, a lead lawyer for the plaintiffs, said the city knew the certification test was discriminatory 
and failed to evaluate whether a test taker would be a competent teacher. Despite the city Despite this, the city continued to use the test to deny a generation of black and Latino teachers a fair opportunity to be considered for teaching positions and deprived the generation of students of receiving the benefits of having a more diverse teacher population. That's a made-up commie thing. A more diverse teacher population. That's, com that's commie gobbledygook. Luz Perez, who walked away with $1.7 praised the plaintiff's legal teams. I'm grateful everything was soft. Of course I'm happy. More than 90% of white test takers passed the 80-question multiple choice. That's because white people are fucking awesome. That's why. <laughs> and uh, and essay liberal arts and science test between March 93. By the way, do you, do you think for a fucking second I would be able to pass that test? Hell no. But I don't pretend. I don't fucking care. This is not my thing. If I did, if I failed the test, I'd be like, oh, shit, I got I to gotta do better. That's all it is. Okay, that's how everyone should be treated. You're not special, okay? And you might not, I'm not an academic motherfucker. And that has nothing to do with, I'm not a victim. It's just, you know, people are different. Okay, I'm not academic. Okay, so that's why I don't fuck with this shit. I wouldn't try to be a teacher. Maybe you shouldn't be a fucking teacher. Do you think I should be a teacher? Hell no. Okay, so find out what you're good at and do that. And stop trying to be a bitch and pretending that you're a victim. Although in this instance... Kind of can't blame them because you're pretending to be a victim and you're getting like millions of dollars. Holy shit. Um, scientists, uh, so the test was between March 93 and June 95. One version which had questions such as asking teachers to explain the meaning of a painting by pop artist Andy Warhol. Uh, but black applicants scored uh, passing grades over only 53% of the time and Latinos had a lower passing rate, just 50%. Too bad. Too bad. You're going to just have to... You know, I failed the driving test. No, not the driving test. The um, the permit test. Like three times. And I, I thought some of those questions were bullshit. I remember uh, there was one question about crossing the street. And uh, I, I forget what the question was. And I was like, why the fuck are they asking me a question about crossing the street? And I got it wrong. You know whose fault that was? Mine. Even though, look, I thought that some of the questions were trick questions and the crossing the street one was fucking bullshit. But hey, it's ultimately on me. And you know what I did? I fucking made sure I passed it, and then I passed it, and who cares? You know, it's weird. I thought I was going to pass the driving test, because I'm not the best parallel parker, okay? The most bizarre thing happened. I did my one and only perfect parallel parking during that test. It was like it was like something came over me, and it was just like perfect. And the, even the instructor was like, oh, very good. And I thought to myself, man, I'm glad I don't have to do this multiple times. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. You know, and, then, and I passed it. So whatever. Who cares? You got to fucking figure it out and stop being a bitch. Oh, my God. But black applicants on average scored passing. All right. But the failures resulted in full-time teachers getting demoted to substitutes and prevented aspiring educators from getting hired. Some became career subs. Others found teaching jobs outside of the city. The rest left the profession. Okay, they all figured it out then. Lawyers for the plaintiffs brought in experts who testified that much of the discrepancy in scores could be attributed to some of the questions being culturally biased in favor of whites. In 2012, Manhattan federal judge Kimball Wood ruled that requiring teachers to pass the liberal arts and sciences tests violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
because it wasn't a proper indicator of better performing teachers. How dare you force black people to take a test to be teachers. Oh my God. She sided with the plaintiffs who said the test had an illegal desperate impact on blacks and Latinos and the city's school system was liable for making hiring decisions based on its results. The city argued it was simply following teaching licensing requirements mandated by the state and didn't have any authority over the test. Holy shit. All right, let's go to this video. Do we have a fucking... Okay, so you you get... This is... If there is... I haven't seen the video, right? The New York Post calls you up and say, Hey, we're going to sit down with you in, with an interview. Okay, so the first thing you do is you make you make sure your apartment you got to straighten up your apartment. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna straighten up the apartment so it's acceptable. Okay, cool. Wouldn't part of that you're gonna have these people come over and sit in your living room? Wouldn't part of that be either remove the battery from your smoke detector or change the battery from your smoke detector? Now I'll tell you this: if you're broke, whatever the six dollars for that battery, I I hear you. I've been I. I have, in my life, I've been so broke that buying coffee at Wawa would fuck my shit up. Okay, so I totally empathize with that. Okay, that's why I'm offering as an option just pulling the battery out. I get that, okay? Um, so I'm not saying you got to go. Now, of course, the dollar store sells batteries, uh, but they'll only like last a week. But anyway, let's just say at least pull the battery out at bare minimum. Let's see if he does that. Let's see if he does that. Okay. I was getting mills actual mail from um in the mailbox from the lawyers mm-hmm. and i literally ignored them mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um then i started getting phone calls and i wasn't taking that serious mm-hmm. and um that was nice the lady um the lawyer said it was very nice and they knew i wasn't taking them serious <laughs> oh my god but, um, oh my god i just wasn't taking them serious <laughs> <laughs> reading, hearing, news, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a couple of people that had, um, well, not in education, but they went through law school. They didn't um, win or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's just like fact. You know, you either, you know, but. Oh my God. Uh, when I finally got it in my head, they kept pushing and kept explaining things piece by piece until um, I started to get it in my head and just listen to them and they went from there. But still today, I don't really believe it. But, you know, and um, just say we've shown it for a long time, trying to convince me that it's real, it's no game, it's no, um, you know, false, falsehood and all that stuff. But it's just, uh, I'm a normal person. Uh, I had to struggle for money. Um, even when I closed close to my school, it was, it was October of 2015. But uh, there's no way I could have gotten into the board bed. Then aim to sub. It was too late. I mean, I could have still been in sub, but I had to take these exams. Um, but um, somehow I wound up doing hometown eight, which I hated that. Mm. But I did a fast take course. I did it for four years. In that four years' time, I was um, hitting it. So there we go. M- multiple, multiple beeps from the alarm that's hilarious that's fucking hilarious um and like i said like i said 
I'm not, I understand batteries can be expensive. I got no problem with that, but pull it out when they come over and then put it back. Then if you're like, but you know, what if there's a fire? Okay, then put it back in when they leave. <laughs> oh man, all right, there you go. That, that's, uh, but anyway, now look, I, I don't fault that guy. You know, basically this is not how they put it, but these people come to his house and they're like, sir, um, our city is run by absolute fucking retarded commies. And because of that, you're getting $2 million. What do you think about that? Hey, you know, if I was him, I'd be like, fuck it. Oh, okay. You want to be a goddamn retard and give me $2 million? No problem. <clears throat> no problem at all. But anyway, that's, uh, that's a hell of a thing right there. What a story. All right. Thank you, YGGS Gallows. Now we got some more breaking news here. from the internet from Drunk Pinata. Let's have a look here. He says, um, from the Weissman and Joyce Vance think tank group, check section reality number four, presidents have broad declassification authority and need not follow. Okay, that's number four. What did that, what was the subtitle? Re reality number four, okay. So they wrote an essay? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Number three. Here's number four. Okay, here we go. Presidents have broad declassification authority and need not follow any former proceed formal procedure. Someone better tell Jessica Burbank. <laughs> Someone should let Jessica Burbank know. What an idiot. Trump's unsupported claims that he declassified the White House records at Mar-a-Lago also generated conversation about the president's power to declassify information. Here, too, much of the commentary was misinformed. Everyone rightly agrees that the president has broad declassification authority. Well, not, uh, not Jessica Burbank. Focusing just on its language, Executive Order 13526 grants declassification authority to a supervisory official of either the originator or his or her successor in function, if the supervisory official has original classification authority. As head of the executive branch, the president would plainly qualify as a supervisory official over all other OCAs, even putting that language aside, given the classification information is created by and for the president under the order. The president <coughs> also has inherent authority to declassify information as the creator of the executive order and to through their constitutional authority over national security. <clears throat> Presidential authority to declassify and control access to information bearing on national security flows primarily from his constitutional investment as the uh, power, the, uh, as the commander in chief power in the president. The only question then is, must the president follow any specific declassification procedures? The answer is a resounding no for two reasons. It's so funny. They know. They know this is all bullshit. They know it's all bullshit. <clears throat> First, Executive Order 13526 on its face contains no such declassification procedures. The order set forth who may declassify and what standards they should apply. But beyond that, there's no additional process required. Oh, you mean to tell me 
that like dumb bitch Jessica Burbank said that he has to sit down with experts and <laughs> run the shit by him. That's not true. <laughs> that shit was so retarded. No one saw that though. Because it's really like I don't even think no one watches that show. Um, I mean, not no one. A very few people watch. What what's the JR show? The Watch List. I mean, it's, it's like the toilet bowl of TYT. But that was funny when she said that. Oh my God. While both individual agencies and the Information and Security Oversight Office have developed additional rules about how declassification should be carried out, none of these procedures apply to the president. Second, given the president's constitutional authority over both classified information and the administration of presidential executive orders, even if Executive Order 13526 did establish constraints, they are at most self-constraints that the president has the power to ignore. Yet again, commentators regularly got this point wrong. Well, but the commentators are only going to repeat what they've been told. They, they, whoever is coming up with the talking points, uh, they're telling the commentators to lie. Now, it's no excuse for them. They're disgraceful for doing it, but, you know. Yet again, uh, commentators regularly got this point wrong instead claiming that there are formal declassification procedures that apply to the president. They often cite New York Times versus CIA, in which the Second Circuit stated that declassification, even by the president, must follow established procedures, citing Executive Order 13.526. This is the greatest example of how even courts, and in some instances, the DOJ itself, which asserted the same proposition in, in its appellate brief, uh, do not fully understand declassification. See, this is why uh, Weissman, this is, this is hilarious. This is why Weissman, immediately after this shit uh, went down with Jack Smith, with the indictment, was like, oh, Jack Smith's got to indict in Jersey. <laughs> He's got to indict in Jersey. Oh, they got to do Fannie Willis. Fannie Willis will get him because none of these are have any teeth. This is all bullshit. Executive Order 13.526 is a public document and relatively short. If it outlines declassification procedures that apply to the president, it shouldn't be hard to find them. Well, they're probably the secret. This is the secret procedures. But neither the commentators nor the Second Circuit cite any specific provisions in the order. And for good reason, they do not exist. <clears throat> Ideally, the president should normally follow certain procedures when declassifying information. The obvious correctness of this proposition is likely what led to the Second Circuit's mistake, along with the fact that it was bending over backwards to avoid finding that Trump declassified a covert program with a single tweet. It sounds like the right answer, but it is not legally supported. In a perfect world, any time the president wanted to declassify something, they would consult with senior officials from the agencies that originated the information, as well as those with an interest in the information. And two, document the decision in writing so the agencies could properly implement it, including by downgrading and properly uh, marking documents that contain the declassified information. But even then, the president should be free to declassify information by whatever means they choose. For instance, on the night of Osama bin Laden's raid, President Obama was fully within his power to promptly declassify the existence of the operation via his nationally televised speech. One could imagine other scenarios where the president determines that it's in the national security imperative to quickly declassify information and share it with the public. <clears throat> it would be unwise to impose 
former, formal processes and documentation requirements in these types of situations, even if the best practices outlined above should still be followed where possible. If Congress is interested in legislating in this area, the best solution is to require that any time the president orders the declassification of certain information, the Congressional Oversight Committee be promptly notified in writing of what was declassified and why. A similar requirement already exists with covert action notification under 50 U.S.C. 3093 without unduly inhibiting the president, even though ordering covert action is an important presidential authority. While this provision would not require the president to follow any procedures before declassifying information, the necessity of informing Congress in writing after the fact would have the practical effect of imposing some discipline on the process. The beauty of this, and look, like, the way Trump talks makes me laugh. I know that not everyone likes it. Um, most Trump supporters don't give a shit. They either like it or they just tolerate it. And I understand, like, I understand why sometimes people might roll their eyes. But I tell you, more times than not, <laughs> even his most ridiculous shit, it's not that, like... It's you know what it's frankly it's almost like he he likes to piss people off, so immediately what comes to my mind is when Trump said, "Well, I can declassify I can declassify with my mind," and that's true. Now it's not because like there's an explicit thing that says the president can declassify. No, it's that there's no procedure, there's nothing, so he can do that. So when they were like, oh, he can't declassify with his mind. I mean, it's not like that's a thing. Like, I think Trump basically kind of made that up to be funny or to piss people off. But ultimately, he can declassify whatever he wants. And if he, in his way, wants to put it that way, he can. And it's fucking hilarious. It's hilarious to me. It is hilarious to me. So yeah, he can declassify with his mind if he wants to. Not that there's a thing to declassify with your mind. Like, they're right. That's not a thing, but it, there's not a thing against it. That's the thing. He can do it however he wants. And if this fucking guy wants to talk in a weird way and say, I can declassify with, his mind, with my mind because I'm the president, that is ultimately true, which I find to be fucking hilarious. I understand some people might find it annoying. I get that. <laughs> I think it's fucking great. Oh my God! This is look. They all know. They all know. First of all, now I understand that that's one of the reasons Jack Smith went espionage route, and it's a bullshit argument. I think I think it's a solid argument from Trump's lawyers that this is all covered by the Presidential Records Act. I, I think that's true. Um, <clears throat> this is the thing they know, and most importantly. The media narrative. So the media narrative was a little bit, not a little bit, a lot different than the actual indictment, right? The actual indictment from Jack Smith it gets into Espionage Act shit. The media narrative was Donald Trump was not allowed to declassify, and this completely undoes it. But the thing is, the people behind all these, like Weissman is like Mary McCord and like Norm Eisen. They're behind these gay ops. They know it's bullshit. They all know what they're doing. They don't like him, so they're trying to sell as much propaganda, not only to the media, but these evil pieces of shit, they try to sell their bullshit theories to... Uh, district attorneys, to the FBI, to the CIA, to anyone who will, who will listen. Remember that total ridiculous 
narrative related to the um, Alpha Bank server, that was one of the most retarded, just technologically impossible for there to be like communication between Trump and Putin via this server pinging. It's just not how it works. Okay. Democrat operatives got a group, they call them experts, they're Democrat operatives. Democrat operatives got together and came up with a completely ridiculous theory and then had one of their guys try to sell it to the FBI. That's crazy. He got into legal trouble for it. It was a slap on the wrist, or I think ultimately it wasn't. This was in the Durham thing. But this is what they do. They come up with ridiculous bullshit, and then they try to get people arrested over it. That's why they have to go to jail. If any of this, if, if somehow Trump wins and he cleans house, these people have to go to jail for this. This is fucking, you should not be allowed to do this. You should not be allowed to subvert the government. First of all, you shouldn't be allowed to do this to regular citizens. It should be considered an act of treason to do this to a sitting president. It's cr and to tolerate it means that it's going to keep happening. So you're going to have to be harsh. If you really want to fix this problem, you're going to have to be harsh and you're going to have to, at minimum, send a ton of people to prison for a long time. I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm just saying, I'm just proposing a, a policy solution of how to fix this shit. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but you have to. The, like the shit that they've been and, and this applies to the media this applies to everything you you can it's, now sometimes Trump says things like this should not be allowed to happen again I agree but you know in order for that to happen you're going to have to be harsh there is a small chance I will say <clears throat> there is a small chance that if he does get in there he, do, he, he does the issue I, I am more concerned about him getting in there than him actually doing something if he gets in there. I do think there's a solid chance, not that he'll do something that'll be completely satisfying, but that there's no way he survives a second term unless when he gets in the office, he cleans house. I think he knows that. He's talking like he knows that. A lot of the things he, are, he is saying at least indicates to me, as critical as I am about the people around him, there does seem to be a few good ones. Whoever fed him, or maybe he came up with it on, on his own through observation. I have no idea. It could be either. When he started talking about deporting commies, whoever came up with that, you are, you're on the right track. I don't know if that's Stephen. It's definitely not Jason Miller. I don't know if that's Stephen Miller. I, maybe there's some guy that we don't know his name and he's doing a great job being an advisor. Or maybe Trump came up with that on his own. I have no idea. But you're on the right track. You are saying the right things in that regard. So hopefully... You know, if he gets in, it'll be good. But yeah, they know. Great article here. Just security. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They know. All right. Thank you, Drunk Pinata. Appreciate that. All right. Now we have uh, Janny news here. Breaking LGBTQ plus Right. Here's some breaking Janny news from the internet from Ian's network. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's have a look here. See what's going on. This is uh, CNN. Janitor heard annoying alarms and turned off a freezer, ruining 20 years of school research worth a million dollars. That's not good. That is not good. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of a story. Let... <laughs> okay. 
let's read the details and I'll see if it applies to something that happened to me a long time ago. A university janitor who turned off a freezer after hearing multiple, yeah, this is very similar to what happened to me. Okay, I'll, let me read a couple sentences. I'll tell the story. A university janitor who turned off a freezer after hearing multiple annoying alarms ruined uh, 20 years of research, according to a lawsuit filed against his employer by Rennesleer Polytechnic Institute in upstate New York. Okay, so, yeah, about turning off freezers. Okay, way back in the day, I used to work at a camera store on the main line of, uh, of uh, what do they call is it? What is it, the main line of Philadelphia? The rich area. Now, what was weird at the time, it was the rich area. It was known as Bryn Mawr, okay? It was a, it's a very rich area. For some reason, the people who rented me the apartment were the same people I worked for, these, these Israeli guys, and they charged me dirt cheap. It was like 600 a month. It was crazy. I was like, I'll take an apartment in Bryn Mawr for 600 a month. And it wasn't even, it was a pretty nice apartment, you know, for 600. So these guys were awesome. I, I really, uh, they, they kind of like, I, I don't do internet retail. I mean, I, a little bit, but I, I used to do mainly internet retail and a lot of the shit I learned from them. It, it was mainly learning from them because they were so disorganized and ridiculous in an entertaining way that I was like, if these motherfuckers are making money selling shit on the internet. This was like the early 2000s. I was like, there's no way I couldn't do it. Uh, so I appreciate their inspiration. Anyway, so um, I was living with a JW guy, okay? This guy was a buddy at the time. And uh, so we split the apartment. It was a two-bedroom apartment. Now, this guy, he was an interesting character. Um, nice guy. Um... A, a bit eccentric, maybe. Is that the right word? He he uh, he sometimes did shit that was ridiculous. And here's an example. So th this was in a business, uh, like on there was a lot of businesses, and directly next door to us was a restaurant. Okay, and at night you would hear, especially in the summer, you would hear the noises, and there were a lot of noises, a lot of fans or whatever. Okay. So one day I'm at work at the camera store and this woman at the restaurant next to us, um, she, um, she would come in and say hi to the people that ran the store. So I knew who she was anyway. So I used to answer the phone. I know. So people would call up about their order status and I'd answer the phone. Anyway, answer the phone and this woman starts yelling at me like full-blown like i can't believe what you did you turned off my my uh refrigerator and blah 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 and i was like what are you talking about i'm like i didn't do anything i was like calm down and she's like people saw you you did it i was like what the fuck are you talking about she was like yeah you walked off on the roof and then and as soon as i heard her say walked off on the roof i knew that my roommate would go on the roof and i was like Oh, so I said, you know what? I, and I said, look, first of all, I didn't do any of this, so you need to calm down. However, I might have an idea of what's going on. I said, give me your number. I'm going to call you back. So I call up my roommate. I go, yo, uh, I have a bit of a weird situation. I said, um, did you turn off the freezer from the business next door? And he was like, yeah, I did that. 
he's a weird guy. Like he just he didn't give a fuck about anything. I was like, yeah. You, you, I was like, okay. I'm like, you know, the lady's yelling at me, thinking I did it. And he now look as weird as he was, he at least would like he wasn't a bitch. He like he wasn't like oh that's not my problem. He was like oh he he was like okay I'll I'll call her I'll handle it. I'm like could you please do that. Could you please handle that? Anyway, I call her back. I said, yeah, my roommate is going to call you. Okay? And so I hung up. I don't know. Half hour later, she calls me back. Real apologetic. Hey, I'm really sorry. I, I really thought it was you. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I was really upset because of a lot of, you know, it was a lot of food. I was like, oh, I was like, well, I'm going to be clear. What he did is insane. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, I didn't do it. So, you know. And I'm like, whatever he has to do, I'm like, that's between you. If you want to make him pay for all the food that spoiled, that's totally fair. I was like, but, you know, it wasn't me. Anyway, she's like, I'm really sorry. You know, you can eat in my restaurant, on the house. And I was like, okay, that's a fair deal. I'll take yelling at me uh, and free food. Uh, no problem. I only went a couple times. But uh, there we go. That's the story. So, um, yeah. Now, you know, I don't think he should have done that. And if she wanted to charge him for all the food that got ruined for shutting off the freezer that's that's fair because that's that's ridiculous behavior like i'm sorry if you don't like the fan close your window and turn on the air conditioner okay like you don't get on the roof and then i don't even know how he got on the roof of the other place i know i, I forget how to do that but he would go on the roof and he like i guess he did like a spider-man thing and like hopped onto her roof and somehow the other thing that was weird is apparently you could turn the refrigerator off from the outside but that's what he did and then someone must have saw him but they thought it was me anyway that shit was it's kind of funny in hindsight but yeah like all of a sudden she's like yelling at me on the phone I'm like bitch calm down I'm like what are you talking about anyway <clears throat> it's a funny story so this guy did this but this is like next level because instead of a freezer full of food it's like a million dollars and 20 years in research the janitor, who is not being sued in the lawsuit, was a contractor who worked for several months in 2020 at a private research university in Troy. The school is seeking more than a million dollars in damages and legal fees from Dialgo Cleaning Systems as a result of the incident. The lab's freezer contained over 20 years of research, including cell cultures and samples, to which a small temperature fluctuation of three degrees would cause catastrophic damage, according to the lawsuit. The college does not believe the janitor is at fault, but instead blames Diago Cleaning Systems for failing to properly train and supervise them. Well, but, well, hold on a second. Did he think it was part of his job to turn it off? Or was he like my buddy who engaged in ridiculous behavior that he should have to pay for? Okay, if he thought it was his job, I agree. But if he th said, oh, that's an annoying noise, motherfucker, don't turn off shit that you're not authorized to turn off. Okay, keep your hands to yourself. We're all adults here. That's unbelievable. Defendant, uh, th by and through its negligent, careless, or reckless supervision and control of the janitor caused damage to certain cell cultures, samples, or research in the lab, the university claims. CNN reached out for the, uh, uh, to the attorneys. Quote, we don't believe there was any nefarious conduct on the part of the cleaning company, the attorney said. This was a result of human error. The core of the case, however, is that the cleaning company failed to adequately train their personnel. A cleaner should be trained to not attempt to remedy an electrical issue. The lawsuit states the cell cultures and the freezer needed to be maintained at minus 80 degrees Celsius, and a small fluctuation would cause damage, so alarms would sound if the temperature increased. A professor and director of the school's 
Center for Biochemical Solar Energy Research, who oversaw the research, noticed the freezer alert went off on or around September 14, 2020, because the temperature had risen to 70, minus 78 degrees. Despite the alarm, um, the teacher and her team determined that the cell samples would be safe until emergency repairs could be done. When Lakashimi waited for the freezer's manufacturer to perform repairs, her team added a safety lockbox around the freezer's outlet and socket. A warning was posted on the freezer, according to the court filing. Quote, this freezer is beeping as it is under repair. Please do not move or unplug it. No cleaning required in this area. You can press the alarm slash test mute button for five to 10 seconds if you would like to mute the sound. <clears throat> the warning read. But on September 17th, the janitor her the janitor heard what he later called annoying alarms, according to the suit. In an apparent attempt to be helpful, he flipped the circuit breakers, which provided electricity to the freezer, mistakenly turning them from on to off, according to the lawsuit. The said freezer's temperature rose to minus 32 degrees Celsius. The next day, research students found this, the freezer switched off, and despite attempts to preserve the research, a majority of the cultures were compromised, destroyed, and rendered unsalvageable, demolishing more than 20 years of research. Yeah, so, yeah, don't, I, yeah, it, I don't, this is interesting. How would I rule here? Didn't he read the sign? If you read the sign, I think that should tell you to, like, you know, don't fuck with shit. How about, you know, like, what are you, an Italian? You're all handsy with the, with the switches instead of handsy with women. You're handsy with the switches and the alarms and the circuits. How about not do any of that? How about just do your job and not turn shit off that you're not supposed to turn off? Anyway. I think I'd have to be there. But uh, that's a wild story. That is a wild story. All right, thank you, Ian's Network. Appreciate that. If you have an article that you want read on stream, uh, 10 and up, details in the description. Riesler, thank you very much. Very generous of you. Says, uh, I know it's been a minute, HB. I've been here watching, though. Just wanted to know, when's the next call-in show? I, I'm sure I've missed a couple. Also, your flamboyantly homosexual brother needs an intro buffer for his ain't-ass show. That's 30, that 30 minutes of dead air is brutal. <clears throat> that is true. If there was, uh, there should be something. Because it's pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much dead air. All right. Let me check the calendar. All right. What is this? This is uh, the 15th. Hold on a second. Let me bring up the calendar. Okay, today is Saturday the 15th. Let's go, let's see. Let's go the 29th. We'll go in two weeks. So not next Saturday, the Saturday after. July 29th. All right, thank you, Riesler. Appreciate the support, sir. Mojack420 says, Remember the comic books used to have ads for x-ray glasses, sea monkeys, etc.? I do. What are the thoughts if the, uh, an ad page for faggot energy drinks, David Pakman, Power Anima, and other faggot ads oh for the book that would be very good yeah yeah homosexual ads like old school ads in the soft gentleman book definitely definitely if anyone wants to submit ads like that uh hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com definitely all right thank you mojack appreciate that I don't, did i ever order i'm trying to think if i've ever ordered any i don't think i i remember those ads i don't think i Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember ordering anything. I think I ordered baseball cards. Um, now, of course, there's different eras 
with these ads, so my era was the 80s and 90s. I do still think x-ray glasses were a thing, though. Um, I think the ads were a little different in the 50s and 60s. But um, I do remember, I think, ordering baseball cards through the magazine. Because um, you had to either go to a card store or... Um, yeah, I think I ordered baseball cards, like a set from... Uh, I don't know, it was probably Tops or something. Other than that, I don't think I did a lot of mail order stuff. The only other mail order stuff I did was uh, Kung Fu movies back in the day. VHS, they were expensive too, and they were all bootleg. That guy made a killing. They were like $30 a piece. It's fucking crazy. All right, let's get to some videos here. Start with, uh, I don't want that. Get that out of here. Fibroblast, I don't even know what that is. All right, let's see, which one? This is uh, Nicole Wallace. Let me just see which... After the U.S. Is this, um... Oh, yeah. Oh, they're really cracking down on the LGBT. They don't like it. Supreme Court ruled in favor of allowing a wedding a website designer to refuse services to a gay couple. Plaintiffs are tripping all over themselves to test what level of discrimination the nation's high court has ushered in and will now permit. The Texas Tribune reports that a notorious Texas judge named Diane Hensley, who had previously been warned for refusing to perform same-sex marriages and sued the state over that warning, has submitted a brief claiming the Supreme Court's decision is applicable to her lawsuit. Hensley's suit is not the only one seeking to take advantage now of the opportunities for discrimination that have now been created by the nation's highest court. A Catholic school that allegedly fired a teacher for being gay cited the case in a recent appeal to the Fourth Circuit. A hairdresser has said that transgender and queer patrons are not welcome at the salon, saying that they have the right to refuse services now. Let's bring in the president of the Human Rights Campaign, Kelly Robinson. Um, Kelly, I think this is what second people who read the decision at the time worried about just what's coming to pass, opportunities for discrimination. Um, tell me what you're seeing. I mean, this is scary, right? This is our worst fear playing itself out. What the stories that you just talked about illustrates is how one bad decision from the Supreme Court came down around 303 Creative, and what it did was crack the door open just enough for a little bit of hate and bigotry to be seen, and now extremists across the country are trying to bang that door all the way down to create a license to discriminate in every way. This decision from the Supreme Court was bad, but it was also narrow. I think the challenge is that now is created an environment where people are actually openly spewing their, their ideals of hate, trying to find more and more ways to discriminate against our community. And furthermore, we are living in a state of emergency, LGBTQ plus all folks all across the country. These attacks are coming from courthouses, they're coming from state legislative bodies, they're coming from Congress. This is one of those moments where we need every American to stand up and say enough. This shouldn't <clears throat> oh, uh, horror, I am standing up and saying enough. Enough of you activists, we've had enough. Only be frightening to LGBTQ plus people, it should be frightening to anyone, because if it can happen to us, be sure, it can happen to your communities too. Kelly, I, I can never get out of my brain Clarence Thomas's invoking um, marriage equality as also being on the radar. And I wonder, will we look back and want to say we did these things in this window, sort of between 303 
and between Dobbs and and should this hyper political hyper conservative court decide to touch that what should we be doing right now look i gotta be honest this is really scary right and but it's also intentional that it's playing out this way i mean the alliance to defend freedom was the same group that that backed the 303 creative case and they were the ones that backed the dobbs case that overturned roe v wade this is not happening by accident we've got to be clear that the proponents that are pushing forward these discriminatory policies that are trying to pull us back in time, they are the same folks that are advancing hateful legislation in states all across the country. Hateful. And in fact, the Southern Poverty Law Center has designated- They have no credibility. Many of them as hate groups. That who is- cares? Who, who cares? They're fighting, so- That's I, a badge of honor at this point. I think it's important to one, see them for who they are, and two, we have got to get out the vote. What the Supreme Court is doing is out of touch and out of step with the majority of Americans. 80% no, of Americans across this country support robust and inclusive non-discrimination protections for the LGBTQ plus community. They already have that. 70% of Americans across this country support marriage equality. The way they to already have that. fight back against the 303 creative decision is to turn out the 240 plus millions of Americans who are eligible to vote and put the we back in we the people. Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting moment where the Supreme Court had for years been something that animated the right. It's now on the other side of not just Democratic-leaning Americans, but independent Americans. And on the question of abortion, a majority of Republican women are against where the Supreme Court has ushered our, our country. And I, I wonder what the broader argument is about how anti-democratic these decisions become when judges and legislatures enact policies that, as you said, are way out of the mainstream of U.S. public opinion. Absolutely. I mean, there's a bigger question about what we are going to do to preserve a representative democracy in this moment and right now. You've got an Rhetoric. unelected group of people that are actually legislating from the bench. They are not playing the role of neutral referee. They are making law from the bench that is rolling us back. And the outrageous thing about 303 Creative is that nobody even asked her to make a website. So you Who cares? also have these proponents that are making up um, legal challenges when there isn't actually a problem to be litigated. This is a scary moment. I think we should all be concerned about the legitimacy of the Supreme Court and protecting our democracy. And I will say that it didn't start this year with a 303 creative decision. It didn't start last year with the Dobbs decision. I think it really did start when Mitch McConnell changed the makeup of the Supreme Court by not moving forward a perfectly legitimate Supreme Court nominee under Obama. There have been mm -hmm. things that have been chipping away at the legitimacy for years. And now we have to call the question, what is it going to take to, res to preserve our democracy and make sure that it represents all of the people? Kelly Robinson, thank you for spending some time. Uh, very salty. Very salty. Okay. Let's see, this was Morning Joe. I forget what this is uh, related to. One second. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right. Rain of Arizona. Oh, yeah. Brought up this guy dared, he said colored people. Proposal to ban the Defense Department from considering race, gender, 
religion, and political affiliations when recruiting, training, promoting, and educating service members. Here's what he said, though, when he took to the floor to defend his measure. My amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve, okay? It has nothing to do with color, your skin, your, any of that stuff. What we want to what we want to preserve and maintain is the fact that our military does not become a social experiment. We want the best of the best. We want to have standards that guide who, who's in what unit, what they do. And I'm going to tell you guys right, right now, the all Russians, right. so, the Chinese, um, the Iranians, all right, so they the took North down Koreans. his words. Let me tell you something. I had somebody ask me because, uh, yes, they didn't grow up in the South, Gene, when I did. Um, said, well, you know, is that just what, what people say behind closed doors? I, I, I can tell you, maybe in the 1960s, but I, I haven't heard in, in polite society or in Sunday school class or behind closed doors in law firms or anywhere else, people using that term. I only bring that up to say that when he goes on the floor, and talks about colored people or what, what yeah. I mean, using that language, that's something, it, it's, it's like that sports guy uh, who, who talked about the Negro League. Uh, you know what, the, those words are, are coming out because obviously they're using it in everyday life. I mean, people oh, make mistakes yeah. all the time. I just, I, that's just a mistake I haven't heard in 50 years in the South. Well, you, you know. Yes, he hasn't heard that for 50 years. Mm -hmm. well, of course, I guess I wouldn't hear it <laughs> if, if it were being said. But, you know, welcome to the 2020s and in the in the MAGA Republican Party. I mean, they have, apparently, um, because, yes, you're right. If, if that comes out on the House floor, then clearly this is the way that guy talks uh, in private conversations. And this is the way that guy thinks, um, uh, which is... Uh, you know, I, shocking, I guess, um, to, to hear it out loud. Um, uh, it, it sort of uh, it, it sort of makes you understand and remember that uh, even paranoids have en enemies, right? And and um, and right. it's not paranoia uh, to think that um, that that there's this kind of frank um, uh, old style racism out there uh, that. Uh, that, that continues even um, all these decades later. I've, I've, I've just got to bring this case up uh, again. Jen, uh, it wasn't so long ago that the Republican parties uh, pulled Steve King from Iowa off of committees and basically uh, ran against him to destroy him because of him doing things so much uh, more moderate. I, I hate to even use the word. So now this is worse than Steve King. Than, than what Trump Republicans are doing every day. It's, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so optimistic about this country. And, you know, we always talk about the MLK uh, quote that MLK liked to say about uh, justice, you know, the arc of history is bending towards justice. They will say, over the past seven, eight years, 
And at least in the Trump wing of the Republican Party, it's taken a massive, wicked, depressing detour. And yesterday was another example of that. I mean, it's 635, and the Republicans are taking my breath away three times already. Uh, it's like, yeah. When we heard that. Trump, the, the, the people in the Biden districts voting for the abortion amendment, and then this man talking about colored people. No. First of all, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I these guys know, Mark and John know, I, am a, I have a big facial reaction person, <laughs> but I was like. Her arms went in the air and me too. I we saw both that clip like, last time, but no. I didn't know what they were talking about. It's just so wild to me. But also, does this man know anything about the American military right now? Because no. it is, I mean, I think it's, the most diverse institution in the United States, if not one of the Who most cares? diverse institutions in the United States. I was on a, yeah. a Navy ship recently where they spoke, one of the officers there spoke, spoke so proudly of the diversity in their ship and how everyone's oh, from yeah. a different part yeah, of the country really and they all make it work and learn uh -huh. from each other. I mean, this man, so not only is it, you know, from the 50s, 60s, and racist, but also just shows his ignorance well, about because, how the military operates that's today. Because he, that's because he would say, uh, you think that that's laudable diversity. He would say that just proves that the military has become a woke social experiment. That's like that diversity is not to be admired. Yeah, to we, be, DEI. Like, that, that's a, that, those guys are obviously that type. You think that's great? We got to fix this. But this, that needs to be oh, that, that, oh, what he wants to say is that he wants to say that ship needs to be a little whiter. Okay. This would be um, his position. So we're going to try and take your breath away a fourth time. Oh, and God. coming up, we're going to talk about the DeSantis campaign. Coming up. It's so funny to watch liberals pretend that they don't call people niggers in traffic. Uh, you know they all have. There's no question about it. But now they're like, I haven't heard this since the 50s. <laughs> okay. All right, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, and you didn't kill your intern either. Okay. Let's have a look. Oh, Charlie Kirk's is TYT. Charlie Kirk says prominent black women took white people's spots. You really have to wonder. In fact, you know, if, if we would have said three weeks ago, Blake, if we would have said that Joy Reid and Michelle Obama and Sheila Jackson Lee and Katanji Brown Jackson were affirmative action picks, we would have been called the racist. But now they're coming out and they're saying it for us. They're coming out and they're saying, I'm only here because of affirmative action. Yeah, we know. You do not have the brain processing power to otherwise be taken really seriously. You had to go steal a white person's slot to go be taken. Well, Charlie, to be fair, uh, Michelle Obama doesn't have a slot, so that's the only way that, quote-unquote, she can get one. Somewhat seriously, play cut 52. Oh, there's Charlie Kirk going on what I would call an incredibly, I guess, uh, disrespectful would be the least I could say. Racist would be what I would like to say. Um, rant about affirmative action, um, given that it was struck down by the Supreme Court. Y'all already run, won, so I don't know why you're mad, um, but there we go. And um, specifically reacting to the fact that prominent um, black leaders uh, inside of the halls of power, Michelle Obama, former uh, first lady, um, you know, Ketanji Brown Jackson, current Supreme Court Justice, have actually spoken out about how affirmative action helped them get into- Yeah, that's the what he's saying. He's literally repeating what they said. Schools and get them to where they are. Um, but no, he, uh, obviously Charlie Kirk proving um, that, uh, you know, uh, the white people's fifis uh, were, were more important. So here he goes uh, with clip 52 or 25 or whatever it is. Uh, Sheila Jackson Lee talking about her own experience with affirmative action. 
But I rise today as a clear recipient of affirmative action. Yes, we all know, Sheila. We all know. And particularly in higher education. I may have been admitted on affirmative action, both in terms of being a woman and a woman of color. But I can declare that I did not graduate on affirmative action. This is my personal story. I, I hear because of action affirmative. She can't even say that. <laughs> we know. We know. It's very obvious to us that you were not smart enough to be able to get in on your own. I couldn't make it on my own, so I needed to make take opportunities from someone more deserving. You know, this is how arrogant Joy Reid and Katanji Brown-Jackson and Michelle Obama and Sheila Jackson-Lee are. They're so narcissistic, they think this is persuasive. Yes, spoken like alert. a man who dropped out of junior college himself. Um, there yeah, but he, he's not in the halls of Congress? Genius. we go, y'all. That was the, just that beautiful specimen. Take it away. Okay, can I go? Here we go. Please. Oh, here we go. This is an, a, a yes. big example of the complete misunderstanding of what affirmative action is for, why it was there, what it does about our previous life and our previous, our history, which of course, as we've seen much legislation, specifically in Ron DeSantis's Florida, to cover that up. Because if you uh, That's not true. Actually understand the history of our country and the systemic racism that's been around since the beginning that remains today, you'd understand why it's there. So apparently, according to them, affirmative action is only based off people who don't deserve it, aren't qualified, are too stupid, can't make it. Because they're ignoring the fact that the system has held people back. So if you can't get in, but the people that are admitting people that are in hate you because of who you are, that's not not being smart enough. That's being discriminated against by the people that talk like this guy that like to say, you can't do what white White people can do because you're an effing racist, number one. Uh, number two, if it's taking a white person's spot, you're admitting that you've already put white people in these places before they're there. How do you know that they're qualified? How do you know they're smart enough? It doesn't matter, they're white. Well, there, there are ways that they figure that out. But you're arguing that then we have to say, yes, even though the white person would qualify, we have to take their spot away and give it to someone that did not actually qualify. So that would be bullshit. Um, and they pretend, this is the thing, like when you look at uh, Kentenji Brown-Jackson, a lot of this is they pretend, oh, we just want to give black people an opportunity. No, they want to put black communists in positions of power. They hate Clarence Thomas. They're trying to remove him with all these bullshit scandals. Then you're like, oh, he went on a boat trip with a guy that has a Hitler statue and all this fucking ridiculous bullshit. They, they want obedient people that will go along with the leftist narrative. Uh, if it's a conservative that's highly qualified, they are not interested at all, and they will do all that they can to sabotage that person. You said it. I didn't. If it's their spot and not someone else's, you've given it to them before you've ever met them. How do you know they're qualified? It's the same reason why you say all these black folks are unqualified because they benefited from it. And you notice which Supreme Court justice he didn't say benefited from affirmative action, who effing did? Mm -hmm. The guy who agrees with everything that everybody on the Republican side and you sort of tell him to agree with. Weird how that guy wasn't a part of the affirmative action too. JR, I think, is very sensitive of the fact that Cenk uh, gave him a job, I think, out of pity. And so he doesn't like that.
stupid to make it, but he was still beneficial from it. But what he did do was pull that ladder away once he was in that position so no one else can make it. And then they go, congratulations, let's pat him on the top of the head. Good job, brother. And by the way, this last flex that he's talking about, how uh, they're too stupid to get in, oh my God, they don't understand it. Bro, everything you say is the most projection type of sentence that it could be put out there. <laughs> but still, ironically, you're too stupid to get that part. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I want to say a number of different things here. Number first of all, when he said they don't have the mental power, uh, I man, I loathe this guy, dude. Good. I, Good. I almost never bring up that he uh, didn't go to college, right? Charlie Kirk did. Who cares? And then he was trying to influence kids in college. That's why. Fuck college. Who cares? His organization was set up in the first place. But when you're a preschool graduate. Don't come and talk about these uh, women that way, okay? He can say whatever he wants, baboon. Sheila Jackson Lee graduated from Yale University and then went on to law She's school. She's still retarded. It doesn't matter what she graduated from. Joy Reid is a fucking retard. And is incredible. You know, if you were putting in impressive people in front of us, then we'd be like, hey, look, they're, they're at least finding the talent and, and they're elevating them. And hey, you know, but no, 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 no. They want obedient people. That will do exactly what they want. No Clarence Thomases. They hate that motherfucker. We accomplished. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson graduated magna cum laude from Harvard University. She can't even define what a woman is. And cum laude from Harvard Law School. And she has a thing about being light on pedophiles. So I really don't care how she graduated. None of that matters to me. So I'm going to pause there. Cum laude sounds like a porno. I mean, what the fuck do I care about? Cum laude. So let's say that she got in because of affirmative action. She said that she did. Magna cum laude at Harvard. Charlie, give it a shot. See how it turns out for you, okay? Mm -hmm. Why does Charlie have to do it? That's not what we're talking about. That means once she went to Harvard, she killed it. Yeah. Okay. She did so mm -hmm. much better I'm sure. than the other students. And it goes on and on for all those students. But it, it never works in convincing the Charlie Kirks of the world because he's a natural born racist. <laughs> so he's like, oh, magna That's, cum laude. So we got outright racists, and then we got natural born racists. That's amazing. That's that means she natural outworked everyone and was smarter than everyone at Harvard. But she's not white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Loser. Barely made it out of preschool. Look how angry it makes them. Charlie Kirk is making them this angry. That's fantastic. If you learn something, then you might understand how things work in the world. And they always do this. Barack Obama, he's the head of the Harvard Law Review. Head of the Harvard Law Review is basically, head of the Law Review in any school is means you're the top student. So he got it. Barack Obama is an elevated commie. That's all he is. He's an elevated commie. They're affirmative action. And that became number one. That's an argument for yeah. affirmative action, not against affirmative action. And by the way, I don't even believe in affirmative action, and he almost convinced me that I should. Okay, so this guy's so disgusting. And then I think Jr. just did that. Yeah, well, that too. And by the way, another one of our hosts, Rashad Ritchie, brilliant uh, op-ed <laughs> on affirmative action in favor of it. Rashad Ritchie, brilliant. That's hilarious. Checking out on rollingout.com, okay? Hey, we're so, still waiting for that debate with Jared Taylor, the IQ debate. We knew that was never happening. That was one of the funniest clips ever. He was like, 
what's your IQ? And Jared Taylor's like, I don't know. He's like, well, mine's higher than yours. <laughs> oh, now, look, guys, I, I got a unique opinion on it. I, I, I think that what I hate is that rants like that, of course, doesn't work on rational Who's people like us. But water? it devalues all of our accomplishments, all minorities. No, all no, no, it devalues the accomplishments of retards. I mean, certainly, and I think Vivek had an actual good point about this. The uh, affirmative action shit does make it where if you have a black person that actually did the work and got in, there are going to be other people that assume he's affirmative action. But yeah, that, you know, talk to the leftists about that. That's that would be who, who to consult for that one. But that, yeah, that happens. Vivek was talking about it. And yeah, but you know, but again, this is not about any of that. This is not about elevating black people. This is about power and putting politically obedient people into places. That's all this is about. All accomplishments, and I loathe that they get uh, that they say things like that about all of us. And then, unfortunately, for a lot of people in America, it works. Okay, so but that's another conversation and a much larger one. But last thing, so Michelle Obama, he mentions her, and I was like, she took a white person's slot. <laughs> I'm like, why was that? Well, she doesn't have a slot of her own, Shank. There was a whole audition process. <laughs> but I, of course, in reality, it's not about being first lady. She went to Princeton University. That's because, and law school at Harvard. You know how you get in law school for at Harvard? By doing really great at Princeton. Right. Okay. Yeah. And she was at a gifted school for high school students. You know why? Because she's gifted. Mm, very gifted. And gifted with a magnificent feminine penis. All that. <laughs> Charlie Kirk and the right wing does here is damage their own cause. Because anybody that watches that goes, well, if that racist piece of crap is against affirmative action, then I must be for it. <laughs> so nicely played, Charlie Kirk, you moron. <laughs> Thanks for watching the young man. They were pissed off at that. That's pretty funny. Oh, here's the uh, he used a slur. Colored people is my a amendment slur. has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve. Okay. It has nothing to do with color of <coughs> any of that stuff. What we want to what we want to preserve and maintain is the fact that our military does not become a social experiment. So that was Representative Eli Crane of Arizona speaking to his amendment uh, to the National Defense Authorization Act uh, using the term "colored people." That's right. Uh, the year 2023, and right out of. Jim Crow. Um, so he uh, apparently said that he misspoke. He was asked for comment. He said he misspoke. Shouldn't the NAACP change their fucking abbreviation then? They're allowed to use it? Spoke. <laughs> um, but immediately after um, he misspoke, uh, Representative Beatty uh, did not let him um, sort of, she didn't miss a beat to interject and have what he said stricken. Take a look. I'd like to be recognized to have the words colored people stricken uh, from the record. I find it offensive no one cares. and very inappropriate. Chime in my comments to people of color. Mr. Speaker, to have the word stricken. I didn't ask for an amendment. Is there unanimous consent to have the have the word stricken? Yes. Without objection, so ordered. Without objection, so ordered. Could I could I get a do over? Could I get a quick do over? No, no do overs. Okay, okay. Yeah. Don't ever um, apologize to these people. Never apologize. So right, uh, it was stricken from the record unanimously. Um, Kevin McCarthy actually was asked about Eli Crane's um, uh, comments there, and this is what he had to say. 
speaking of Congress in Ukraine, what is your reaction to his remarks yesterday on the floor of front to African Americans as color? I know he said that he misspoke, but is that acceptable? That's not acceptable. I'll take him at his word that he misspoke. I have never heard him use that before. So you'd have to ask him about that. I've never heard him use that word before. That was an interesting sort of like, hey, behind closed doors, he doesn't say this. So um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. <laughs> uh, but Jane, he's Jane, the least racist person you'll ever meet. Are. <laughs> well, it almost it almost implies that that others do. Like he's like, oh right, him. Right, right. No, I haven't heard him say it. But ask me about no. 28 other guys. Okay, and I like. Don't ask him about immigrants though, because he's got <laughs> other choice words. Yeah. Um, I like the excuse of he misspoke. Like at first I was like misspoke how, like did you mean coloring people? Because well, when you said nigger like a hundred times, did you misspeak, Chank? How about that? How about that? That video is all over the internet. <laughs> like to color things in. What do, you, what do you mean? How did you misspeak? It's not like it's like I meant to say black and I said colored people. Uh, I like his cover up though of like well people of color is what I meant really because that's kind of oh, that's almost a respectful term. And it didn't look like you were going in that direction, okay? And so, now look, I'm the last guy to say, uh, you know, bash people for misspeaking. So uh, that's exactly what you're doing right now, retard. Question is, did he misspeak or did he not misspeak? Because if he misspoke, okay, it's terrible, awful, but all right, we're we're gonna survive, right? But no, I don't think he misspoke. I think he did it to get attention because that's the game that's being played in Congress right now. Who's gonna say something more outrageous? more awful, more hideous to get more media attention. And then go, oh, golly gee, did I say that word? Well, I guess I must have misspoken. So, and how do I know that? Now, of course, nobody knows for 100% certainty. But listen to the other things he was saying. He was saying like this idea of diversity and inclusion. What are we doing, social experiments now? Okay. Yeah, well, it is a social experiment. So, gee, I wonder which one he meant. Yeah, yeah, it's the thought process. So, okay, so no one really knows, but in my mind, misspeaking is when you know President Obama was in office and then Osama bin Laden was around. And sometimes people would say Obama, Osama. It sounds very close to the same, obviously, right? But in this particular case, yo, we don't fully know. Kevin McCarthy said even like I don't know what's in his heart. So again, fine. But let's go off of the things that he's going with. He's looking to push this kind of legislation, which again is very discriminatory and outcasts certain people. So meritocracy is discriminatory. Let's take it for that part. Sure, the misspeaking, we can show as an illustration as to why that's his thought process. But let's go and get to the meat and potatoes of what it is that he's trying to do and why he's trying to do it. Maybe, 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 if you ever hung around folks, maybe a little more diversity around you, you would know, maybe not have that issue of mis- can hang out with whoever the fuck he wants to. Speaking and calling them colored folks instead of people of color. Well, he, like he didn't say colored folks that so it's still it goes back to the same thing from earlier maybe by the way this is such bullshit it's obviously not a slur because no one's beeping it out they're all saying it if you surround yourself with people or you are exposed to other people who are different than you you'll pick up on some of the things that people say where they come from and why you don't do or say certain things and that leads you to be this weird thing which is a better person an american that actually gets along with <laughs> uh, you're a commie uh, that you know nothing of that other folks and actually has a surrounding of Americans, this melting pot of different cultures that we continue to try and separate and make and act like it doesn't really exist. It's, it's just the yeah. process, it's the approach, it's on purpose. Can I just say uh, one you, quick thing for Annie? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I, the whole stricken from the record thing is a tiny point, but I always find it funny. Like, 
we all heard it. What difference does it make if you struck it from the record? But they take it so seriously. Yeah. It is now stricken from the record. It does not exist. Except for I mean, the I say leave it in, right? You know, yeah. I mean, to remind us of the fact that we have progressed so little that people are still saying colored people, right? right? We've progressed so little. This this issue, the guy said colored people, shows that we have not progressed. Um, I do want to get to those meat and potatoes uh, just idiots. briefly. What was the amendment Crane was pushing? And it's exactly what we've been talking about. So it prohibits and it passed the Defense Department from considering race, gender, religion, political affiliations, or any other ideological concepts as the sole basis for recruitment, training, education, promotion, or retention decisions. Sure, because that existed, the sole basis. We all have heard of that. Um, the military, this is what he says, and pay attention, was never intended to be, you know, inclusive. Its strength is not diversity, its strength it's, is its standards, said Crane, who is also a combat veteran. Um, must have been real popular. Um, I feel like the opposite of its strength is not its diversity is strength, uh, diversity is a weakness. And I think that that's what a lot of coded GOP language is around anti-woke stuff, which I would just openly call racist. It's Good. racist no uh, legislation. Excellent. And to say that it, oh, our strength is not our diversity is another way of saying, no, we should all be the same. And uh, you know, we're, we're kind of flirting with Nazism here. Like we're flirting oh, with the, all sort so of falling in line. now any opposition to their commie bullshit is Nazism. Okay, whatever, you got a deal. Being the same religion, being of the same social call class. Whatever uh, you want, I don't give a shit. It's funny, it's hilarious. You call people Nazis for disagreeing with your commie bullshit, that's fucking retarded. Um, and, and I just wanna, you know, uh, go, go to uh, Representative Stephen Horsford, who echoed what JR just mentioned by the fact that you even said colored people, whether a mistake or not, uh, says a lot. Take yeah. a look. Just an hour ago oh, on this here we go. very floor, here we go. one of the members on the other side of this body said his amendment, quote, had nothing to do whether colored people or black people can serve, unquote. Mr. Speaker, these comments show exactly why we need diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclu inclusion initiatives. Every day our military grows more diverse, more and more reflecting the diversity of our nation. This amendment does nothing to address the recruitment shortfalls that our services are facing. And instead it will only make it more difficult to recruit Americans on diverse backgrounds representing the true makeup of our nation. What are you so afraid of? Why do you keep bringing these divisive issues to the body of this floor? <laughs> what a clown. You are out of order. You are exhausting this game. No what a clown. Uh, what are you so afraid of, JR? I'm pretty sure you just said that. <laughs> what are they so afraid of? Yeah, others. Yeah, teams. so look, I want to address the diversity thing. Um, so the Republicans have started to say this, uh, and the first guy to say it was Tucker Carlson. And I remember thinking like, wow, he said that on TV. Like, yep. now they're going like to the f a complete and uh, extreme end of the spectrum. There's no coded words left, there's nothing left anymore. This guy's bringing colored people back, right? This crazy uh, Eli Crane guy. So let me do a tiny bit of ode to diversity. And now by that I mean every type of diversity. Like if you're trying to, I, I put together a lot of teams, whether it's in media, politics, business, etc. And if you're not aiming for diversity of thought, 
you are really damning that project. What There's no diversity of thought at TYT. Whatever that project is, because the more diversity of thought there is, the better off the team is going to be. And everybody knows this from like everyday life. Like if you watch basketball, right? What do you need? You need all shooters. There's a lot of teams that go for all shooters, and they're all oh, disasters. Bunch of bullshit. You know, you know why? You need diversity. So in the old days, you used to all go for big men, right? And they were disasters. No, you need a big man. You need a, somebody getting rebounds. You need a shooter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? And so that brings strength to a team. And everybody understands that concept when you say it about sports, right? <laughs> Is it also true on on racial grounds? Well, again, let's stick with basketball. In the old days, they thought having racial diversity would hurt the team. Holy shit! How'd that turn out? And I'll tell you how it turned out. One of the legendary games was. Did that get picked? I imagine that got picked up on the mic. The refrigerator yelled at me when I closed the door. That's a hell of a thing. That never happened before. That was kind of creepy. In college basketball, and Kentucky was like the greatest team, and, like and an but back then it was segregated, so they had all white. Uh, team and they finally decided they were going to play a black team uh, and uh, and they like thought well all right we'll do the kids a favor here <laughs> and well we'll show them you don't need diversity right of course as you know how this story is going to and they got their ass handed to them and everybody was like what it turns out these guys are good at basketball I mean it sounds hilarious now right but that's what every time what people say when they argue against diversity. Oh, we don't need blacks in the military. We don't need gay people in the military. What would you do with that kind of diversity? And he's literally saying it in the year 2023 now. I mean, yeah, it's sure insanity. And it's an argument, honestly, for resegregation. I mean, that's sort of where we're headed, right? Well, you started it with this fucking segregation in the colleges, and you defended it. So that's what you get. And yeah. people, the civil rights movement. I mean, I know folks who were like conscientious, conscientious objectors, but then also organized to like deseg desegregate the stockade when they were, you know, held for not going to war. I mean, like there is a long history. We're just rolling it all back. Thanks for watching the young. And that would be the leftist fault. Um, so now, I I do think there is, um, I guess, criticism to the way Elon Musk did this. Now, I have no problem. Like, if I can't get monetized on Twitter, so be it. It is what it is. Um, but that's different than this ad sharing thing. It looks like the ad sharing is going to be rolled out and you have to get 5 million impressions uh, uh, three months in a row to qualify. <clears throat> I'm going to take a shot at it. If I get approved for subscriptions, which is a different thing, I'm still waiting for that approval. Now, if I don't make five million, I don't make five million, and that's how it goes. Those are the rules. That's a lot. Five million's a lot. Like, you got to be, you got to like really, you know, it's it's going to be difficult. But if that's how it, if those are the rules, those are the those are the rules. I don't have a problem with that. Now, there is some criticism you could levy at the way this was rolled out because myself and others pointed out how. It wasn't organic. It looked like a coordinated rollout. Now I don't necessarily have a problem with, you know, you you like I understand. So Elon Musk, you got this bullshit uh, threads company that's competing with you. So strategically, it makes total sense for Elon Musk to roll out. Hey, we're going to be paying people with ad revenue like YouTube. So here are the first twenty or thirty people. This is how much they're getting as like a fuck you to threads. That I have no problem with. 
the issue is the way it was rolled out when people on the internet and you're never going to get shit like this past people on the internet they will pick it off in two seconds people immediately started noticing hey why are all these people at the exact same time in the exact same way all posting the same thing and using the same phrase related to transparency and then you had motherfuckers like Ian Miles Chong trying to pretend oh no no that's nothing you're crazy don't what are you doing what are you doing so anyway that part i think is you know legitimate criticism as far as like it was obviously you know coordinated um with that said i i think it's interesting that uh that twitter is going to do this i i wish they would uh you know allow people to speak freely and they wouldn't censor at all uh with that said if 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 you get approved you know if, if now i haven't seen has anyone like that's really good gotten approved I, I didn't really see that it's just it seems like a lot of the bigger people but not necessarily like i don't think anyone super based got approved um so hopefully that happens at some point it gets rolled out to like anyone not anyone but like i understand they have to have limits because uh, there's probably not enough ads to go around, although I don't understand how it works. Although, the whole thing, frankly, seems to be, like, you take Krasenstein, he made 25 Gs, and it wasn't a month, it was since February. <clears throat> You're telling me, this is where I think this whole thing is, is a house of cards. You're telling me that the advertisers got 25 grand worth of business over those few months like, I remember when I was getting ad revenue on YouTube, and it was, in the beginning, I knew, the numbers were so crazy, I was like, this is not sustainable, and I was like, there's no way that this is going to last, and it didn't last. Um, but there's no way, like, if someone gets five grand in a month, you're telling me the advertisers that are paying that money are getting that much business to make it worth it? Is there something, maybe I don't understand how it works, which is very possible, but, like, that seems, like, ridiculous. But, I mean, fuck it. I'd take it if they're going to do it. Um, you know, as long as there's no bullshit, uh, you know, contract or something like that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, yeah, the qualifications are different for uh, ad revenue than they are for subscriptions. So maybe there's some bullshit I'm not aware of where I would uh, decline it. But anyway, now you got the Taylor Lorenz. Now, she's pissed because she probably wouldn't have got... She would have gotten a solid check. Although, she's very rich, so I, I don't even think she cares. But anyway, so now the media narrative is Elon Musk is paying right-wing bigots. Even though one of the people that got paid, Brian Krasenstein, is a literal leftist AIDS commie propagandist who I believe is paid by Midas Touch. So they don't. it's funny that they're going to throw him under the bus. So here we go. For most people signing into Twitter these days, the best thing that you can hope for, I guess, is a little bit of anger, worst case scenarios, depression, a complete loss of faith in humanity. But that's not true for everyone. Some people logging into Twitter this week are finding a nice little boost. Specifically, right wing posters that Elon Musk is obsessed with are finding checks. They're being given by the richest man in the world thousands of dollars for posting on the website that he owns. Good, it's called ad revenue. It's what you get with YouTube, retard. Uh, the first beneficiaries of what is being pitched as a new ad revenue sharing plan are high profile far right influencers who tweet, um, far right you know, they've hilarious. been tweeting what they've earned. Uh, Ian Miles Chong, Benny Johnson, Ashley St. Clair all talking about their earnings. An account called End Wokeness 
said that they made $10,419 for, I don't know, a, a day of content, a week of content, a month of content. Nobody actually knows how this works. Again, they do know how it works. It's from February. It's from when he said he, it would be done. So that would be February. Because it is as arbitrary as it seems. And it, by the way. No, it's not arbitrary, it's from February has nothing to do with threads coming out. It has nothing to do with people leaving the service, nothing to do with him being worried that the people that he is a reply guy to on a daily basis might ever abandon him. Now, it's not just the accounts that we've mentioned. Andrew Tate apparently has made $20,000, a nice boost for him as he faces the human trafficking and rape charges that he's currently facing. An account called DC Drano made $7,000. After he acknowledges previously being banned prior to Elon Musk taking over for spreading election denial lies. Good, that's good. They're very salty about this. Now, not in response to this guy, but in response to a different one, another person I've never heard of before. Elon Musk says, you're welcome. This is not in response to competitors. I announced we would do this in February. Sorry it took so long to roll out. It is only right that content creators are rewarded for their contributions. Now that is not 100% wrong. He has for a few months been saying that they're going to do some sort of revenue thing. Where if they do ads on your posts or in the replies, you can make some money. So there is an element of truth there. The idea that this has nothing to do with the fact that over 100 million people signed up for, for threads in the first week though is utterly absurd. There has thus far been no indication of any sign up <laughs> process for this. I haven't seen anyone who is not a far right grifter who has earned thousands of dollars this. It appears again you can sign up if you qualify, which you have to have three months at five million impressions, and Krasenstein is a leftist retard. Appears to be, and until I see evidence, I'm going to assume that it is what it seems to be. He has chosen the accounts that he likes, and he has decided I'm just going to throw thousands of dollars at them as a treat. Well, he's allowed to if that's what he wants to do, but that's not really the criteria. And they'll probably love him even more. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, so first of all, John's right, they're almost all right-wingers. So, oh, I am objectively helping creators. First of all, if you did it based on impact, you probably wouldn't get any political people. You might get sports people, etc. No, it's super obvious you're picking all the guys who were like retweeted you. It's a private company, he can do what he wants. It's hilarious, okay? Mm -hmm. I think I saw one set like the Krasenstein brothers or something. Who are massive Elon Musk supporters now. Oh, if yeah. you don't oh, know that. Oh, really, like, huh? They, like, they still technically like, like the Democrats or whatever, but they love Elon Musk. Yeah, guys, he's literally paying people to like him, literally. He's buying friends. Okay, so now uh, to give you a sense of how Bitch, you took all that money from Google. Go fuck yourself. Unsustainable this is. And what By the way, when did that, you, you never, they gave you like $800,000 to do some sort of gay journalist uh, academy. You never did it. Terrible business idea it is. Um, there's two things I have to tell you. Number one, I know the numbers, right? I run a digital media company, so uh, I know exactly how this type of stuff works. Paying 10,000 to 20,000 for a bunch of tweets. <laughs> that is totally unsustainable. Like if he did that as a real business practice and he paid it everybody on Twitter proportionally what he paid those guys, 
the $44 billion would be nothing compared to what he'd have to pay the creators, mm -hmm. right? First like, of all, YouTube pays a fuck ton of money to creators with ad revenue. There's that is there's no He's way basically the, doing the same thing and they act like it's a right-wing conspiracy theory world you could afford that it, it would sink the company immediately overnight right so these payments are totally out of proportion to the value that those guys created which then just kind of again comes back to He's paying people to like him. It's one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. That, is, you're a, a that is a this is a very retarded narrative. Is this person so so Susan Wojcicki paid you to like her? I mean, this is fucking retarded. You don't know that a bunch of tweets, no matter how many impressions they got, are almost never going to be worth ten thousand dollars, let alone per month. Let alone another pretending to not understand how internet advertising works. Twenty thousand to the rapist, dude. Sorry, alleged rapist. Okay, so okay, you're a pedophile defender, so whatever. Now the last part of it is. So now that you've done this, and again, I run a business, so I've seen this happen, and you gave it to some people, but not others. No, 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 no. Here's what's going to happen next, and it's already begun to happen. I saw it today. Uh, First thing is, all the people on the left go, wait, wait, where's our money? What the hell? Oh, you're so bad. Ah. And then people in the mainstream media, they don't say it, but they're like, ah, because mm -hmm. they see that their tweets get more impressions than the rando Romanian rapist, right? So that's a lie. That's He's just completely lying. These people get way more impressions than the corporate media. And the Drano dude or whatever, and they're like, Argh. but they mainstream media won't say that. They'll just write super crappy articles about you. Okay, so that's coming down the pike. But that's not that all those two factors are not the most damaging. The most damaging is other right wingers who didn't get paid. And now, and I've seen it in the beginning of it, they're gonna rip his face off. You'd be like, where's my money? Yeah. You know, why did Drano get it? But I'm Clorox and I didn't get it. And I hate <laughs> trans people even more than they do. Where's my money? And then he's gonna be like, oh, he's gonna panic and he's gonna give a little bit there and a little bit there. And then the next thing that's gonna happen is people are gonna say, wait a minute, that guy got more than me. I want just as much as him. Until everyone wants $20,000 a month. And then they're going to withdraw the program. Then the guys he gave the money to, they're going to be mad that they're not getting the money. Why would they withdraw the program? You're, you're, you're just an idiot. It's really that simple. Money anymore. So good news for people who don't like Elon Musk or Twitter, pandemonium is about to break out. Right. There. You know, I was actually going to say that exact same thing. He now has set the precedent where the, the first little weirdos that he's paid, he's going to have to keep paying them that or they will turn against him and start right. whining and yeah. complaining. Uh -huh. And you, you, that was brilliant about all everybody else getting mad too. But I've been saying for years, and I've been saying it on Twitter, which I'm, I'm barely doing anything on Twitter anymore just because it, it's not fun anymore. Good. But go fuck yourself. This is a big reason why people need to stop signal boosting some of these weirdos all over Twitter. There are yep. so no, they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. If they find something interesting, they're going to signal boost. So many people who I know who they are and I shouldn't know who they are, but I only know who they are because people on the left want to start fights with them or they want to rebut them. Let it go. You're not I think you should go somewhere else. Not changing people's minds. You might get in a fun thing. Go to the homosexual social media site where you're not allowed to talk about politics. You're every now and then, but stop it. Especially now. He said, stop it. 
Stop it. Stop talking. Fuck you. Because now you're giving these people maybe thousands of dollars. So don't do it anymore. <clears throat> if you They're going to keep doing it. They can't help themselves. This is fucking great. I, I hope it can be rolled out to as many people as possible. You withdraw if you bite your tongue every now and then and by God, I do it every time I log into that app. Let them go. Yeah. Just let them bark in the dark and then it won't be an Economies issue. Economies have no self-control. It's brilliant. You anymore. So many people need to learn that lesson. But the second thing is that there's no accountability with any of this. You know, no one has to be held accountable to your bullshit Democrat standards. You have no authority. It, the whole thing is made up. With with YouTube, with Facebook, all of these other uh, uh, websites where you post to and you get paid for it, there's algorithms. You can log into your back end. You see your RPM, your CPM, your impression rate, your click through rate. You know who is doing what to your stuff and it's all accountable. You can add it all up and it's right there. With this, this is Elon Musk just saying, you know what, uh, Andrew Tate, again, who I wouldn't know. Again, total bullshit that this is all getting rolled out. Oh, if people on the left hadn't retweeted him, uh, 20 grand, here you go. By the way, I, I don't know if that's true because I can log in and look at analytics. I'm pretty sure, I imagine the people that signed up for ads or that got approved at least have analytics. 20 grand, he's making it up as he goes. And like Cenk said, Cenk said it's, it's not sustainable. How you do are- you know? You don't know anything about their books? And some of these numbers, uh, it's it's over like six months. Wait, February, March, April, June, June. Yeah, it's like five months. It's like five months of money. Setting yourself up for the ultimate failure, and it's going to be the funniest thing in the world when this blows up in your face. And I, I, I don't think... So far, it's going good. I mean, and I think normal people, now that they see this, are motivated to post more and to use the platform. More than a month down the road, before we see that massive explosion of this blowing up yeah, in his face. Maybe. Uh, by the way, if you thought that there were there would be some- Frankly, and like I said, I, I don't trust Musk, uh, Musk. I don't know long-term what he's gonna do. But if he somehow, even for one year, made it so we could uh, have uh, like it was on YouTube in 2017, that would be a fucking game changer. I don't, I'm not saying I think that's going to happen, but you know, these, these are incremental steps towards that. Like there are things happening that are having its head in that direction. The only problem is some of the censorship and this Yaccarino bitch, this World Economic Forum bitch. So, you know, but it, if he could somehow pull off ad revenue like YouTube used to have it, my God, that would be crazy. Something that Elon Musk could do to make this even more ridiculous. Bear in mind, of course, he is an innovator. He's a genius. He will come up with a way. So uh, this is only for verified people, obviously. Uh, verified. They're not verified, but they do pay dollars to uh, Elon Musk. This is like basically like well, multi-level. Again, the, the payment information verifies the account, fucker. Marketing right now. Uh, in particular, only verified people contribute to this. Uh, they he are also- so salty about this. So by the way, it's ads in your replies that verified people are seeing. But one of the big advertised benefits of being verified is that you see less ads. So that's a weird combination right there. <laughs> um, also, he's 
like by the way, I don't know if you've looked at his replies today in the last couple of days. He is nonstop tweeting about threads. So again, the idea that this is not about threads, he cannot stop tweeting about it. He uh, threads he said, has no shot. Sticks has had good coverage about threads. It's pretty much over. He replied to someone who was like, "Well, you know, if if leftists or Democrats want the money, they just need to make accounts and do verified." Exactly. So first of all, exactly. Bitch, if you want the money, follow the fucking rules, commie. Follow the rules. I have no problem following the rules. Is it unlikely that I'll ever get approved for it? Absolutely. Do do I think that it's likely I'll be able to average five million impressions a month? No. But those are the rules. So I'm gonna I, I, if I get approved for subscriptions, I will give it a shot. And if I make it, great. And if not, whatever. We're we're gonna be fine regardless. But it's his site. He can decide what the rules are. And and we'll see. But they hate having to follow the rules. This is fucking great watching these people. Sim, uh, uh, um, not simmer. What's the word? Seethe. They're seething about this. That this guy took over a site that they had control of. Did give it. Did give control of it to the right. You know, like I said, there are negatives, certainly. It's not a perfect place, but it's a lot better. You know, the For You section is not total AIDS. For me, I mean, I, I don't know. Each person's might be different. Um, it's not bad. I mean, it's... I, I usually, when I go through... I prefer, like, the chronological order, the the, the, the raw feed, and I, I mainly use that. But a couple times a day, I check the For You section, and there's usually a couple tweets in there that I missed that I thought were interesting or from accounts that I I'm, I'm not following that I thought were interesting. I mean, it's to me, it's not bad at all. It's not bad. So and it, hopefully it gets better. And uh, there's not a lot of AIDS. There's a little bit of AIDS. There's a little bit of leftist stuff in there, but I don't mind that. You know, sometimes David Pakman shows up. Um, but yeah, that's better than it used to be. Are we supposed to pretend that this is just like the invisible hand of the market? You changed the algorithm no, to no, boost fucker, it. fucker, fucker, fucker. We deserve it to be rigged in our favor in every way for at least the next five years. After five years of everything being completely rigged in our favor, then you can come to me and and we can talk about possibly having it back in a neutral place. Right-wing accounts, and now you're paying them for being right-wing accounts that you boosted already, utterly absurd. And I will also point out, we have made the case to people for quite a while that right-wingers exist and many people become right-wingers to get paid by millionaires and billionaires. And that was always at least mildly abstract. We're done with that now. It is literally just the richest right-winger in the country, in the world, writing checks to right-wing grifters. Good, I hope he starts writing checks to the dissident right. I don't think he will. I have no illusions about that. But good, It'll, he can write checks to whoever he wants. To sustain them. And it's definitely gonna make some people want to, to do that so that they can get the checks. It's now totally out in the open. They're bragging about it. The, the, the entire infrastructure, the entire right-wing economy that they've created. Yeah, so uh, what's funny is that uh, all these right-wing uh, sites popped up, Parler, Grifter, whatever they are, right? True Social, obviously. Rumble. And uh, Rumble. And, and none of them worked because it was just. Rumble doesn't work. <laughs> what are you talking about? Rumble has had huge streams 
with hundreds of thousands of people watching. What are you talking about? Rumble doesn't work? Yo, this is so fantastic to watch them seethe over this. Conservatives like ragging on people, but there was nobody else. Um, now, ironically, Musk is turning Twitter into true social or getter. I, I, good. The ones that didn't work. He spent $44 billion to turn it into a way crappier site. Good. Go to your homosexual threads. This is the beauty. They can't. You know what type of people these are? These are like these dumb bitches, like in school, where uh, they were just ridiculous. Uh, and like maybe they had a little bit of control over things socially. But then a bunch of you just decided, you know what, fuck these bitches. We're going to go do our own thing. And as soon as you leave, they're like, hey, hey. And then they try to do what you're doing. And you're like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? That's what they're like. So they are going to pretend to be over on threads. They will never stop posting on Twitter. These, this is one thing. Just like how commies, they can't follow rules. Here's another thing that it's impossible for them to do. It is impossible for them to leave us alone. Impossible. They can't leave anyone alone. So this is brilliant. This is brilliant. They will not. So not only do they have no self-control, not only will they not leave us alone, but apparently some people are going to get paid over the fact that leftists can't leave us alone. My only thing is hopefully they can pay as many people as possible and not just these top 20 people. But hey, this is how it goes. I do think what all of these accounts have in common is they have large reach. I do think there is a rhyme or reason to um, these accounts from the standpoint of reach. I do think they have lots of impressions. I've not seen a small account get it. Uh, it's it's all these super large accounts. And look, that's how it goes. That's, this is advertising. It's business. It is what it is. You know, I would prefer small accounts. Although, I will tell you, just let people get subscriptions. Because, frankly, the... Look, ad revenue is not, ad revenue is like um, an unsustainable sugar high. Uh, and like, if you catch it in a wave, like some people's life can change over ad revenue. Um, like ad revenue money can change people's lives. There is a whole, they should do a documentary on all these YouTubers when the system was completely out of whack and businesses were getting raped by YouTube. There were people that made life-changing money, millions of dollars off of ad revenue, okay? So, but it's not sustainable. Like there are people who made a fuck ton off of ad revenue who, who are, are now broke, uh, and completely out of commission. Whereas people like myself, we built our uh, our channels uh, off of viewer support. That that's sustainable. Viewer support is sustainable, um, and, and you can you can build a long term um, presence if you go that route. Ad revenue and people got comfortable with ad revenue, and they thought it would always be there. And then the adpocalypse adpocalypse happened. And it's a totally different ball game. People's uh, people are just you know a lot. There's a lot of people out of the game now because they didn't they didn't build uh, amongst the viewership. They relied on YouTube. Um. So you know I don't think I think that like if if you can get it if you can get lucky and get it more power to you. Just don't rely on it because that shit, especially with like these motherfuckers like Greenblatt, he's going to do everything in his power to try to fuck up the ad revenue. 
Because if they get rid of as many advertisers as possible, that ad revenue, you know, it's the same thing, like I said, with, with the adpocalypse. So it's not sustainable. Uh, uh, but it is interesting that now it seems to be on the table for some people, which is, it, it's just not, this is just the complete opposite of what it's been for so many years, that it was always the leftists getting the ad revenue. Now it's kind of like some conservatives, which is interesting. It's not, the, you know, I haven't seen anyone that I'm like, oh, based, that person is, uh, oh, DC Drano seems decent. I don't know a lot about him, but I follow him on Twitter. I, I like his tweets for the most part. I don't know anything about him. Um, the rest of them, like Chong, Chong's a grifter, um, Krasenstein's a grifter, a lot of these guys, the ALXs, I don't, I'm not really, I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, look, if you f can figure out a way to do well on Twitter, more power to you. I don't give a shit. I haven't seen, it's not like they, you know, it's not, now, now I think Styx has a big enough account where, or eventually, I think he could probably qualify. Let's see. Let's see if they approve him. If they approve him, okay. Now, now we're now we're starting to reach, kind of like where you want to go as far as like people with large accounts. Like I, I, it, it, I don't ever expect Elon Musk to do this, but if somehow, like, people that I would consider to be the right people, if they start getting featured dissident right people again i have no illusions because as soon as that happened the adl would be like when they opened the ark of the covenant in in indiana jones and jonathan greenblatt's face would fucking melt there the, they would they would they would probably nuke the world before they allowed something like that to happen but uh, anyway we'll see or app that we know definitively is a bad business model like the more he keeps going, the more it becomes stunning. What a terrible businessman! I, he is. I think it's going pretty good so far, other than the, uh, the the there's still not a commitment to full free speech. Yes, like it's just I've never seen anything like it. But uh, and and look, and personally, I've had you know, I've caught the algorithm multiple times. I just caught it last week with that video about TYT that hit a lot of people. And I was, I'm just blown away by that. Farron, you're brilliant, and like even just in this one hour and all the topics that we've discussed, you have a lot of great ideas. And you're totally- Did he just say Farron Cousins is brilliant? You're <laughs> right, that he's making it up. I was, uh, I thought it was oh hilarious that he's like, we have a proprietary algorithm that has told us how much we should pay them. <laughs> no, you don't. I know those numbers. Those numbers are not from a proprietary You algorithm. don't know his numbers. You're making that up completely. You don't know Elon Musk's numbers. You have no idea. You just picked him out of a hat. But having said all that, Farron, you've never been more wrong uh, than your suggestion of just let it go. Like people on Twitter are going to let it go. Okay? <laughs> Nobody's going to let it go on Twitter. Okay, by the way, I'm not even going to let it go on Twitter. Uh, but in Farron, these days, all there is. Are the clout wars, and everybody wants clout. And the way you get clout is you attack someone that has more followers than you have. Okay, that's the thing I just discovered. No, I disagree. <laughs> I always try to avoid that drama, and it has worked for me with very minimal growth over a very long period of time. <laughs> but part of that is because you're not an interesting person. You're a sighing faggot. No one really wants to watch a sighing faggot. Who wants to watch a man femininely sigh about the news? It's really not a good business model, dude. By the way, follow me on threads. <laughs> well, and by the way, John, I don't have a threads account yet, I don't think. Um, so, John, as soon as I get on there, 
uh, since you will have more followers than me, I'm gonna attack you. I, I can't <laughs> wait and I'm gonna ignore it based on what Farron said. <laughs> See, there you go. And then I'm gonna keep on attacking you until I have more followers. Welcome to the clout wars. Thanks for watching the- Very salty. Okay, now we have, uh, oh, he, see, look, I mean, you got the hair salon owner, you got a judge, you got all this shit. You got, what was the article we just read? Um, oh, a court, yeah, a court ruled that uh, the school could fire a, a lesbian because it was a Catholic school. The tides are turning. So yeah, this is the based hair salon owner that simply had enough. This woman's had enough. Christine Geiger, who is not the woman <laughs> in the photo next to me right now, uh, is the owner of a Michigan hair salon and has declared she that is uh, she is refusing service to members of the transgender community. In fact, she posted this and then later deleted it on Facebook, writing, quote, if a human identifies as anything other than a man or woman, Please seek services at a local pet groomer. Jesus. You are not welcome at this. <laughs> Jesus, that's great. That's fantastic. Salon, period. That's, that's when you know you got a good line. You make a leftist go, Jesus. Or, or that's disgusting. So I don't know why she's this fired up and angry toward the transgender community. Yeah, for no reason at all. Clearly that's a pretty hateful and terrible thing to write. Mm. In her mind, she's just practicing free speech. Correct, that is correct, she is doing that. Um, and uh, I do think that maybe she took the wrong lessons from a recent Supreme Court ruling. We'll get to that in a moment. But you can't just deny service to people uh, because you don't like them and you don't like their identity. Uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You, you, you argued that people, uh, that conservatives and unvaccinated people should be denied service. So she's not uh, uh, denying it based on any of those characteristics. She clearly is denying it if that person requires her to engage in compelled speech, which is one of the key parts of this ruling that you can't force people particularly religious people you can't force them to violate their uh, conscience and that's basically what this is so she's what she's saying is she's not playing the pronoun game and if you want to play the pronoun game go to a groomer a dog groomer uh, in fact, in the state of Michigan, uh, Gretchen Whitmer has signed legislation specifically indicating that businesses cannot discriminate against members of the transgender community. Nonetheless, the post uh, attracted so much negative attention that she eventually deleted it on Facebook uh, and she made the salon's Instagram page private. I'm guessing that there were some negative comments on there in mm. regard to what she had to say. I did find her uh, Instagram page though, which is also set to private and uh, she's touting her fight against the transgender community. She wrote that she will not cave to BS agendas or the hate that hides behind uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Blessed to see the strong ones stepping up and the sheep cowering. Good. Okay, Good. but how does it make you strong to be so offended about the existence of transgender people that you even refuse to provide services for them at your place of business, at your salon. Because a lot of them are acting like fucking assholes. So she's had enough, that's it. This woman, this is a normie woman. She's a normal woman, she's had enough. Christine has had enough. 
Like how are they harming you in any way, shape or form? I don't understand. They are trying to force you to do things that you don't wanna do, simple. Yeah, so this is the problem with the Supreme Court decision where they said, well, creative services are allowed to discriminate and say, hey, my religion or my beliefs say that I should not give you this service. Remember that case was totally fraudulent in that the lady did not actually have a web design company and she did not. So it was not a fraudulent case, it was a real case and a real ruling, nice try. Have customers asking for her services. They just made it up and the Supreme Court was like, whatever, we just wanna rule against these folks and we wanna rule in favor of religious fundamentalism. So they took the case and made this decision. And now here we are and she's a hairdresser and she's going, oh, you know what? Now businesses are allowed to discriminate, I wanna discriminate. So I just don't like these right. people. But okay, so let's let's talk about the Supreme Court ruling. And and you're absolutely right in that like the the story was made up in order to get this case in front of the Supreme Court justices, mm -hmm. right? But there is a distinction, and I feel like that distinction is left out. And for anyone who thinks, oh, this means I could just be a bigot and I can just discriminate against anyone I want. If I don't want to provide services to people because I don't like their identity, I can go ahead and do it. That's not true. So in that ruling, and my understanding is that you can't deny services to a gay couple. However, it is considered compelled speech if you are expected to do something creative that shows support for an ideology that you do not agree with or for an identity you do not agree with. So that is factual, that is what the ruling says. Now having said that, think about how vague that is. What's creative and what's not creative? Yeah, it's true. Is cutting hair creative? How about stop trying to force people to violate their religious beliefs? How about that? A lot of people could argue that it's creative. Is making a cake creative? A lot yep. of people could argue that. But then once you're starting arguing that, oh, you go, you know what? You said baking a cake was creative, potentially, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so is cooking food then, by definition. And so uh, now these people have come into my restaurant and I don't like them. Now here we are back in the civil rights days. Now that was based on race, so I don't like these. And this is all your fault, leftist. Like people coming into my restaurant, I got a creative service called cooking. And so that's it, they're banned from my restaurant. Now I'm not sure they could do it on race here, but they could definitely do it on religion. Okay, and they could definitely use their religion and weaponize it against different groups, including the trans community and, and other parts of the LGBTQ. So like you guys weaponized their identity and used it against conservatives all these years. Oh boy, how the tables turn. And they could say, my religion says to hate you. And hey, I was so creative with that apple pie I made, so you're now you're banned from my restaurant. And now when anybody walks into a restaurant or any other business, a hairdresser, etc., they're like, okay, what are you? Oh, you're trans, you're banned. No. No, 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 this is the thing, I, they're not doing that. They're not saying, what are you? See, the beauty of this is it weeds out the lunatic leftists. Okay, a normal person is gonna go in this salon and be a normal person. And in many instances, that means that there's gonna be no discussion of politics or sexuality or anything. Okay, so that person's not gonna have a problem in most instances. The only person that's gonna have a fucking problem here are the people that try to force the shit down your throat. So uh, yeah, this is fascinating. Oh, that's a sick policy and that is, that is un-American and we've got a big problem on our hands. Yeah, you do got a big problems on your hand. Because this is the beginning, this is nowhere near the end. That's true, that's true. 
tons and tons of right wingers are going to start banning oh, yeah. people in that community. Yeah, just ban the commies. That's all you got to do. Ban the commies. Yeah, and I mean. The everything takes care of itself. She seems pretty, I mean, even though she has set her accounts to private, she seems pretty defiant uh, and continues to say, like she really feels like she's fighting something evil here. Right? She, that, well, that's correct, yeah. Right? Yeah. When in reality, these are people like, look, I, I would venture to say that if- The activists are pure evil. You have this kind of hatred toward any group, people in- you mean like how you have it towards conservatives and you're now pretending that you didn't for all those years? That group aren't gonna want your services anyway. But she feels like she's some well, sort that's of- that's a simple way for the problem to resolve itself. A warrior against a dangerous group of people when in reality, we're just talking about normal people who are part of the transgender community. Now, if there was something specific done to her, then that's one thing, but nothing has been done to her. Well, there was an incident at the airport. Now, I'm not clear on what that is, but apparently there was an incident at the airport. You get what I'm saying? She's just thinking about potential customers coming in, looking for services, and um, having the ability to just straight up tell them, I don't like you, I don't like what you stand for, and so I, I don't wanna provide a haircut or color or anything for you. So Anna, this is where, I don't know if you and I disagree, but. Look, so you didn't grow up fundamentalist and I didn't grow up fundamentalist. And I think that we have trouble understanding the fundamentalist mind. And so that's why I'm a little bit harsher to them than I think you are. Because for fundamentalists, they think hatred is okay. They think it's moral. They think the moral thing to do is pick a group of people. And in the past, it used to be based on race. But now we move to different categories and now we're in this category. And they think the moral thing, the thing that God wants me to do to be a decent person is to hate this person. I get that. That's just totally made up. Genuinely believe it. Totally yeah, no, but, but like, up. okay, look, I don't. Again, that's just totally made up. I don't know if she's fundamentalist. Do you know uh -huh. if she's fundamentalist? Well, no, he's making it up. But anybody plenty, who says There this. are plenty of people in the country who are not fundamentalists and they have hate in their hearts toward the transgender community. And what, what I'm trying to understand is. When we're just talking about people who are living their lives and they have absolutely- That's not what we're talking about. That's not who she's referencing. She's clearly talking about people who are pronoun uh, uh, bullies and that identify as like dogs and cats. That's who she's talking about. She's talking about the lunatics. Absolutely no impact on your life. That's bullshit. They're infringing on other people and those other people have finally have had enough and they're speaking out, which is phenomenal. At all, why hate them? Why have that kind of existence? Well, so that brings us to the same uh, issue because at some point uh, that hate has to enter your head, right? So, because you're not born with it. Everybody's born basically with a blank slate and they get taught by their parents, media and all these different uh, factors that affect you, right? So. Uh, fundamentalist religion does propaganda and of all the religions, don't pick on any of the religions, okay? But they almost all of them do propaganda against the LGBTQ community. That's the one thing, unfortunately, they're united on. Remember, not all religious people, fundamentalist religious people, united in their hatred of gays. So they tell people whenever they go to church, mosque, whatever it is, the gay people, bad, 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 bad. Now trans people, bad, 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 bad. And it gets in their head, oh, the moral thing to do is to hate them. Or it could be propaganda from a non-religious organization like Fox News. So you turn into Fox News or Matt Walsh or whoever, those guys, and they're like, uh, the moral thing to do is hate, 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 and it gets into their heads. No, that's absolutely true. And they become fundamentalists politically, right? Yeah. And so that's why you're getting this. So, you know, 
I mean, there is no justifiable reason at all. The reason to bring up the fact that she's not personally affected, it's not like, anyway, I don't even wanna get into examples of how they could possibly be personally affected. But it's, it's a hatred born out of not facts, but propaganda that got into their heads. And fear, and fear. So um, after she had deleted that Facebook post, it's not like she changed her mind or anything. In fact, she doubled down on a different Facebook page. So uh, Geiger doubled down in a post on Sunday, July 9th on the Overheard in Traverse City Facebook group. She said she has no issue with lesbian, gay or bisexual customers, but said she will not support the TQ plus community, See, meaning the transgender, queer and you know, the plus represents other other genders, other sexuality. Like maps. Uh, which are pedophiles and stuff like, but why the distinction? Like, what? Why do you feel? I love how she's pretending this is for no reason at all. Well, that transgender or queer individuals pose some sort of risk or threat to you, at all. Like, anyway, I'm because of what they've been doing for the past five to ten years. I'm trying to figure it out, but obviously this is not something that we can answer here. Like, we no, don't no, have I. This is like uh, uh, if you beat a dog and then uh, when you raised your hand the hundredth time to hit it and it flinched and you were like, hey, why are you flinching? Ridiculous, fucking ridiculous. I, I can figure it out. In that case, she's leaning, it, it sounds like she's a political fundamentalist rather than a religious fundamentalist. Because the, you know, for the religious fundamentals, a man shall not lie with a man and they're done with it, right? So they're not gonna make that distinction as much. But for political fundamentalists, they've been taught by Fox News, guys, it's bad politics to be against uh, gays, lesbians, and bisexual people. There's too many of them. And they're in our families too, they're in the conservative families. But so, so are transgender people. I know, but there's not enough of them. So that's that's why remember the right wing guys when they went to go target the transgender community did they just pick it out of a hat no they just they go down a ladder of hatred in, in the Again, this is delusional made up baboon bullshit a ladder of hatred beginning it started with black people oh black people suck oh they're terrible oh we shouldn't give them rights and and it was called the southern strategy the republican party and that whole thing is made up michael Steele, it's all made up but he actively chose to be racist in that regard. Bullshit. That stopped working after a while because people were like, oh, it's getting pretty ugly. And so that was the genius of the civil rights strategy, mm -hmm. etc. Martin Luther King, beyond brilliant, that got them away from that. In some degree, they made it more subtle. Uh, fast forward and they, in 2004, they go, oh, okay, this racism against black people, Latinos is not working as well. Trump brought it back later, but in 04, they're like, okay, let's do ballot measures against gay marriage because now we can discriminate against gay people and that could still drive hatred. Because our base, their, their thinking is we drive more people to the, uh, to the voting booth by getting them really angry, right? And really fearful to your true, earlier point. True. So then being as gay people stopped working and around 2013, that's why Biden and Obama all of a sudden were like, oh yeah, gay marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. They found the political courage once the number got to about but over 50% of the country, near 60% saying yes, we're in favor of gay marriage. Now, they tried this with trans rights and, and actually that didn't work in the beginning. You remember how they tried to ban them from the military? Trump tried to do that and that was kind of a disaster. It didn't help them in the polling. They tried it with bathrooms, mm -hmm. tried to ban them. That didn't help either, but they dug and dug and dug and they got to the thing about sports, etc. And, and, and yeah. that did work and over 70% of the country says, no, we don't, we don't like that. So then they used that to go trans people bad, 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 bad. Until a hairdresser in Michigan for no reason is like, oh, I heard they were bad and evil. Again, 
completely delusional, just made up. And they're corrupting the kids and whatever excuse Fox News was using. So now I'm banning them from my- Yeah, uh, and, and, she and, further writes, by the way, yeah. she further wrote, this stance was taken to ensure <laughs> that clients have the best experience. And I am admitting that since I am not willing to play the pronoun game or cater to requests outside of what I perceive as normal. Exactly, that's exactly correct. So what this is indicating is if you're a normal person, you will have no problem at her salon, simple. But if you're a leftist AIDS commie, you're gonna have a problem because you're trying to force people to do fucking bullshit. But like, oh, all right, so I mean, imagine being so offended by having to use pronouns yeah. that a person would like you to use to respect them, that you, Correct. again, hurt your business because now- Oh, I, I would go to this business if this business was near me. Well, Look, I almost called her on the phone. I was going to call up and be like, hey, I support what you're doing. But you know, I don't do shit like that. But I thought about it. Now she's getting harassed. Okay, now people are, are boycotting her, her salon. I think uh, We'll see. We'll see. If a bunch of lunatics on the internets are yelling about it. I bet you people go to her salon. And on top of that, some of the, uh, there's professional fallout. So hair care company Jack Wynn. Yeah. So this just proves her point. You're just proving our point. Uh, now they're punishing her. Has pulled products from the salon. I'm sure others will follow. It's just stupid. When you're that, when you're that controlled by your fear and hatred toward a group of people, you end up hurting yourself more than anything. Now go fuck yourself. Stop trying to force people to do shit. And I wish that she understood that. Yeah. And lastly on the pronouns. So basically Anna's argument is uh, allow us to keep abusing you. If you stand up for yourself and you don't allow us to continue to abuse you, then it, you're gonna be hurt. That's basically what she's saying. Uh, this woman says, I don't wanna play the pronoun game. Now, if uh, somebody in any part of our community walked in and said, I demand that you change your pronouns. we And I know we've gotten tons of heat for this, but we would be on her side and say, no, 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 don't mess with her pronouns or whatever she wants to call herself. But what I never understand about right wingers is, why do they care about your pronouns? Because they try to force you to use them. I don't care what your pronouns are. But the second you tell me that I'm compelled to use them, you can suck my fucking dick. Like what business is it of yours? So somebody walks in and says, hey. Uh, now they're pretending that it's just a private matter and they're not trying to force people to use them. Uh, you know, um, hey, can you call me he for whatever reason? I don't even care, why would I care, right? Yeah. I used to not care, now I care because commies are trying to change the culture with this shit. So I'm not doing any of it. And she's like, no, I hate your pronouns. I don't want to play the pronoun game. Why? Because you're what is she doesn't have to fucker. You guys have no respect. You have no respect. You're trying to force people. So she's chin checking you right here. I wish more people would chin check you. You're, it bothers you so much to be a decent human being. That's not being a decent human being. It's bending your ass over to these fucking communists. And just call them what they asked to no, be called. Never fuck you. What they asked to be called. Fuck you. Fuck you. Simple. It's the easy. I mean, it's the easiest thing. I know. I love how easy it is. That really is satisfying. I love how e it is easy. It's one of the easiest things, right? Because all you have to do is you got the tranny, and he's like, I, I go by she, and all you have to do is say, okay, she. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. I'm not doing it. Oh, it makes them so angry. Like I, 
Anyway. Yeah, I, we think it's the easiest thing in the world. You want to be called that? Great, you get called that. Nope. You want to be called that? Great, you get called that. Nope. But for Call me Mega Jehovah then, homo. Right-wingers, and now some on the left, but mainly 98% right-wingers, like, no, I will not respect what you want to be called. Correct. Okay, okay, but that's weird, and it makes you the bad guy. Oh, Thanks I love being the bad guy. Compared to you people? What, are you kidding me? Oh, I love how easy it is. It's very easy, and I'm not doing it. Never, not even once. <clears throat> not even once. Go fuck yourself. Hang in there, Christine. Base Christine from Michigan. I hope she hangs in there. They're going to put you through the ringer, and Dana Nessel's going to fuck with you. Hopefully, you stay strong. And hopefully more people do it. More people come out and, and take your side. This is the time to speak up. All right, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, we are uh, 23 away from 125 total subscribers between Subscribestar, the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse on YouTube, and the uh, Rumble subscription option. So when we hit 125, the Soft Gentleman will release a book to the audience for free called What a Bigot Would Say. He is my uh, twin, rabidly homosexual leftist brother. So he's going to write. A, he's going to write a not at all sarcastic book about what words you should definitely never say, what what things you should never do. And we're going to uh, after we release it to the audience, we're going to try to get it uh, published on Amazon. So if that's something that you would be interested in, uh, subscribestar.com/hard-bastard or uh, the Rumble subscribe option, which is at the bottom of the chat or the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, which is the join button on his YouTube channel called the Soft Gentleman. Okay, let's see here. We have um, Dave says, talk about not doing any minimum prep for an interview. Do you remember when Ian Miles Chong was interviewed on Fox News and he was sitting in the dark looking like a gremlin with a shirt that looked that he looked like he slept in? Um, I, well, I don't believe I remember that. He is, um, he, he seems to, to be disheveled often. I don't know if I remember that particular clip, but I do have a lot of uh, images in my mind of him being disheveled. So, uh, yeah, he, the thing, the, the, as far as Ian Miles Chong, uh, from what I understand is he's disheveled and he uh, stole money from the quartering. That's basically what I understand. And I think he tried to kill Andy Worski one time. You know, say what you want about Andy Worski. Why would you try to kill that guy? There's no reason for that. Anyway, whatever. <clears throat> Through like a swatting or something or something like that. Anyway, interesting. Okay. Uh, what is the next one? We have uh, YGGS Gallows says, yes, TYT, white people's fee-fees are more important. Whatever they put in front of us. Or they'll be like, what do you think? Your feelings are more important? Yeah, well, there's whatever you put. Paper cups are more important than commies. Paper, cu paper plates, discarded paper is more important than the commie agenda. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, a, pers a person calling themselves pizza nigga says, and I quote, HB, my nigga. Dem Arabs, now I am reading it exactly as it's written, because to editorialize uh, 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 and to not do it that way is, our, is an act of bigotry. 
And the one thing we will not stand for on this channel is bigotry. So he says, and I quote, HB, my nigga, them Arabs done found out I was stealing electricity from de Gasto and sent down Habib with a bomb on him's chest. So I's had to wheel and deal with them camel jockeys. Now they be getting free pies for a month. But they be getting bacon pies, man. Oh, you're selling those bean pies. Are they? Well, he's not. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't sound like a Jamaican. Yeah, um, those are the shit. I, what do they call Jamaican? Some kind of pie. They're phenomenal. What the fuck are those called? Jamaican bean pie? No, that's not right. Whatever the fuck. Those were the shit. Those were the shit. Okay. Let's see here. Um, Arabs reminds me I, I have such fond memories of GTA 4 and I remember which one was it was it the uh, the one where you're the club owner it was one of the DLCs and you would turn the radio on and there would be that Arab money song and you're driving around Liberty City it's just uh, <clears throat> why can't I fucking play that on my goddamn PS4 what the hell and then you probably can't even play that song anymore because Rockstar as much money as they make I don't think they re-upped a lot of the licenses for the music. That's not that's a deal breaker. You you mu if I ever replayed those games that you must have the original soundtrack and all of the original sh like there's otherwise it's just not acceptable. That's not it's not the same game. You've got to have those. Unacceptable. Fucking unbelievable. I think there's a way to do it. I think if you bought a PS3 and a copy of the game, I think Oh, I don't know. Did they do online updates back then? I, actually, I don't know. Maybe there's no way to do it. I know if you do it through PC, they, you know, they removed the music. Maybe if you bought like an Xbox 360 and then you bought the game, maybe you'd be able to play it in its original form. I would hope so if someone wants to do that. I've always thought about doing that, but then I look up the price for the PS3s and I'm like, that's a lot of money for... Uh, Wanting to play a game like one more time. That's a bit much. Anyway, <clears throat> great game. Okay. Tawanda Jackson says, Hey, y'all. This is Tawanda. I lives in HB's apartment building. I bet you all was shocked when that black girl, Lakeisha, told y'all she was hooking up with HB. Well, you guys don't know the half of it. HB has got lots of black girlfriends. HB is addicted to the black booty. This is the truth, y'all. All the black girls around here know HB. Every Friday night, he stands out in front of the apartment building in his best tracksuit, picking up black ladies. We all know what he about. All right, there we go. Tawanda Jackson <clears throat> giving up the game. Man, that's a hell of a thing right there. <clears throat> in my defense, I've done a pretty good job of uh, uh, not jamming myself up recently, so I'm very happy about that. When you get older, you get a split second to think about things. When you're younger, it's impossible. Maybe it's not impossible, but I vote impossible. But you get an extra, you get an extra second to kind of ponder things. It's nice. It's very nice. All right. Aids Arific Eisenstein says, Well, that would mean YouTube at one point, like the very bad man, hard bastard, a deeply dangerous person who has dared to say the word nigger thousands of times 
Is YouTube a race a racist? Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. There's still there's so much video on YouTube. There's still tons of videos. So uh, I think we watched the clip. Was it last week? There's been multiple David Pakman, real David Pakman videos, where he's in the in the um, title are racial epithets, and then in the video he says racial epithets. So I, I, I guess they don't have the automatic racial epithet detector. They're probably going to pull that out at some point. They are probably going to pull that out at some point. All right. Alcove says, I take partial responsibility for Ravana the tranny on TYT complaining about being called a tranny. That was fucking hilarious when she said that. That was hilarious. She retweeted me calling her a tranny and then said no when I asked if she was born with a penis. That's, that, 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 that's fantastic. So, so it was a viewer of the show? <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> that would be like... Now, she's like a bit player. She's like a Z-teamer. Uh, um, but it, the, the only thing that would be better is if like somehow Anna Kasparian went on a rant complaining about insults that are specifically from this channel now i don't know who came up with turkey neck i don't remember but whoever came up with turkey neck credit to you but that's something that from for there have been many times that i've said that on this channel if she like in a rant complained about how people called her turkey neck man that would be satisfying that would be now. Chank did that with one of AIU's insults. Uh, Chank multiple times has brought up being called "fat brown buffalo," so that must have been very satisfying, I, I would imagine. Um, and and he even one time Chank brought it up with like this racist professor. This is this guy was like a academic or like a professor of racism. The guy was a total lunatic, and he brought it up like I think, and they were talking about like quote unquote serious racism. I guess like George Floyd and all this other fucking bullshit. And so then he brings in people on the internet, call them brown buffalo. <laughs> That's fucking great. So if one day Anna Kasparian brought up turkey neck, or any of them, melting nose, any of the things, any of the things that have been said on the show, in the chat, where, whatever, that would be very satisfying. So, but yeah, now you got one with Ravana. That's uh, now I have no, see. This is the other thing about a lot of this stuff. A lot of these things are fairly obvious observations. So, um, you know, <laughs> there's probably many people that watch her and assume that she's a tranny. I don't think it's like a particularly unique observation. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's I love it when these people make it clear like when tyt made it clear that they they like watch uh, uh or excuse me they read the comments they read all of the comments they read all of the tweets that's fantastic that is fantastic uh okay do we do that one i don't think we did that one uh okay one second okay here we go all right so let's um all right breaking news here I'm going to assume this is LGBT news. Maybe not. Breaking yes, LGBT no, it is. Correct. Okay. Let's have a look. All right, this is uh, breaking predator news from the internet from Ian's network. Oh, Let's have a look Christ. at this one. He got away with it. Trans activist sentenced to just five months. Good behavior after leaving woman permanently disabled. Yeah, they're above the law right now. They are above the law. Crazy. 
Um, a trans activist has been given an astoundingly light sentence after brutally assaulting a woman over an apparent misgendering incident. In February, Redux reported that a woman had been left with life-changing injuries after being attacked by a trans activist during a night out with our partner. Was this in Australia? Was this the Australia story? Ruby, whose name, this sounds familiar, whose name was uh, anima, at, uh, made anonymous for her protection, provided Redux with police reports and hospital reports demonstrating that she had been the victim of a brutal assault. Yeah, Melbourne. Yep, I remember this. This is crazy. This story is crazy. The incident took place September 24th, 2022, while Ruby and her partner were attending the Punk's Pub, pub Crawl in Melbourne, a long-standing bar-hopping tradition. For those in the punk rock scene, Ruby, a bass guitarist in a local band, had been attending the crawl since she was a teenager. I had only just arrived with my partner sometime around 3 p.m. There were about 70 people or so attending the crawl. The whole group of us stopped at Carlton Gardens for a group photo. Ruby recounted, explaining that immediately after the photo was taken, she would have an incident uh, that has since left her with a debilitating injury. Quote, I was walking away, talking to a friend, when I noticed one male walking beside the group, but in the opposite direction to the rest of us. As he passed me, uh, he shoulder barged me hard. So I stopped to address him. At the time, Ruby described her attacker as a male, but not obviously trans. As she was with the group of individuals belonging to the punk rock community, she didn't immediately believe he was attempting to present as the opposite sex and simply thought he was donning classic punk attire. Startled by the body check, Ruby confronted the man. I said something very close to, is there a problem here? Do you and I need to have a conversation? He started denying and gaslighting. He claimed it was an accident and one of his friends backed him up. It was clearly no accident, so I replied, no, he just shoulder-barged me as hard as he could. Ruby described uh, that the onlookers immediately seemed to take issue with the pronoun she had used for the man. So, just to be clear what's going on here, this is not going to be surprising to any of the people that watch this show, um, unless you're, like, brand new, but what you have here is you have a man who assaulted a woman, and the leftists... And they don't care about the assault. They care about the pronoun used. Unreal. Unreal. I heard a few murmurs of he, like people were offended at my choice of pronoun. I stood facing him for another few seconds, waiting to see if he was going to kick off, but he seemed to have nothing to say, so I turned and walked away. But just as she did, Ruby explained, she was suddenly attacked from behind with the man pushing her into the concrete with tremendous force. I was wearing a heavy studded leather jacket, so I went down hard and fast. I put my left arm out to break the fall with anything other than my head, and the impact reverberated up my arm, shattering my shoulder and breaking my arm at the joint. Brutal injury. That's fucking brutal. Holy shit. R Ruby was ultimately treated at Austin Health Hospital, where she was sent for a CAT scan and an X-ray and diagnosed with a fractured shoulder. While at the hospital, Ruby had managed to track down the individual who had assaulted her through a band contact. She recognized her assailant had been friends with an individual who her band had performed with in the past and skimmed his socials to find more information. She managed to identify the attacker and armed with the information went to the Melbourne police and filed a report after being discharged from the hospital. 
In February, Ruby supplied Redux with the police statement she signed and witnessed with a constable about her ordeal in the statement. She named Sarah Kadzal, a male who identifies as a woman, as her assailant. She also speculated that their mutual band contact had alerted Kadzal to her views on gender ideology at the punk's pub crawl and that he body checked her in retaliation. This is almost like a tranny hit. This is almost like a, an AIDS hit. Despite having provided Melbourne police with two witness statements as well as the identity of her attacker, it took them four months to lay charges against the tranny. The attack occurred September of 22. Kadzal, the tranny, was finally charged in January of 23. On the delay in laying charges, Ruby told Redux that she observed a definite tone shift when police learned her assailant was a tranny. While the tranny's initial hearing was scheduled for April 14th, he was finally sentenced on July 5th. But the consequences handed down by the court have left Ruby feeling as though Cadzell effectively got away with it. He'll probably, they'll probably target you again. These, these are fucking lunatics, okay? They will probably target you again. Kadzal was sentenced to five months good behavior and was ordered to pay 500 to the Aboriginal Family Violence Charity. Why doesn't she get the money? She's the one with the medical bills. Why do the Aboriginals have to get the money? What the fuck is this? This is, this, is, this is a Western country right now. This is Australia. In Australia, a good behavior bond refers to a non-custodial sentence primarily requiring the offender to stay in good behavior during the time specified. They're not going to give a fuck about this. This trainee is going to be able to do whatever he wants. Ruby provided a statement to Redux on the sentence, expressing upset at the outcome and revealing that the trainee's defense had painted him to be the victim during the hearings. Yeah, this is how they, they can kill and be considered the victim. That lunatic trainee killed children in Tennessee, and the activists referred to the murderer as the victim and said, this is what you get for hate. His lawyer made up facts in court, moving the location and alleging that my assailant had been viciously misgendered and taunted till he couldn't take it anymore. Kadzal wrote a bullshit apology that I never saw and complained of having suffered terribly because the truth about his male violence was told on social media. Ruby revealed that during proceedings, Kadzal's defense had interrogated the Redux article as well as Twitter comments from our readers on the piece to craft a narrative that the tranny had been subject to unacceptable online abuse as a result of our reporting. You deserve it, tranny. You're a violent, vicious tranny. You deserve legal, verbal denunciation and insults. As long as people are uh, being legal, and I'm talking about American standards, fuck Australia. I don't care about what their standards are but at least related to the First Amendment in America, you deserve all of that vitriol. All of that legal, righteous vitriol. It's righteous to legally, verbally insult violent trannies. That's, that's righteous. It's a good thing. That's a good thing, as they say. As previously reported by Redux, Ruby revealed the injury, injury had resulted in long-term disability in the arm where her shoulder had been shattered. That's got to be. I've never had an injury like that. I, I guarantee you there are people listening that have had injuries like that or worse. Man, that's brutal. Brutal. She explained the doctor told her your ability to lift that arm above your head ended when you hit the ground. Speaking to Redux in February, Ruby stated... I will never swim again or shoot hoops with my son getting things from high shelves or hang washing. 
But in court, the defense appeared to accuse Ruby of lying about the extent of her injuries. The prosecution didn't bother following up on medical records, so the trainee's lawyer just stood there and said, it's not true that I'll never raise my left arm again. I just gave it another go, but reality seems to be interfering, she says. The tranny was found to have recklessly caused injury to Ruby, but was handed the sentence without conviction, meaning he will not have a criminal record associated with the assault. This violent tranny is definitely going to do this again to somebody. Despite the fact that the tranny was seemingly allowed to walk away from the incident, Australia has recently gained a reputation for cracking down on women who oppose gender ideology. Yeah, she might, the, the victim here might get legal consequences. Australia is crazier than America. In May, Redux learned that two women who criticized a tranny who had induced lactation to poison, abuse, and, and basically sexually molest a baby. That's what that is. They make no mistake. It's a sick sexual fantasy. It's pedophilia, and they're poisoning the baby had been told by Twitter that they had broken Australia law. So uh, opposing a lunatic tranny uh, molesting and poisoning a baby is against Australian law. You must be pro-pedophile, pro-poisoning the baby. Breastfeeding, oh, and then there was a study. This was uh, as expected, but totally sick. I, this was uh, maybe last week or the week before, and I retweeted this. There was a study that just came out about this uh, male breastfeeding thing. The study acknowledged that there are consequences to the baby because this is not, this is sick. This is not anything reasonable. So there's negative health consequences to the baby. The study acknowledged that, but they said affirming the tranny is more important. So that's, that's academia. That's the experts. Affirming a tranny is more important than the health of the baby. Now, this is from the same people that love killing babies, so it's not surprising. But this is the kind of shit that the Hunter Avalones of the world are going to tell you, oh, well, the American Academy of, of Pediatrics agrees. And make no mistake, these are going to be the same experts that eventually, if there's not a reversal, talk about how children benefit. They're going to say children benefit from sex with adults. There's already professors that have said that. Now, I'm not saying it's mainstream yet. It hasn't hit the mainstream yet. But they're already, they already got the professors lining up. To do this so th th this is where we're headed unbelievable breastfeeding counselor jamie Su jasmine sussex and leah widston for of standing for women queensland were both contacted by twitter on may 16th and informed that that content posted to their accounts would be censored to australian users in order to comply with australian law both had tweeted their concerns about a tranny who had breastfeed abused a child in 2020, Canberra radio newsreader Beth, Beth Rep was ordered to pay a tranny 6000 in compensation after liking a Facebook post that the tranny considered offensive liking. And Anna Kasparian, you dumb melting-nosed whore, this is the kind of shit. This is why, and there's a million stories like this, these are the reasons that people like... Christine from Michigan and people like myself and many listening have fucking had enough. We've had enough. Okay? And that's it. We've had enough. Simple as that. Um, all right. Thank you, Ian's Network. Appreciate that. Now we got Killer 8000 here. Just watch Sound of Freedom. It was one of the best movies I've seen, uh, I've ever seen. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. 
Let's have a look at this. I don't know if this is related. No, this is... Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, this is not good. Oh. Woman claims she found feces in her Subway sandwich after taking a bite. Oh, this is not good. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. A Michigan woman went viral after claiming she bought a Subway sandwich that had feces inside paired with the smell of sewage. Michigan State University student Kesley Coyne, Kelsey Coyne, known, uh, posted about the alleged incident on TikTok where it received more than 200 views and 18,000 comments. According to the CDC, Foodborne illness, often caused by contamination of food, resulted in 128,000 hospitalizations and 3,000 deaths per year in the U.S. I, I don't even want to say that I've never gotten food poisoning because I'm, I'm going to jinx myself. Isn't that an eventuality? I wonder, don't you eventually get food poisoning? I mean, I've, I've, I've had situations where... Um, you know, I, I've eaten something and then gotten explosive diarrhea, but I don't think that, I mean, that's not a good thing. Uh, certainly there's something going on there, but I don't think that's like, I hear people describe food poisoning and I, I yeah, I don't, I, I've just not had that. Um, not that I can think of. So, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I keep getting lucky, but, uh, you know, I don't eat out a ton, but I do eat out. <clears throat> um, so I don't know. Yikes. I've eaten at Subway many times. Um, Subway is okay. Uh, Wawa is definitely better. Subway is like average, maybe. Uh, it's like, it's just okay. I, I find the, uh, the cheesesteaks abhorrent. And I'm not a picky eater. Like, I under look, I understand when I go to Subway, I'm not getting top-notch food so i'm not expecting top-notch food um <clears throat> and, and maybe it was a bad day um and i thought i've only uh, done that once but it was abhorrent so maybe maybe it the meat was sitting too long i don't know but i found it to be abhorrent um it, subway you know it's it's okay wawa's way better um philly is big on hoagies and cheesesteaks i've never had wawa cheesesteaks i i wouldn't eat a cheesesteak at Wawa. Uh, like, there's certain places that I'll go for that. Like, Jim's. Jim's is good. There's plenty of good steak places. People have their favorites. Um, Hoagie-wise, if you're not going to go to, like, the Italian deli, uh, if you're not going to engage in the religious experience of that, and it's probably because I'm a WAP, that's why. Italian food is insane, I find it. I mean, I like other food. But... Anyway, um, Wawa's good. Wawa's pretty good. I can't... For, for, it, it might be considered blasphemy to say that. Um, now, I don't know anything about Sheets. I think Sheets is like the other Wawa in other parts of the country. I have no fucking idea. But, uh, yeah, and like the Wawa meatball sandwich is not bad. You know, it's not grandma or anything, but it's not bad. It's acceptable. Um, anyway. So, yeah, I would go Subway over Wawa. In June, another viral video posted by an alleged ex... Oh, no, don't fuck with Panera. No, no. I eat at Panera. If I'm eating out, I, I go there a lot. I'm at Panera. If I'm eating out, I'm there like 70% of the time. Because Panera is not total shit. 
At least that's the impression I get. You know, you can get like halfway healthy stuff there. Uh, another viral video posted by an alleged ex-Panera employee claimed customers should not trust the chicken. Oh, I just ate chicken at Panera. They have this chicken barbecue fucking sandwich. It's phenomenal. Again, for what it is. Obviously, it's not like going to a good barbecue place or anything. But it, I, I was like, this is pretty fucking good. Oh, man. And I've been eating a lot of tuna sandwiches like a fucking homosexual. Uh, I don't know why if you tuna is gay. It's not really. It's ridiculous. The whole concept of food being gay. I understand it's ridiculous, but I, I find it funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I started eating tuna sandwiches out of nowhere. I don't even know why. Yeah, oh, oh, I know why. I, I used to get this vegetable sandwich. This is totally irrelevant. This is probably the most irrelevant shit I've ever talked about. And uh, they got the order wrong, and it was tuna. And I was at first going to, like, go back. And then I'm like, oh, this is pretty good, actually. And so I just ate it. And then I kept eating tuna. I don't know. I should probably stop. I should probably not eat there at all, frankly. It's not bad, though. Anyway, it's only like a one on the gay scale. You know, relax. It's like up there with eating yogurt. <laughs> and what makes me laugh the most, there's usually one person that's like, hey, it's not gay. I'm like, I know it's not gay. It's just funny. Because some people take it serious. How could he, you're not, you know. I mean, maybe if you're like sucking off a banana, that's actually kind of gay. But it's all, it's just a meme. Anyway, another viral video posted by an alleged, oh, I read that. Another, in another video, a man exposed how fast food ice cream machines can make customers ill. So when I worked at McDonald's, I always remember filling up the ice cream machine. But that's the thing, like it's the meme, the ice cream machine is always broken. But we always filled it, I always filled it up. It was just liquid. It was like this white liquid. Anyway. Quote, I'm actually embarrassed by this whole situation and I'm even more embarrassed than I'm using TikTok to try to fix it. I don't think you could fix this. This is something that you need, throw the food out and block it out of your mind. That's all you can do. All, if you're not in the restaurant, you have to block this out of your mind completely. Like the time that I ate ants. Although it's not blocked out because I'm talking about it. Okay. I'm, I, one time I was really high. I was 17. I, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I came home. I was like absolutely high out of my mind. Okay. And I was starving because that's what it does. So I go into the kitchen and I grab this big bag of chips. I take it into the living room. I turn on a VHS of Seinfeld because that's what I loved to watch when I was high. This was like 1993. And I'm eating the chips. And then I noticed there's an ant on my hand, and I brush it off. Then I noticed that there's a more ants on my hand. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Jesus Christ. And then I realized, why are there ants everywhere? And that's because there were ants in the bag of chips that I was eating. And I was eating a bunch of chips. I was fucking high. I had no idea. So I don't know how many ants I ate. Now, the good thing about ants is ants aren't shit. Okay? Ants are small insects. You can't even taste them. So I had no idea. Now, I had a choice to make at the time. When I saw all the ants, I said to myself, because I was high, and you know, when you're high, you can go off into paranoia, okay? And I just, and I knew that, and I thought, all right, I have a choice to make. I can either calm the fuck down, or I can be a bitch about this. And I'm like, I'm going to calm the fuck down. And I'm like, so I just calmly um, folded the bag up and put it in the trash, and st I started making soup. And I was like, I'm not even, I'm pretending that never happened. And, that, and, and so, you know, but, uh, so I didn't freak out, but it's, uh, it's pretty nasty eating, eating, uh, eating ants. So what are you going to do? I think that's probably the most disgusting thing I ever ate, at least that I'm aware of. See, that's the problem. 
You ever see that Saturday Night Live skit? It was when Saturday Night Live was funny. I think Dana Carvey might have been in the skit. I don't remember who the guest was. But it's a guy who dies and meets an angel. And he's asking the angel questions. And he, he said, what's the most disgusting thing I ever ate? And the angel's like, oh, I can't tell you. You can't handle it. So he's like, what's the hundredth most disgusting thing I ever ate? He was like an earwig in, in pudding. What is, we don't, none of us know what the most disgusting thing we've ever consumed is. Because we don't really know we consumed it. You know, like, for example, uh, if you, I ate a lot of uh, Chinese food in Chinatown in Philly. I don't go into Philly for any reason anymore. But when I did go, I used to go to Chinatown all the time. I've eaten in many of the places there. And I, there's no way I haven't eaten cat. It's impossible. I have consumed cat. And if you are similar, because there's Chinatowns all over the place, you, we, we, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. Okay, so, so that we've consumed. If you eat, ate a bag of chips while bowling, you've probably consumed fecal matter. Okay, so what's the most disgusting thing we've ever eaten? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's probably something we couldn't handle. Anyway, in the video, Coyne claimed that she recently bought a sandwich from a Subway restaurant in Lansing, Michigan. But when she went into the parking lot to eat her sandwich, she claimed she noticed the parking lot smelled like sewage. All right, so that should give you pause, certainly. I had a bite and I took it home to eat it there. I go and take a bite and I smell the exact same shit. Look in the papers in between the two wrappers on the sandwich is literal shit. There's feces. That's a night you I, I could never eat at Subway again after that. If that happened to me, I, there's no way. There's no way. Coyne said that she is not sure if the alleged substance was dog or human feces, but said the authorities took a swab to test it at a lab. If someone did this on purpose, which it looks likely, they have to be arrested. You cannot tolerate. You know these fucking pieces of shit? Look, and I understand fast food restaurants. I worked at a fast food restaurant when I was a kid. That sucked. I understand that that sucks. Fucking pissing in people's food. and You, you got to be arrested. You got to be arrested. Look, steal time from your employer like everyone else does. Don't fuck with people's food, okay? Now, likewise, not not a good idea to be an asshole to the food servers because they can also fuck with your food. They shouldn't. But, you know, people that are that like berate food servers, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Anyway, she said she filed a complaint with Subway the night of the alleged incident but said she did not receive a response. A Subway spokesperson told Newsweek the restaurant is working with local authorities and health departments to look into the allegation. On The statement says on Monday, September 12th, the local health department released its inspection report concluding that the remnants seen on the sandwich wrapper were, oh bullshit, were chocolate from a cookie and the case has been closed. Oh bullshit. Bull fucking shit. I call total bullshit. I call total bullshit. Although it is possible this bitch made it up for TikTok. Actually, it's, it's at least possible. I don't know. It's hard to say. What, actually, before I declare bullshit, we need to know about this girl. We need to know about this girl. Um, in the video, Coinbegay begged viewers to help her get in contact with Subway about the incident, saying she hasn't received a reply or a refund. I have no idea what to do. I have an appointment Monday to try to find a lawyer or someone to talk to because I ate it. I ate a bite of it. Oh, brutal. That's brutal. She said when she got home and took a second bite, she immediately spit it out. She also said she hasn't had an appetite since the incident because of her nausea. That's got to be rough eating shit. Holy, holy crap. 
I haven't even gotten a refund for that meal, so anything would be great. In an update, Coyne said she went to the doctor the next day and was given anti-nausea meds. She was also told to come back if she began experiencing any food poisoning symptoms such as abdominal pain, dizziness, fatigue, or chills. More than 17,900 users commented on the video, many urging Coyne to keep track of any potential symptoms or illness. Keep track of your physical symptoms every day. Be specific. Write down everything that happened, every detail. I'm sorry this happened to you. Get a good lawyer. Get tested for hepatitis. Save medical bills. Gagging and screaming, no, I'm sorry this happened to you, another commented. How does this even happen, another user commented. I don't know. So I guess I need to know more about it before I say it's definite bullshit that it was chocolate. But that's one, like, that's... Like, what's the most made-up excuse Subway's going to come up with, with? It was chocolate. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. That's rough. That's rough. I'm sure there's tons of horror stories that people have in restaurants. I've been very fortunate so far. At least, as, again, as far as I'm aware. One time at a diner, there was, like, sand in the spinach. That sucked. But, you know, it was kind of... I was like, all right, this is this place sucks. Kind of like, all right, that's enough. Um, yeah. All right. That was breaking news from the internet. And uh, if you have an article that you want read on stream, shit. Outlive Donald Trump. Now look, they're both old, so you have no idea who's going to go first. You can. T it's such an obvious deflection from the fact that Joe Biden now has full-on dementia. There's a super interesting article that many of you sent me about who is likely to live longer from today, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, bearing in mind that Joe Biden is older than Donald Trump. This question relates to so much of the discussion around fitness for office, Trump's glitches, Joe Biden looking unstable and the glitches that are frail and sometimes falling and all of it. This is genuinely difficult to talk about. Okay, I think we're good. A bit of a complication there, but I think we're good to go here. All right. Yeah, the cord was uh, out of the mic a little bit. So I don't know why this resets when that happens. But anyway, okay, I think we should be good to go here. Okay, here is David. 
and diet and weight and so many other things. And there's a very interesting new article uh, on the messenger. Which president is healthier? Data show Biden will likely outlive Trump. I don't really care about this from a gossipy perspective. What's interesting about this is that there are so many on the right who have started to insist Joe Biden's never going to survive a second term. Now, when you look at the actuarial data and you consider the facts about Trump and Biden, what actuarial data finds is that from today, it is likely that Joe Biden will live longer than Donald Trump. Yeah. Despite only a three year age gap between Biden and Trump, recent polling shows voters treating the two men's age differently. This we know. Um, the article is quite interesting. I encourage you to check it out. Biden has disclosed he takes prescription drugs to treat common conditions, including allergies, high cholesterol and gastroesophageal reflux. Um, polls show that voters are not treating the slim different in age, difference in age the same way. Washington Post ABC News poll found that 32 percent of voters think Biden has the mental sharpness it takes to be president compared to 54 percent for Trump. Yet, and this is where it gets interesting, available medical information suggests the two men are more similar health wise than different. A recent report published in 2020 by the International Council on Active Aging found that while both Biden and Trump have a higher than average probability of surviving another term in office, Biden's probability is 95% versus Trump at 90. The report attributes this to Biden's nearly perfect health profile for a man his age. It also found that while both Biden and Trump are likely to be part of a subgroup known as super agers, those who maintain mental and physical functioning and live longer than the average person at their age, Biden is expected to outlive Trump. The report represents the first time medical records and personal attributes of presidential candidates have been scientifically analyzed by scientists and physicians. It draws in part on annual medical disclosures released by both men during times at the White House. So this really is interesting. You're comparing the health of Biden and Trump. And what this finds essentially is that there's a lot of commonalities here, but there are some important differences, including Trump's obesity and diet obesity and diet. This is a very, very big deal. When you look at lifestyle factors, Trump is obese and Joe Biden is not. And this is something that has a significant impact on life expectancy. They're both older folks. Biden is 80 and Trump's a couple years shy of 80. But Biden is quite thin and is active, rides a bike, goes to the beach, etc. Yes, Trump golfs. He rides a golf cart between shots and is very overweight, in fact, obese, according to BMI, which is not a perfect indicator, but at least it gives us an idea. That's a major difference between the two, which affects life expectancy. And so my interest in this is less about another Trump's fat story, which are really not very interesting, but it's there is an incorrect assumption that statistically it's more likely Trump will live until January of 2029, the end of the next term, than it is that Joe Biden will live until January 2029. Statistically, while they are zero chance are both likely to survive, uh, it is actually more likely that Joe Biden does. Now, is this a reason to vote one way or the other? Not for me. If either died in office, I would be more worried about what Trump would do while alive than what Biden would do while alive. 
And I would be more worried about what Trump's vice president would do if they became president, if Trump died, than my concern about what Biden's vice president, presumably Kamala Harris, would do as president if Joe Biden oh, yeah. died. Kamala Harris would be great. So there's the facts. And then there's also the fact that regardless, I'd still vote for Biden over Trump if those were the options. Of course, because you're a Democrat whore. Um, Fox News hit with brutal lawsuit from Ray Epps. More bad news for Fox News. Fox News has been hit with a brutal lawsuit from Ray Epps. Ray Epps is the sort of, you know, ill-advised dude who has been accused by many on the right of being some kind of FBI operative of fomenting the January 6th riots. The argument that many on the right have made is that it was an inside job and this guy Ray Epps was there to entrap and encourage individuals to uh, riot on January 6th. We now have a lawsuit. We expected this lawsuit. I told you about this months ago. Arizona man cited in conspiracy theories sues Fox News for defamation. New York Times reports Ray Epps, a two time Trump voter, says Tucker Carlson reportedly, uh, sorry, repeatedly and falsely named him as a covert government agent who incited the January 6th attacks. Tucker Carlson is gone from Fox. And one of the things I told you when Tucker Carlson was fired was that it may be to a degree a preemptive measure with the expectation that Ray Epps is going to sue for defamation and that as part of their defense, Fox News wants to be able to say we got rid of him already. This complaint was filed in Superior Court in Delaware. Uh, that is the same place where Fox was recently handed that seven hundred and eighty seven million dollar judgment against them from Dominion Voting Systems. Fox News was asked for comment about this lawsuit. They did not give one. This is a major, major problem for Fox News. Here's a reminder of some of the things Tucker has said about Ray Epps. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? We ask because Ray Epps is on video on both January 5th and January 6th, encouraging people to enter the Capitol building, which is to say to break federal law. And as he says this in this video, you'll notice people in the crowd immediately identify him as a quote fed. Watch. We need to go in. <laughs> to the Capitol. Let's go! So there's more of this type of stuff and Tucker Carlson egging on the idea that this is a, an, an FBI agent of some kind. Now, there is no question that as a two time Trump voter, not an agent who went to D.C. on January 5th, 2021, Ray Epps is the epitome of the dimwitted uh, MAGA. That that's the truth. OK, however, there is no evidence whatsoever that we are dealing with an FBI agent here. Again, no one is arguing he's an agent retard. And Tucker Carlson did this on multiple occasions. Here he was during an interview on November 1st, 2021 with Elijah Schaefer, a name you may notice because of more recent news doesn't matter here. Listen to this. So why were they so intent on shutting down your reporting and the reporting, the honest reporting of others? So you were happened to be standing very close to a man called Ray Epps, who is a leader of what we're told is a right wing extremist group. He has not been indicted. 
based on what you saw personally, did Ray Epps seem to be encouraging people to break the law that day? 100%. I, I did not see any violence occurring. I don't think anybody that was at the front lines went with the intent to do anything other than to protest peacefully. There were barriers, but there was one individual who was whispering in people's ears, the very people that instigated the attacks, the ones who pushed the barrier, who are being prosecuted for injuring a Capitol officer, a female who wasn't wearing a helmet, who still has head injuries to this day, I, I found out. All right, so the point is that it was all Ray Epps. Ray Epps did the whole thing. Uh, it turned out that none of those claims were true. Uh, that's a blatant lie. No evidence for any of those claims. Total blatant lie. And this has genuinely uh, uh, destroyed the life of Ray Epps as he is now the target of so now many. Now David cares about the destroyed life of a Trump supporter for the first time ever. These right-wing nuts. So he is now suing Fox News. I'm not a defender of Ray Epps. I think Ray Epps- You are doing propaganda for him. Voted the wrong way when he voted for Trump twice. I think Ray Epps is a MAGA tool. But there is not evidence that he's an FBI agent. Again, uh, th th that has not been asserted. He's obviously not an agent. Indeed, if he can show my life was demonstrably damaged by people like Tucker Carlson going after me and saying these things, he would be entitled under the law to damages. Another problem for Fox News. We're going to follow it. Make sure. So even David Pakman is being humane to Ray Epps. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? All right, this is, he's going to lie about the FBI hearings. Is Republicans yeah, held more hearings yesterday. These are hearings where Republicans are determined to show that the FBI has been weaponized by the left against the right. The first problem that Republicans had yesterday in making that case is that they had testimony from Christopher Wray. Christopher Wray is the director of the FBI. Christopher Wray is a Republican. Christopher Wray votes for Republicans. And it's one of the worst retarded arguments that, oh, none of this is happening because Christopher Wray was a, appointed by Trump and is a Republican. That is the weakest bullshit ever. Christopher Wray was the selection of Republican President Donald Trump to lead the FBI. And doesn't change anything. Yet, this did not stop Republicans from making... Retard, why would that stop people? What, magically Mark House home doesn't get raided because, because Ray is a Republican? It's just nonsensical. The only people buying that kind of argumentation are the fucking retards that watch him unironically. ...fools of themselves with all sorts of allegations. You're defending Hunter Biden. You're covering for the Bidens. You're targeting Republicans, <clears throat> none of which are based in any actual evidence. Total lie. We're going to look at these clips and the point- You could have the most obvious shit ever. David will say there is absolutely no evidence. That I really want to hit home here for you is that this is our money being spent. We talk about, you know, I pay taxes. I don't like my money being used for so many weapons. I don't like my money being used for wars. Fine, I agree. I also don't like my money used for political theater. Right, but the January 6th hearings, he was totally fine with those. That goes nowhere, uncovers nothing, and it is this sort of thing. Now, our, our friend Congressman Ted Lieu, a Democrat, he had a brilliant line of questioning. We're going to get to the Republican questioning in a moment, which was Ted Rue. cuckoo. 
Ted Lieu had a brilliant line of questioning here that speaks for itself. Let's take a listen. Trump advisor Roger Stone was convicted in a federal court, correct? Uh, that's my recollection. Trump donor Elliot Brady was convicted in a federal court, correct? Uh, also my recollection. The attorney general at the time for those two convictions was Bill Barr. Which president nominated Bill Barr for attorney general? Uh, president Trump. Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, was convicted on two separate occasions in a federal court, correct? I believe that's correct. The attorney general at the time for Cohen's second conviction was Matthew Whitaker. Which president appointed Matthew Whitaker as acting attorney general? Uh, president Trump. Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was convicted in a federal court, correct? Yes. Trump's former deputy campaign manager, Mr. Gates was convicted in a federal court, correct? That's my recollection. <laughs> Trump's campaign foreign policy advisor, George Papadopoulos, was convicted in a federal court, correct? True. Uh, yes, I think he, yeah, he pled guilty, yes. The attorney general at the time of those three cases was Jeff Sessions. Which president nominated Jeff Sessions for attorney See, general? See, none, none of this stuff happened because they were appointed by Trump. What the fuck kind of argument is this? President Trump. Retarded. You were FBI director for all of those cases at the time. Which president nominated you? President Trump. Okay. What these facts show is we don't have a two-tiered system of <laughs> What? Again, five IQ argument. This is a five IQ argument. We have one Department of Justice that goes after criminals regardless of party ideology. All of these folks were convicted under the administrations of three separate Republican attorneys general. Republican? It's not the fault of the FBI that Donald Trump surrounded himself with criminals. This is, of course, such an obvious point. Oh, yeah. That I can't believe needs to be made. Yeah, I can't but believe the vast it. majority of those who were convicted under this supposedly weaponized FBI were convicted under the leadership of a Republican FBI director and Republican attorneys general. Now, this was like the, the best moment of this entire hearing. We then get to some of the cartoonish moments. Here is Republican Congressman Chip Roy trying to make the case that the FBI has behaved in a tyrannical way. And FBI Director Ray struggling to get a word in edgewise, but managing to explain why that's not the case. Your job is to protect the American people from a tyrannical FBI storming the home of an American family. I, I could not disagree more with your description of the FBI as tyrannical. Uh, uh, they are tyrannical and they're pedophiles. I don't believe it's tyrannical that, your that FBI agents were a part of storming a father's home I'm in suburban Philadelphia. I'm the gentleman. Chairman. I wish they would let witnesses answer questions. Time of the gentleman's expired. David loves the FBI raids. Hopefully one day he'll get his own FBI raid. Witness or he can just take a couple more boosters and, you know, problem solved. On, and then we'll move to our next witness. Sir, next, respectfully. Uh, they did not storm his house. That, that's a lie. Total lie. They're talking about Mark Halk. They came to his door. <laughs> they knocked on his door and identified themselves. They asked him to exit. He did without incident. Whenever our agents, well, not at gunpoint, whenever our agents conduct an arrest, they are armed. Our agents are armed virtually all the time, mm. as you may remember from your own experience as a prosecutor. 
What's so funny about these arguments that they make, these are the arguments that when on the left concern is expressed generally about, you know, sometimes when some of these warrants are served, do we really need so much firepower? And Republicans go, absolutely. It's dangerous out there for members of law enforcement. They must be armed at all time. This is just the way it is. But blah, 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 blah. now all of a sudden armed agents, by which we mean like they carry handguns, as all of these uh, individuals do, showed up and knocked on the door. Oh, my goodness, that's oppressive use of force. It's militarized. Where were you guys were for a decade? We've been talking about the militarization. of. Police. So he's saying that it's OK for them to do it to us because we weren't sucking their dicks years ago. That's OK, because when it happens to you, I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. Forces, for example, pathetic hypocrites. Then we go to Harriet Hageman. She accused Christopher Ray of discriminating against Republicans. And he explains, I'm a Republican. And just none of this makes any sense. Yeah, none of um, it makes any sense. We're going to just keep making five IQ arguments and pretend none of this is happening. Mr. Ray, from the Twitter files, Missouri versus Biden disclosures, the Durham investigation and report, and exposure and collapse of the Russian collusion hoax, the American people fully understand that there is a two-tier justice system that has been weaponized to persecute people based on their political beliefs. Of course, most people don't believe that. Yeah, no, no not happening at all. The FBI has really high ratings among the populace. And that you have personally been weapon that you have personally worked to weaponize the FBI against conservatives. I asked Mr. Durham about this, to which he answered, I don't think that things can go too much further with the view that law enforcement, particularly the FBI or Department of Justice, runs a two-tiered system of justice. The nation can't stand under those circumstances. Director Ray, what are you prepared to do to reform federal law enforcement in a manner which earns back the trust of the American people? Well, first off, I would disagree with your characterization of the FBI and certainly your description of my own approach. Uh, the idea that I'm biased against conservatives uh, seems somewhat insane to insane. me. Insane. Uh, given my own personal background. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's a Republican. As to Guys, just like Mitt Romney. Who, how we are approaching... How could you say Mitt Romney is biased against Trump? He's a fellow Republican. Work of protecting the American people and upholding the Constitution. It starts with me having emphasized to all of our folks over and over and over again in everything we do that we need to do the right thing in the right way, and that means following well, You the never do that, so you're a retard. Wherever they lead, no matter who likes it. This is your money being wasted. The money that is being wasted on this hearing could go to... Yep, the Mueller report, not wasted money at all. Almost anything and it would be a better investment than this. Then we go to Matt Gates, uh, congressman from Florida. Matt Gates tries to make the case that the FBI is just simply not trusted right now. And Christopher Ray says so many people, even from your state, Congressman Gates, are desperate to work for us. People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the. What the fuck does that have to do with whether the populace trust them? Just because you have some lunatics that want to join up, that means the FBI is trusted place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems are true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, 
in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over a hundred percent. What the hell does that have to do with how the country views the FBI? Fuck those people. I don't give a fuck about the people that want to join your pedophile organization. <laughs> uh, and then Gates tries to uh, pin protecting the Bidens on Christopher Ray, uh, of which there is, of course, no evidence. No evidence whatsoever. Between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge. That you uh, not a real text message. Totally fine. You will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Ac absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is, and your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. But let's go. Now, the truth is, it would be completely inappropriate for Christopher Ray in a setting like this to just weigh Ray, in on yeah. the meaning of alleged quotes about it, it's alleged. It's not even real, guys. No evidence at all outside of the scope of what the FBI director can and should be doing. But what we have to remember is that to me and to most of you, we see this and we go, this is nothing. This is like when you pour water on cotton candy and it just evaporates. Yeah, nothing, nothing going on at all. It's not literal evaporation, okay. Uh, it crumbles into nothing. But the MAGA people will see this and they'll go, Ray is suspicious. It is suspicious that he won't weigh in on these things just out of the blue that Matt Gates brings up. Yeah, out of the blue for no reason at all. A waste of my taxpayer. A random text message. Money, a waste of your taxpayer money but to some degree it is accomplishing its goal, which is to weaponize the hearings against federal law enforcement. I've what a fucking piece of shit. Okay. Oh, how dare Donald Trump <clears throat> claim that Joe Biden is on camp uh, cocaine. Sick. Sick. So the Trump-Biden cocaine story is sadly being repeated and actually growing. I told you not long ago that Donald Trump kind of alluded to Joe Biden maybe being on Only cocaine. Democrats are allowed to suggest someone like Donald Trump is on drugs, like David did multiple times saying that Trump was on drugs. Cocaine. He's now talking about it as if it's fact, and he did this during a recent interview with this guy Wayne Allen Root. Wayne Allen Root is a guy who I've interviewed several times years ago. He would ask to come on the show regularly and I would have him and the conversations were sort of like, OK, he's uh, a friend of Trump's. And listen to this. Trump just casually says we can't have a president who's on cocaine. And Wayne Allen Root goes right as if this is now just a foregone conclusion. You guys might say, wait, is there any evidence that Joe Biden's on cocaine? No. In fact, they always talk about how low energy he is. Cocaine would not make you seem low energy. Uh, but now they're just casually mentioning this like it's fact. And we can't have a president that's on cocaine when you're dealing with nuclear weapons and everything else. You right, know, right. we deal, and you've heard me say that right. presidency, all these guys, these are at the top of their game. These are smart, whether you like them or their country. <laughs> More praise of authoritarian leaders at the expense of our democratically elected president. Right, yes. What a propagandist. Policies, you know, which are pretty tough policies. But. 
These people are at the top of their game mentally. And we have a guy who, in his best years, wasn't at the top of the game. And we... All right. So now it's just, hey, we can't have a president on cocaine. Right. No, no, no. We absolutely can't. In general, this interview on Real America's Voice was a combination of cluelessness, virtue signaling, and throwing red meat out there, and seemingly unable to resist this topic. Donald Trump again bringing up the rigged election and actually putting forth, this is so narcissistic and it's so egocentric that it's actually stunning. Trump says, if the election hadn't been rigged and I had become the president, Nobody would have died in Ukraine as a result of Russia's invasion. What? What? Listen. If if the election weren't rigged, all of those dead people from Ukraine and from Russia and from everywhere, yep. all of those people would be alive today. Yeah, all, they wouldn't have invaded. All of those cities. Look how David pretends to not understand the most simple concepts. Be standing. They were beautiful. You could never rebuild them. This is the height or the bottom, depending on your perspective, of narcissistic egocentrism. And I don't know where this goes next because it's getting as yeah. bad as dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. Has ever been really weaponized narcissism. Yeah. And people true. like Wayne Allen Root, they just lay down and allow Trump to walk all over them and go, right, yeah, we can have a president on cocaine. That's very, very bad. I don't, the question about Trump debating, I increasingly don't know how Trump debates because the the way that he comports himself, even among other Republicans, seems like it would be self-inflicted damage. And by the way, we just learned that Chris Christie has secured enough one-time donors to make the debate stage on August 23. Yet another reason that it seems Trump would hesitate to debate. Let's actually talk now about the continued. All right. Now we have. Uh the Q movie is driving conservatives insane. So here is pro. Here is some pro child trafficking. Let's do this. This propaganda sound of, of uh, from barely attractive Emma and the full blown AIDS panel. Uh, God, I it literally won't stick in my mind. Sound freedom. of freedom. Freedom. Of course, it won't stick in your mind, Emma. You're a communist. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I'm. I, I. My mind rejects notions of freedom. I also clearly clearly can't understand the persecution that conservatives are dealing with right now in this country. I mean, let's just first watch the trailer for this revolutionary film that they just don't want to show you, okay? But we're going to show it to you because we're a news organization. We take this very seriously. Um, this is the movie Sound of Freedom in theaters that apparently the deep state the globalists you know what we mean when we say globalists um so true they are trying to prevent you from seeing this so we'll at least give you a preview and uh then we'll hear from some of the conservatives who are victims of um the shadow banning in real life of uh of this important piece of work So Caviezel did Passion of the Christ, I guess. Yeah, this is the, right, Passion of the Christ guy, Mel Gibson's friend. Giving a child his freedom. He's still on that cross, apparently. Don't does this implicate Border Patrol? You have been at this for 12 I can't imagine years. that it does. My country <laughs> 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 This is my favorite part, yeah. 
Why are you doing it? Because God's children are not for sale. It is the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. This is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home. So you quit your job. Mira Sorvino. And you go and rescue those kids. Wait, why is she doing this? dumb whore why is an actress acting in a movie because that's what they do you fucking retard and and i would say in her defense you know it's possible mira sorvino is a normie and wouldn't expect lunatic leftist commies to be angry that she starred in a movie showing the evils of child trafficking you know, some people are surprised to learn that leftists are explicitly pro-sex trafficking and do everything that they can to try to run cover for the traffickers. All right, so we get a sense. It's about QAnon-adjacent uh, kind of right. conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah, QAnon-adjacent. There's no trafficking in the country. If you believe in that, then you're a QAnon conspiracy theorist. We lost Brandon. This is where is he? I'm not sure why he's not. No, he's here. Right he's we here. We need you to jump off and jump back on. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this the deep state. Just yeah, like interesting the deep state that we're watching out this. those movie theaters. Exactly. The they are trying to stop us from talking about this movie. I know Brandon's voice raise any attention to this put any attention on this movie whether it be a criticism or not this don't talk about sound of freedom that's what the message is here I mean this is why we're hauling Lena Khan in front of the house uh house oversight committee today or no sorry the judiciary committee today right first of all first she goes for Elon Musk I wouldn't be shocked if this Biden administration official has something to do with uh shadow banning this film all right, we're, we're going to get him back in a sec. Yeah. Oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. But Vinter uh, just teased this. This is one of the experiences of um, someone who tried to go see this film in theaters. Just to give you an example of some of the repression that conservatives are experiencing as they try to patronize uh, the film that's going after the child traffickers. Mm. So my fiance and I just watched the movie Sound of Freedom that exposes sex traffickers. And do you want to tell them what happened in the movie theater? All right, AMC, I don't know what's going on here, but first off, I don't the know. AC was out like when we went to watch the movie. And I'd seen someone else post something too that also saw it at an AMC and their AC was out. And like, as soon as we walked into the theater, oh, it was hot as heck. I literally AC brought a sweatshirt and I was like sweating. And then we realized literally like sweating. it took us a while to actually realize it, but they didn't turn the lights off. They literally had the lights they on. They kept the lights on the entire movie. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> like, they don't want you to see this movie. They were trying to make it like not enjoyable. No. Sorry. They were trying to um, make it unenjoyable. What do they think? We're just going to be like, oh, the lights are on. We're going to leave. 
No. Like, no. Just tell Go somebody. watch Sound of Freedom and Can theater. I just say, there are better ways to let people not watch this movie, which would be, like, not carrying it. Not putting it in theaters. I know, but that would be a I, little bit too on the nose. You've got to just, like, trickle it out and then make it... You, you, I mean, the conservatives are literally being waterboarded uh, as, as they watch I remember, this film. I, I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, and I went to the movies midnight for the premiere showing of it, and the second Darth Vader is supposed to appear on screen for the first time, you know, Anakin becomes Darth Vader, the screen went black and people started screaming and running to get the AMC people because something went wrong. And it was very clear to me at that time what was going on. And it was very clear that the Rebel Alliance did not want you sympathizing with Darth Vader as he finds out that Padme is dead. Very clear to me. I knew it right away. Obviously. I mean, there's no air conditioning right now in our studio. We're struggling with uh, the AC being broken. It's good. Good. When did Sound of uh, Fury, I mean, uh, Sound of Freedom. Freedom come out. Um, July 4th. It did. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. After July 4th, we came back into the studio here and the air conditioning wasn't working. It's kind of weird how that works. It kind of is. I think it's really funny and really telling of the conservative persecution complex that they would all just sit there quietly in a bright movie theater <laughs> suffering through a movie in order to just no one get up and go tell someone because that's happened to me before like where they forget to turn tv the turn tv turn the lights off in the movie theater and someone has to get up and go okay i'll go do it and mm-hmm. they go thanks and they go get the person they start the movie over but they well, just that's they there. don't have a collectivist mindset they're individual uh, they're individualistic and they just didn't think to like think of the other people well, and go to and, and take one for the team to help out the whole in the movie going experience. Although I right. doubt that, that there was anyone except those two in the theater or that any of the things that they said in this TikTok even really happened. So, well, see, that's the thing. It's actually a double conspiracy or maybe <gasps> a triple conspiracy, because what I found out after watching this and then looking at the tweet that you might go on to show is that currently the Wall Street bets uh Reddit is trying to do some sort of, I don't know, I guess it's not illegal to call something a scheme, but like some sort of scheme involving the AMC stock that was similar to the GameStop stock sort of thing that happened a few no, years ago. No, they did that with AMC too, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, this yeah. Is a, yeah. So what is old is, new again? Yeah. So they're doing this again. And they think that these videos are actually a double psyop to <gasps> make people to lower the price of AMC stock to help. <laughs> As they put it, short in the stort. You can't see me doing air quotes over here. Short mm. in the stort, uh, A and C stock. So you know a lot's going on in America right now. You can't believe what you see or hear. Well, or, I mean, I, to speak to the actual sweat. concern being exploited here, which is that uh, you know, children are being trafficked um, for purposes, and there's some sort of conspiracy about it. <clears throat> to name two instances that um, Republican voters might be interested in. All these child labor laws are basically for migrant children so mm-hmm. that they can go uh, get slaughter, um, like put their fingers into uh, you know, slaughterhouse machines and clean them um, uh, you know, at four in the morning. Um, and I would also recommend people look up a guy named uh, Anthony Tony Lazaro, a Republican donor convicted of trafficking teenage girls, sex trafficking teenage girls. Uh, this was Tony Lazaro, who was incidentally Tucker Carlson's source for the Ilhan Omar married her brother uh, claim. What? But now he's in jail because it turns out he and a woman, a 19-year-old woman who used to run the College Republicans at St. Thomas University in, was it St. Thomas or St. Cloud? One of the universities, I think St. Thomas, uh, 
yeah, St. Thomas College, Republican. His co-defendant, 21-year-old Gisela Castro Medina, the, who formerly led the University of St. Thomas's College Republican chapter, pleaded guilty to two counts last year. And by the way, these are six victims under the age of 18. She testified against Lazaro. Prosecutors argued that during the trial, Lazaro enlisted Medina, who initially paid for sex, to recruit other teenage girls, preferably minors, who were white, small, vulnerable, or broken. He wanted sex and not just any sex. Uh, anyway, so like... This sort of stuff by these freaks, uh, also Denny Haster, like, uh, is very. I mean, uh, they're in favor of child marriage. Roy Moore, and, Matt Gates accusations. And, and, Let's be real. Exactly, here. and this is being uh, uh, like deployed at a time where you have all these strikes in Hollywood. And Sam was really saying he was talking to somebody, and they literally thought that the strikes were happening because of this child trafficking stuff. I don't know what clearer example you need to be that this stuff is an, uh, a psychological operation basically to obscure like actually power dynamics, including like labor versus capital. Yeah. I well, think we just what have the fuck commie bullshit is he talking about? To come to the conclusion that it's okay to exploit children if it's in favor of capitalism and also mm. Christo fascism. And, you know, so the sooner leftists accept that, the sooner we can get on to reality. Yeah, I mean, there, 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 there's a few things to, to actually mention about this. One is that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, conservatives are running with this story as being a, a real when it's not. It's the, yeah, totally not real. This trafficking did not happen. You know, Hollywood uses based on a true story uh, very liberally in terms of uh, what based on means. Um, a lot of things that are, are portrayed in this movie did not happen the way they did. Like this guy did not go physically and fight traffickers uh, in hand to hand combat to rescue kids. Um, also, uh, you know, in that clip, they say how like, oh, this uh, this uh, movie revealed traffickers. I mean, no, it didn't. It's fictional. The people, those were honestly, actors. Binder, no, sorry, actors. Yeah, sorry <laughs> to jump in, but like the, when I I've been hearing like the the biggest morons on Twitter talk about how amazing this movie is, but like they were talking about it as if it was a documentary. Well, this has been done before. This is just like taken, except no, yeah, this for is like little kids. I mean. I mean, and, and all of these movies exist, essentially. So, like, the dads that come to their daughter's prom with a shotgun can feel like they have some sort of agency in their lives. I mean, that's, like, essentially what this is. And, and Binder, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off a little bit no, earlier. No, no, because there's actually two more things to mention. Because this, this movie is uh, apparently uh, killing it in the box office because it came out on 4th of July when conservatives are going to go out to the movie theaters. Uh, they, it beat out, like, a, a one one of the days it beat out like indiana jones is a new movie the new indiana jones movie i should say um, so they're like running with how successful it is <laughs> but what's going on is that this studio it's like a christian-based studio called angel or whatever they have like a program where you can pay for other people's tickets <laughs> so they're buying out they're doing what they do to like the new york times bestseller list mm. conservative book comes out they're buying up tickets for movie theaters and giving them away to people who want to go see the movie but don't want to pay for it so they're giving out free tickets and because they're purchasing the tickets this is counting towards the box office where you know the they're counting the tickets towards the box office i can't believe it people aren't exactly actually sitting in the movie theater and all because they can't give out all the free tickets um so that's one one reason why this movie's doing so good yeah and then number two this just broke from vice news today the uh guy that this movie is based on the uh ballard or whatever um 
Tim Ballard, yep. before, yeah, shortly before this movie came out, this is breaking today, he was kicked out of this organization. And oh. nobody knows exactly why. Hmm. Um, he is no longer part of this child, this anti-child trafficking organization, which he founded. Um, and he wasn't telling anyone about it as he was doing the press tour for this movie. Uh, right. So it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to know exactly what he, uh, why he was kicked out of this uh, group. I have a new conspiracy theory that uh, the movie that they think that they're seeing here was actually made in 2017. This is actually a uh, distraction from that. The movie that they, people should actually see that's on this theme of like political conspiracies to uh, protect si sex trafficking rings is uh, called You Were Never Really Here, uh, 2017. Mm. Have people seen that? That is one I would really recommend. If you're going to be fictional about this, but you want to actually like get some glimpse at maybe truth, uh, I think that is probably a, I, I, maybe this one is as good as uh, you were never really here. I, I'm not impressed by what I've Phoenix seen. One. The Walking Phoenix one yeah. is awesome. Well, I mean, when I, I have another conspiracy though, just to get back to like the triple conspiracy thing, Bradley. Let's pull this up because I mean, Elon Musk might be a part of this. I saw that this tweet got a disinformation label, and I'm not really sure why they're trying to silence some of this uh, people speaking out about what they're doing in this movie theater. I mean, this guy. He said he was a whistleblower. I work at AMC and just got fired for refusing to add this liquid to a customer's soda. We were instructed specifically to serve this to Sound of Freedom audiences. I am a microbiology student. And I took it to the lab to examine and found what looks like nanobots inside. And there, I mean, <laughs> that is, and then, and then Elon Musk's Twitter labels it as disinformation beneath it. Conservatives are saying, concerning. Don't, don't trust. I'm very concerned. It's interesting concerned. and concerning. Disturbing. And, and, and conservatives file all the blue checks are very upset file this under uh, things that absolutely never happen they say don't trust this they say but you know it just goes to show that even the most uh, awake conservatives who understand what's really happening with sex trafficking in this country that they're susceptible to big tech misinformation and censorship as well because this AMC worker he's just not being hurt also also another thing that should be noted about this movie is that it was made a number of years ago like it's been sitting on the on the shelf it was I, i'm pretty sure the, the the story goes that fox was the studio that picked up this movie like like 20th century fox and then when disney purchased 20th century fox they didn't either know about it because it got lost in the shuffle or they didn't care to release it so like the guy who made the movie ended up buying it back from disney years later and now it's getting its release so this movie is old as well uh you know it's oh yeah yeah i mean i think it met the nail on the head it looks like a direct to dvd taken like a taken sequel like taken five uh yeah. or you know really if you watch as many lifetime movies as i watch like a lifetime movie for dads it's very just like that's you know, what it is then they're trafficking i mean taken yeah. is the apex of that genre lifetime movie for dads but yeah this is very you know on the nose yeah uh, the trailer I, was very good though the trailer was like you know peak trailer even the uh, slow rendition of 
America. Of America, uh, my country, tis of thee. I mean, like, there are a lot of trailer tropes that need to go away, including the, like, eerie uh, young child singing a song that we all know in in a, like, way that sounds foreboding. It's just, I, I can't do it again, but... I like the Inception-style stab of really intense music every, like, five seconds. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I like... I, I wasn't always... You know, I was where you were, Emma, a few years ago about the slow rendition of random song by a child oh, yeah. until like Jordan Peele did it with like a rap song in uh, Get Out. And I was like, oh, no, oh, like, yeah, it, it, he made it fresh again. Yeah, that uh, was but then great, he did it a bunch of times after that. And I was like, OK, it's not fresh anymore. But no, I like I think it depends on the song. I think this were this was great. This was the best I've heard in a while. I mean, agree to disagree, but uh, I guess you're just a little bit more aligned and you want to protect the children more than i do so i was chilled when that when that like little latino boy who looked like dewey from malcolm in the middle all right so uh, i guess uh to follow up the explicit defense of uh pedophile pornography being in the schools that emma did on the tim pull show she's now following it up with uh pretending that child trafficking doesn't happen and that the whole thing's a conspiracy theory. Man, I really hope that all three of them, or the whole crew, has an appointment for a, a, a booster soon. They really deserve some boosters. Okay, I had to uh, unplug the uh, stream deck. But this is uh, one moment. One second here. This is breaking news. Let me bring my screen up here one second. All right. One second. Loading. Hold on a second. Here we go. Man. Streamlabs takes forever. This is breaking news from the internet from Horatio Nelson. This is the completely unbearable Stuttering John. So apparently Stuttering John he I guess retired and now he's back with more completely retarded uh, Democrat bullshit and uh, let's see one second says okay all right and so apparently Ojeda is on this as well okay he says it's the return of everyone's favorite human uh, water faucet and some late night major retard save for the tail end can't wait for og to get back on again teachers deserve six figures to port trump hoorah yeah he's pretty retarded let's see what's going on Tommy Major, Richard Ojeda. What's How up, my brother? You? How you doing, my brother? I'm good. Good to see you again. I'm glad to see you on here. I'm glad to see you back, man. Uh, you know, let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there that really enjoy uh, the content that you bring. Now, I'm going to tell you, don't give these assholes oxygen. Brother, let me tell you something. You bring a lot to the table. You talk oh, about shit. the major issues that everybody needs to be talking about. That's why you have such a loyal following. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have trolls out there that are going to do everything in their power to try to hurt you because they can't be you. But remember, <laughs> at the end of the day, everybody that comes on here, 
they really give a shit about you, John. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've missed you, man. I've missed your shows, man. I mean, hell, I was on your show about once a week at least. Tells you to your face that they're not going to turn against you. And then they ultimately turn against you. Well, let me say, Nan Graham, thanks for becoming a new member. Oh, my God. And the Super Chats are coming in. By the Thank way, I called your mom the other night. I know. These other guys are all out to make a buck. That's all. They have no loyalty. Um, so agrees to give police uh, a shower before the show. I did. I had to go to my friend's. Uh, his mom died, so me and my mom went to the um, went to the mass today in church. Uh, super happy, fun chat. Two dollars. Saw pics of my major with the Newport in his mouth. I don't know what that means. A cigarette? I I mean, uh, I mean, unless it's pictures of me smoking a cigarette in combat. Uh, I, I did smoke a little when I was in Europe in 2017, but that was it. So, Army Major, um, yeah, please, please say that you were kidding about the Trump thing. Uh, look, I, look, I, Donald Trump can friggin' eat a bag of dicks. I don't give two shits about Donald Trump. Don't care. Donald Trump has okay, literally made on, America hate him. We don't wish death on anybody. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I don't wish death on anybody. No. So we would just keep us. Let, let me let me kind of highlight with that right there. You know, when I retired from the military, I spent four years in the classroom, and you know, believe it or not, it was my speech that started the teacher strike in 2018 that spread across the country. And the reason why that happened was because I spent four years in the classroom. When I retired from the military, I taught JROTC. And, you know, some people could be like, well, that's not really a teaching job, but it is a teaching job. You know, we don't teach t kids how to do military tactics. We teach kids how to be better citizens. We teach them the important profession that we have in this country. And it's the one profession that is most important that we treat with complete disrespect. Uh, but that's the thing is, you know, teachers should be paid at a level that mirrors doctor. Bekel's $12.96, any nuki lately. I haven't. I'm sure I'm a major has. He's a big stud. Snake I'm thing. A happy, I'm a happily married man. Uh, MGD, thank you for the five bucks. John, cut this baby keeler loose and let's laugh at leave it being an old spineless hack. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. That's the guy right now who's who's sniping me. This is the criminal who's sniping me right now. Right after I do his show and we break bread, we're all cool, talking about do, doing comedy shows together. And what does he do? Last night, stabs me in the back, goes on these other shows just to trash me. I mean, Major, like, how would you guys handle that kind of thing? Uh... You know, in the army, like people just people your friends and then they trash you the next day for a buck. No, I, that doesn't happen in the military. Uh, but don't give him oxygen, John. I tell you, don't give him oxygen. Uh, don't give him oxygen. No, Richard, that's all this is about. That's why I'm doing this right now. I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing this show called the Hypocrisy Police to call out the hypocrites. That's what this is about right now, Richard. It's I, I, not I about politics right now. No, I understand, John. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you've got a lot of people that really enjoy your And I'll show. go back to that. But not yet, Richard. Yeah, now I, I mean, want to call these assholes out. Well, I, I will tell you. I mean, that's that's fine. And that's okay. But I'm just telling you, I just, I, I don't, uh, 
it's it's there's a lot of people that will will not will 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 will, will turn this off. Who gives a shit about those people, man? I mean, you know, they don't like you because they don't like the fact that you have been successful as a comedian, as uh, you know, uh, uh, announcers for for the Jay Leno show. They don't like that. And at the end of the day, then they don't have to, you know, for them to even come on here and get get a voice. I mean, don't give them a don't give them a voice. I don't get. I see people on here right now throwing stones at me, talking about my military service. I don't have to give a shit about what they think of my military service. I know what I've got. I know what I've done. They don't hurt my feelings when they talk about you're a traitor. And look, look, you know, when Trump supporters get mad because I talk about Donald Trump. Look, if you think Donald Trump is a leader, that's on you. You know, Donald Trump didn't do jack shit for this country except make America hate again. So that's what I'm saying. Don't give them the oxygen. You're better than this. You're better than these people, John. You're better I than know, Richard. But I have to give my rebuttal. I'm not going to no, go silent. No, that's not no. me, John. Let me tell you something. Richard, I came from the third show, I, Richard. I don't. Go, if I get attacked, I attack back. Uh, I attack right. back. Thank you, Jedi. Fucking nut. Uh, two bucks. To fake major stand with Ukraine. Will he enlist? He's not a fake major. See, that's what I mean. How, how the hell could they trash a guy who served this country? Did four tours. Because they're not, because they never had the guts to do what I've done. I and that's know. it. And that's it. And I, I don't care what they say. It's funny to me. It's funny. How come you're not in Ukraine fighting? Because I did 24 years with multiple years fighting in combat. Have you? No, you haven't. That's the thing. They can scream that bullshit all they want. It don't matter to me. You see those things right there? Those little two things right there? Those are called bronze stars. Go fuck yourself. He does a roast. He bombs. Like you, Jedi, two dogs, just fake major, miss small. Oh, just shut up. Not me. <laughs> yeah, I miss putting shoes on their feet. I miss I miss providing them with warm clothing to get through the winter. Yeah, that's what I miss. No, 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 no. No, but they go on their shows and trash my children, Richard. In fact, I did a show that's going to air on Vice and Hulu calling out Pocky for when he trashed my transgender child. And he did it nonstop. But he, but if you know I'm major, Pocky, if I ran into Pocky, we would have a long, serious talk. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's it. That's it. I mean, But they don't do it to your face, Richard. No, they They're all a bunch of what? They're all a bunch of cowards, Army Major. Well, Ronnie Monjuni, two bucks. Which one of you two is the bigger Swede? Do you know what that means, Army Major? Don't know. But I'm saying, so... So this guy, let's say he starts using, you know, anti-Hispanic stuff. Would you ever go on a show? No, I, I wouldn't uh, because, once again, I don't want to give him oxygen. And at the end of the day, here's the thing. Why would I go on his show? And, and they can say, well, you're a coward. You don't go. No, I tell you what. If he wants to spew that kind of stuff, I don't want him to get – I'm not going to give him a microphone to spew it in front of me while I'm on his show unless I'm in the studio. Because make no mistake about it, I won't have a problem in the studio. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like the same thing I tell you. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna do it in front of your face, John. In, in front of your face, they're gonna act like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It was a misunderstanding. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's just, I'm, you know, and I'm... A lot of people hate on me because I do a lot of traveling. But you know what? I travel. 
I'm getting ready. To, by, by next month, I will probably be somewhere in India and Dubai, and I'm going to end it in Amsterdam. So, yeah. Hey, all you Mike. want. Mike, thanks for the two bucks job. My hemorrhoids are acting up. Any tips? Yes, uh, don't push. They are hypocrites! Uh, David Alexander. But, John. What? I want you to know. Yes. You're giving, you're giving them an entire show. Good. Thanks for the 10 bucks. Why do you use third grade nicknames like Trump does? It's not a burn unless you're eight. Uh, because I'm making fun of Trump as I do it. Uh, you know, this guy wants to keep on trashing you for being in the military. Uh, how much time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much time did he spend? In the John was on that racist show nine times. Okay. Now, I'm major. Before I knew any of this about Kumia, mm -hmm. yeah, I used to do a show. I, all I knew was, was that he was on the Open the Ante show. I didn't know anything about his his racism so now they want to like go back in time to try and say that i knew that anthony was a racist i didn't know i never listened to opie and anthony how the could i know but that's what they want to say that i like this is how they like try and in their minds how can we wait 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 how can we no i had no idea let's go brandon <laughs> all right uh let's see uh, 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 okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to read that one. I'll just put it there for a second. Thanks for the five bucks. You've diminished the word racism so much. That's why people don't take your charges of racism seriously. Oh, like you can diminish that word. Okay. Uh, uh, Giovanni Gasparo. Thanks for two bucks. Go insane for Ukraine. Go insane. For Hunter's cocaine, they're still worried about Hunter Biden. Well, let me let me let me say something real quick. That right there is kind of hilarious too, because understand that there are staffs in the in the White House. There's nothing sits for three days. Everybody wants to act like that belongs to Hunter. It, it, nothing. If you if you set a soda down on a table and it has a little ring before that dries, it's wiped up. That's a fact. Line Mike, he's a big fan of yours. Uh, I'm major. Well, thank you, Blind Mike. I appreciate that. Yeah, this is a racist one, so I'm not going to read it. Sick and tired of these trolls who literally will go to no ends to try to to cause you harm. Uh, and and here I am. I'm I'm trying my best just to get you to tell them to fuck off. Leave me alone. Casparo, thanks two bucks. Major, what are the best? Condoms. I don't know if you use condoms, Richard. It says, do a double bag only when I'm with your mother. <laughs> Call it Stolen Valor. You know, I got a guy calling me Stolen Valor, and he's from fucking Canada. You motherfuckers. I don't even know what that means. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, our Salvation Army could kick your fucking ass. Yeah, I don't want to talk to them shit, you know? It, 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 it doesn't matter, man. They can do whatever they want. I don't care. As a matter of fact, if they tune in to watch me every night, hey, guess what? <laughs> it only helps. It only gives me more viewers. I'll take it. Okay. While you're doing that, I gotta answer something because somebody yeah. said, Major Ojeda, would you let John teach your 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 student? Well, first and foremost, he's certified. He's a certified teacher. And at the end of the day, I would actually say I would enjoy my child to learn something from John. Because the truth is, is that somebody like John, who probably makes education a little more exciting and fun 
it's easier to learn in an environment like that, unlike the environment that I kind of grew up in, where the truth is, is, you know, the first time I read the Constitution, I was an adult. I didn't read it not one time. It was never brought, it was never put out in front of me when I was growing up as a child. No price. Thanks for two bucks. You want to shave Hal's hair and wear it. Um, let's see. Good as gold. John said on Chili Show. I was never on Chili Show. But on Major got a dishonorable discharge. Never said that. And collects military memorabilia at thrift shops. Now, see, on Major, does that, does that sound like anything I would ever say about you? No. Trump's bad for this country. Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Democrat, and uh, I basically am sickened at what I see. Anybody else in this country who has been caught doing a fraction of what Donald Trump has been caught would already be underneath the jail. And I'm hoping that he finally faces justice because he deserves to face justice. Now, I don't get... Look, I'm not, a, I'm not a Canadian hater. Uh, but I'm just going to tell you, you want to throw stones at me and my military and you're from Canada, you, you, you guys, you, you don't know, you have no concept of what, what it's really like. You don't know nothing about the military. By the way, I mean, Major, what does stolen valor even mean? St well, here's the thing. Everybody's no. concerned with your wallet now. No. No, I, 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 I go on Don, uh, John's show because we're friends. <laughs> and then you have beating the dead horse. Why does this dude blink so effing much? Who cares? It's Tourette's. I, I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother me. It's never held me back. Hi, Major. Here's the How are you doing? How are you doing? Hi, okay. Great Hi, to see you. <laughs> yeah, great to see you on here. I can't see you. Yeah, you can't see me. <laughs> yeah, just hold me in, Mark. Come next to me. There you go. Oh, yeah. I see you. <laughs> I just came from outside. Well, yeah, I hope, how are you I hope doing it's not that here? hot out there. I've, I have, I have almost, uh, I've, I was almost killed five times in Iraq, and I was almost captured in Afghanistan. But this guy right here, here, he says, uh, "U.S. has never won a war on their own." Let me, let me tell you a little something. First and foremost, I love it. I love it. Let me School tell you that School. I can guarantee you, you can say that we've never won a war. We never lost a fight. Every single battle when it was us against them, we always won. That's an absolute fact. Governments, whatever, you know, when it comes to the actual getting down to it, we've never lost a fight. And that's a fact. Well, well, well um, I mean, I, has any well I, I guess i mean he said osama bin laden and the first thing i said is are we going home now because technically we should have because that's why we were there but we stayed for 10 more years because Which, why? yeah i never because got money that. money money halliburton lockheed martin brown and root halliburton first of all okay let's let's say brown and root brown and root was responsible for all the food do you know how much in Iraq, do you know how much we were paying Brown and Root a day for every troop to eat? We were paying $200 a day per troop. 
So we had 163,000 people in Iraq, American soldiers in Iraq, and we were paying $200 a day for them to eat. Why? Because they get money. They're in the pockets of these people. Uh, uh, Craig, six to five bucks. Biden didn't end the war. Trump initiated the end. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's great. So then, are you now saying that Trump is responsible for the the thirteen deaths? Because technically, Biden couldn't stop it. It was a it was a timeline that Donald Trump put in play, and he wasn't able to stop it. So it's so, okay. Good. I'm glad that you said that. That's great. So the thirteen that were that were killed. Yeah, that's Trump's fault. Ethnicity. Johnny boy, not ethnicity, whatever. I can barely say. Hey, some words I get stuck on. I California voted for Reagan twice. It's all about what aboutism. What I'm trying to say is, if I did move to Florida, Florida is not a, a red state. It's a purple state. It could go either way. And DeSantis is going to be gone soon anyway. So who cares? Uh, this guy, I don't know. He's obsessed with you, Richard. Well, bring it on. Bring it on. Let me tell you, the next damn time you assholes think that you're going to storm the Capitol, make no mistake about it, it's going to go much different. I can guarantee you that. There will be a line drawn in the sand. <laughs> Thanks for the two bucks. What do you think about RFK Jr.? Have you ever, dude, what's with that guy? He's First and foremost, Always he's, working absolutely, out. he's a jack loon and he's using the Kennedy name. That's all he's doing. Uh, he's not a Democrat. Uh, you know, I, he's not going to go anywhere. Uh, and just, just like all these other people that threw their hat in the ring uh, to run on the Republican ticket, a lot of them are just trying to sell books. Uh, a lot of them are just trying to put their toe in the water to see how it feels because they, they right now they're like, let's see how I do because they know that, that, that Donald Trump, Donald Trump's expiration date is 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 coming it's gonna happen it's it's i i think it's, he's done he's done they, I, I think, they, you know I, let me tell you something when the january 6th stuff comes out we already see the stuff that's coming out we already hear of the people folks here's the thing for all of you trump supporters and i know there's a lot of trump supporters here who do you think are going to be the ones that's going to put donald trump in prison who do you think it is because if you think it's democrats you're stupid who is testifying against Donald Trump? Mark Meadows is. Rudy Giuliani walked into Jack Smith's office and said, can I tell you what I know? Yep. All these people, these are people that worked for Donald Trump. They're all, all Chad Zumachs. All of them. In the end, they're all they're going all to They're all going to roll on him. Well, Tim, 325, because of you, I quit drinking and cut my hair. Thanks. All right, total eights. Total eights. Man. Imagine being that guy. That is uh, that's a hell of a thing. Okay. Um, so, uh, Matt Gates criticized Christopher Ray. Now they're opening an investigation into Matt Gates. And, of course, Bald Fuckface loves it. It was recently revealed that the House Ethics Committee, which of course is run by Republicans because they control the House, but it was revealed that the House Ethics Committee has reopened their investigation into Matt Gates's conduct, even though back in February of this year, the DOJ announced that they would not be bringing any charges against Matt Gates. Now, we all know 
what the DOJ was investigating Matt Gates for, right? We had the Venmo payments, we had the parties, where witnesses say he was doing a lot of drugs, he was meeting underage girls at the parties, sending them money on Venmo. Those were some of the allegations against Matt Gates. Um, and it also alleged, of course, that he had gone across state lines with a 17 year old. And so a lot of really shady behavior and witnesses that corroborated all of these stories. And of course the receipts, the Venmo receipts. So, you know, <laughs> some of it at least happened because the receipts were there. So we know he did send money, but he claims it was just helping out some, some friends or people he knew, whatever. Uh, and the DOJ decided not to prosecute. So that makes it all the more weird that the House Ethics Committee, again, run by Republicans, has decided that they are reopening their investigation. Now, here's what they've, uh, what's been reported anyway. Investigators from the House Ethics Committee have begun reaching out to witnesses as part of a recently revived investigation into Representative Matt Gates of Florida, focused on allegations that he may have engaged in sexual misconduct, illicit drug use, or other misconduct. A source familiar with the House panel's work told CNN that the Justice Department's decision not to bring charges against Gates does not impact what the committee will and won't investigate. The committee plans to examine the same allegations they were looking into when they opened the investigation in 2021, which of course was when Democrats controlled the House committee. But why? Why now? Why suddenly? This is weird, right? The DOJ was doing the real investigation that actually carried criminal penalties. The House Ethics Committee cannot send Matt Gates to jail. They can't even convict him. So what's the point of this? This is all highly suspicious to me. And there's a couple possibilities about what's happening. So let's talk about it. Uh, first and foremost, this could be a complete sham investigation by the Republicans to look into it and then declare that Matt Gates is the most honest and clean person we've ever seen in our lives. We love him. He's great. We looked at it ourselves. He's totally clear and free to go. Uh, that would be option number one as to why Republicans are doing this to one of their own. Option number two, and this is also very likely. Matt Gates is a thorn in the side of the Republican establishment, right? He's a member of the far right Freedom Caucus and the Freedom Caucus has basically been attempting to usurp power from establishment Republicans like House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So this investigation could be a way to say, you know what? Gates is outspoken, even though he's only been there for, you know, six years, which really in the span of Congress isn't a long time. Um, he's got power for some reason. Uh, we need to dilute his power, take him down a couple notches, maybe get him out of the house altogether because he's screwing us over. So why don't we investigate him and see if we can come to different conclusions than what the DOJ came to? So that's option number two. Option number three is the least likely, and that is maybe these people grew a conscience. Maybe they realized that the DOJ mishandled this entire investigation. You had multiple witnesses, as I said, who corroborated these stories against Matt Gates. They provided evidence. They literally provided receipts and the DOJ said no. So maybe there's a small chance that a conscience developed amongst some of the members in the House Ethics Committee. I seriously doubt it, but that would be option number three. Those are the only three to me that even make any sense whatsoever considering the fact that the DOJ made the decision not to charge him, the ethics committee cannot charge him. So why would Republicans bring this investigation against one of their own 
unless it was to get him out of office or to run a sham investigation and try to exonerate him completely. This whole thing where they're like, oh, it's Republicans. They can't possibly be biased against other Republicans. All right, uh, Streamlabs, Bazinski says, and I'm quoting, niggers, unquote. All right, thank you, Bazinski. Appreciate that one. Meme Deck says, uh, hard at work. We've just acquired www.memedeck.com. Go check out some of the cards in the meme index. All right, so yeah, check out memedeck.com. It's like meme cards. Uh, You can also check out uh, a bunch of the examples at memedeck.com slash FPMC. All right, thank you, Meme Deck. Appreciate that. My GGS Gallo says, HB, if this show has taught me one thing tonight, it's that I need to get the fuck out of Michigan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Bzinski says, so the ice cream machine takes a white liquid. Liquid, that is white. Hmm. Is it the David Pakman ice cream maker or am I tripping? Also, I'm back in Brazil and Miss America. Your country is top one all-time fave. Purge them commies, HB Mang. I hope we can uh, fix the commie problem in America. That would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I wonder is there... Uh, yeah, Where's David Pakman stand on the ice cream machine? Very interesting. Dave says... Um, Let's see. Ovid wrote, It is right to learn, even from the enemy, over 2,000 years ago. Pacman says, Trump is praising authoritarian leaders like it's a gotcha. This idea that you shouldn't recognize what people do well, even if you hate them, is moronic. Yeah, it's completely crazy. They pretend that like Trump has to constantly insult the other leaders of the countries. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Cobra says, Don't tell me that that faggot Binder and the other black faggot next to Emma are not total pedos. Yeah, the Sam Cedar show uh, seems to be very explicitly pro-pedophile. There have been multiple, multiple examples of this, and this pretending... Like, if if they want to argue that they think it's a bad movie, I have no problem with that. But they specifically argue that the child trafficking is a QAnon conspiracy theory. Um, So they're trying to downplay the trafficking. That's sick. They are sick. Hopefully they, they make appointments for boosters soon. Dave says, uh, by the way, the WSB stuff is a legit conspiracy done by the hedge funds. One of the hedge funds basically used Wall Street bets as viral marketing to have the apes, the Redditors, being the bag holder. Some guy broke the whole thing down on Substack. Can't find it now, though. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Dave also said... Their attempt at being humorous and spontaneous and spontaneous is probably one of the worst things I've ever seen on the Majority Report. Yeah, that that was a very unbearable uh, segment. She's like trying to do the sarcasm thing, and like sarcasm's fine, but when you're like dead wrong and you're like defending pedos, like that's just it's unseemly. It's just it's, just very, it's, it's like a, almost dark. It was like a, it was like a dark segment. Like, they're sick. They're really fucking sick. Man. Cooper Sees the Truth says, uh, Yeah, guys, it's just like these commies are saying. There's no conspiring or organized networks and sex sex trafficking rings. See, what happens is a sex trafficker with about 50 sex slaves just walks up to random people they don't even know and say, Hey, stranger, would you like to buy 50 sex slaves? 
Yep, definitely. No, no, uh, no elites involved in this at all. Definitely no elites at all. Sick. Absolutely. Sick. Killer8000 says, speaking of uh, eating bugs. Oh, nasty. That's nasty. I have no idea what movie that was. Fucking nasty. I wonder if he actually really did it. That's some crazy shit. All right, very good. That is the uh, end of the stream. Next stream is uh, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats, Streamlabs, uh, and Breaking News. I appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork, or on uh, Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or on Twitter, which is at LiveHNN. Uh, wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it. See you guys Tuesday. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.